MMR's Preston C podcast is brought to you by Acme. Get more from your store with Acme's Fresh Pass program. Acme Markets, fresh food, local flavors. This is Virginia Lottery recording session. We're rolling. Coming this Tuesday. Actually, just read option one. New games every Tuesday? Perfect. For more information, visit VALottery.com slash Tuesday. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Today, Nick McWayne's 47th birthday, and uh, we, uh, we thought, you know, it would be nice to do something special. Sometimes we do... Uh, little birthday events on the show, and sometimes we don't. We don't always do it. It kind of it, it, there's too many of us, and it would take too much. We're busy people. We're busy people. Yeah, come on, man. Uh, but this time around, Marissa Magnata had a great idea. Yeah, home like, run. And and we're like, if you can make this happen, that would be fantastic. Right. So, by the way, to set the stage, Nick is in the far corner of the studio. Uh, we have a two podiums set up, um, and so obviously we're going to play some kind of game. Do you have any idea? No. No idea what's about to happen? No, I'm a little nervous, uh, but if there's any bit of trivia involved, I'm excited because I love trivia. Yeah. You know, I watch Jeopardy every night, and uh, and it's just my favorite game show. Shout out to Sheena Parveen, who was uh, delivering clues yes. on Jeopardy last night. Yeah, she's now in San Diego, yeah. right? Didn't you audition for it one time or something like that? I auditioned for Jeopardy. I've never made it to like to the to the actual come out to L.A. stage right. um, uh, of trying out. But, yeah, getting on those shows is not easy. Yeah, and maybe someday you'll get there, but today is going to be the next best thing because, Nick, we are welcoming to the studio 16-time Jeopardy! champion Ryan Long yeah. this morning oh to battle you wow. in a game of Preston and Steve style Jeopardy! So Ryan has just made it into the studio. Ryan, step up behind the wow. podium right there. Oh my God, what an honor. <laughs> What a great champion, man. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. amazing. And a, and a huge Eagles fan. And welcome to the studio, man. It's so nice to meet you. I'm a huge everything, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan graciously uh, said yes to this invitation to come in and play a game of Jeopardy with you, Nick. Well, it's uh, I'm looking forward to losing. and uh, But, no, I mean, Ryan, fantastic champion. Uh, really repped Philly well. And uh, and we chatted with you, I guess, over Zoom uh, maybe two or three months ago, Ryan. And, um, well, awesome. This is really cool. Ryan, it's a real honor to meet you. Ryan's run, I think you'll agree, Nick. We all watching you go through the uh the process of become a champ and keep going. There's some champions who are like, okay, all right. Not so interesting, but they're doing well. You were a lot of fun to watch. And uh and so it's great to know that we'll be seeing you eventually when they have tournament of champions coming up. Have they alerted you to any that are in the future? Uh yeah, they well first let me say I'm honored to be here in this uh temple of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Tournament of Champions, we uh, we uh, go back to Ember, and it'll show will air in November. Excellent. So. Excellent. All right. All right. And you know what? We'll talk He's to part of the Pantheon. We'll now. talk a little bit more about Jeopardy, but I think we need to play the game. I think yeah. we do. So yeah. here's what we're going to do. I'm going to move to the other side of the studio. Marissa has made a Jeopardy board, and I'll give you the rundown of how this is going to work out. But i got to make you walk, I'll so, describe yeah. you walking over. Okay. Preston's now walking past. Casey's now rounding the corner. He's now behind me. He's now behind Kathy. And he's walking over to the other side of the room. And Marissa's bringing in the game board, uh, which looks quite nice. And Preston is all plugged in. I'm ready. 
Oh, all right, there we go. This all is right. just like being back in the studio. And, and it don't, the production value is sure exactly the exactly. same. Exactly. If, if the studio was in a kinder care. Uh, Case, if you can give me a little Jeopardy music, I yeah. will uh, describe exactly how this is going to work. So uh, we decided instead of doing the entire uh, show where we would do uh, five questions per category and seven categories, we trimmed it down a little bit. So it's going to be four categories with four questions per category. Uh, the numbers are going to stay similar to that in that the uh, easier ones will be 100 followed by 200, 300, then 400, and so on. And we'll play the regular Jeopardy game. Now, the way this is going to work, and uh, a little bit different than the regular uh, Jeopardy, Ryan, is that um, we don't have the ability to hold off on your buzzers until the question is completed. Normally, I believe that's the way it works on the show. Until the host finishes asking or delivering the uh, the answer, you can, you're kind of blocked out from buzzing in, right? Yeah, there's a light that pops up that I'm way too slow at. Oh, you, no, you, you did just fine. I think you used, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, you, you would jump in. So, and I've seen people do it. James Holzhauer did it where he let the question, so confident in your ability, you, you jump in and then you hash it out after you have those few seconds to figure out the answer. Was Am I right on that? Uh, well, I, you know, the, my reaction time is probably not <laughs> quite as quick as James's, but... Uh, uh, yeah, more or less. Yeah, more it, or less. It seemed to be a winning. Well, it certainly was a winning uh, way to pr- approach the game. Yeah, it's sort of counterintuitive. My brain works just slow enough in those moments after I've <laughs> rang in just fast enough that uh, <laughs> I have time to consider the answer. All right. Well, the way this is going to work, I will start to read the uh, the clue, the uh, the answer, and if you go ahead and buzz in, if you buzz in before I'm finished, I'll just stop and and not continue. Now you're going to be able to see it too because it's written on these cards right in front of me. So it's not quite Jeopardy level. So smart. I didn't even know. There was a buzzer. There's a buzzer right there. <laughs> By the way, oh, the, in the initial, in the early... <laughs> the board is falling apart. In the early stages of Jeopardy, it was not mandatory that you wait for Alex to finish the question. You remember that? Blue? Well, yeah, I mean, but... Uh, they changed I, mean, I haven't it. listened to him talk anyway. Like, I feel bad <laughs> bringing in on Alex Trebek. Right, right. Such a great voice. Was Wink Martindale the host before? Wink Martindale was yeah. the host initially. and then So yeah. in the early stages, though, and, and when they sometimes show the best of... Uh, episodes, it was actually annoying to have people buzz in before he had finished the clue. Right. And I think that's what mandated them doing the full, let me read it and then buzz in. And he had that delivery. The answer is. Right, yes. Like yeah. that. All right, so we're going to do it a little bit differently. We'll do it our way. Let's try the buzzers out. Nick, if you wouldn't mind hitting that. Hey! Very good. And uh, Ryan, could we hear your buzzer? <laughs> All right. So when you hear that, you'll know who buzzes in. Yeah, that's a that's a good question though. Do we have to uh, do it in the form of a question, Jeopardy style? Uh, yes, please, Jeopardy style, man. Yep, yep we got to do a Jeopardy style. Go Jeopardy or go. Home. Okay, so the categories. You ready to begin? Yes. The categories are. Remember, there's four. Round the world. Hooray for Hollywood. Stupid answers. And for those about to rock, uh, since he's the birthday boy, we will allow Nick to uh, to get us started. So, Nick, what's it going to be? All right. Well, let's uh, start with Round the World for 100. Please. All right. Here we go. And the answer is Wyoming's largest lake. It lies right in the middle of a national... Hey! Nick McElwain. What is Lake Yellowstone? Mm, Yellowstone Lake. We'll give it to you. All yes. right. Okay, that's 100 points for Nick. All right, Nick, you get to choose again. I'll take round the world for 200, please. All right, and the answer to that question, I shouldn't have trimmed my nails. I can't get this open. <laughs> At over 3,500,000 square miles, this desert covers an area larger than Australia. 
Hey. Nick. What is the Sahara? That is correct. Yeah. So far, 300 points for Nick. Zero Nick for Ryan. Ryan. Picked a topic he is strong in, by the way. Yeah, geography nerd here. Yeah. Uh, I'll do around the world for 300, please. All right. Next answer is... The number of states that touch the Pacific Ocean. Hey! Nick. What is five? That is correct. Wow. You want to try and run the category? Uh, yeah, around the world for 400. Please. All right, here we go. Around the world for 400. All right. The smallest and shallowest of the world's five oceans is this one. Hey! Nick. What is the Arctic? That is correct. Yeah! Damn. Kathy, what's the total so far? 1,000 points. 1,000 points Kathy. for Nick. <laughs> Zero for Ryan. Well done, Kathy Romano. <laughs> what an adder. On the math. All right, Nick, next category. All right, let's just uh, keep going to the right. We'll do a hooray for Hollywood for 100, please. All right, and the answer is this PBS bird has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Hey! Nick. Who is Big Bird? That is correct. Wow. Wow. All right. I think Ryan's being nice. Coffee didn't kick in yet. <laughs> You're just tuning in. Ryan Long, 16-time Jeopardy champion, taking on Nick McElwain in Jeopardy for his birthday. Did you want to do 200? Oh, yes. yeah. I, <laughs> assume, okay. I started. Sometime Alex would pick to see what pick it. <laughs> I'm going to override you on that and go with potent potables for 400. <laughs> Ready for Hollywood. Here we go. Uh, Marilyn Monroe adored this jazz great and helped her get a booking at a Hollywood hotspot. <laughs> Ryan. Uh, take a shot. Uh, Ella Fitzgerald. That is correct. Yeah. In the form of a question. In the form of, In the a, form question. of a question. Go ahead. Jeopardy champ. Go ahead. Long. My apologies. <laughs> my Jeopardy champ privilege showing. <laughs> that is right. And by the way, in the first round, they were usually a little lenient oh, with that. Yes, so. they are. Now they get, yes, they're yep. two rounds. What do you think? We're half-assed here? Yes. Just because the board is falling oh, yeah, apart and we left out double Jeopardy? Uh, yeah. Who is Ella Fitzgerald? Very, very well done, yes. That's my reaction time's a little slow, I said. All right. <laughs> All right, so uh, next category. Where would you like to go, Ryan? Uh, go on with Hollywood for three. All right, and the answer is... She wrote Love to You All over her tiny bare footprints in 1935, and she was only six years old. <laughs> Ryan. Uh, who is Shirley Temple? That is correct. Uh, All right, what's the score so far, Kathy? Uh, it is 1,100 to 500. Yay, right. for Kathy. Yay, good job, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm her uh, back oh. checker. Yeah. yeah, I got the okay. Yeah. Thanks. All right, Ryan, get to choose again. Uh, Hollywood for four. Please. All right, we're going to close out the category. And here we go. Her father, Pat, created both the Today and Tonight shows as president of NBC. Mm. This is one of the tougher questions. Mm. Her father, Pat, created both the Today and Tonight shows as president. This dead air is going to make for great radio. <laughs> of NBC. Yeah, I mean, if they don't get it, I want to go for it. We do get penalized for getting yeah. them wrong, so I, I'm, I'm not going to ring in on this one. All right. Uh, Steve, what's the answer? Sigourney Weaver? That is good. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Nice. Oh, hey. All right. And Ryan, you still have the board. Uh, stupid answers for one. All right. We're going straight across here. All right. Stupid answers. In 1981, this nine-letter word was added to the state flag of Wisconsin. <laughs> Ryan, your answer, please. What is Wisconsin? That is correct. Oh, 100 points. <laughs> he cracked himself over that. Next. 
Uh, stupid for two. All right. And this is a topic we all excel at. <laughs> Our answer is, it is the first verb in the Pledge of Allegiance. Hey! Nick. What is pledge? That is correct. Right. Yes. 200 points for Nick. Nick, you have control of the board. Let's go uh, for those about to rock for 100, please. All right. We're switching categories. Here is your answer. After hearing Elvis live in his hometown of Lubbock, Texas, he switched to singing rock and roll. <laughs> Ryan, your answer? Who is Holly? That is correct. Ooh, 100 right. points. For Ryan, Ryan, a big music fan. We know that. Ryan, you now have control. Uh, let's go stupid answer for three and satisfy my OCD. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hit when they don't finish this. We one. almost got it complete in order all the way across. All right, here we go. It is the one-word name of the Ben & Jerry's flavor described as vanilla ice cream with vanilla spe- bean specks. <laughs> Ryan, your answer? What is vanilla? That is correct. Yes, 300 points for Ryan. I forgot the category for a second. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, the hoople. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ryan, we're going 400 here? Yes, absolutely. All right, stupid answers for 400. Closing out the category. In 1452, Leonardo da Vinci was born near a small Tuscan hill town called this. Hey! Nick. What is Florence? That is incorrect. <laughs> Ryan is buzzing in. What is Vinci? That is correct. Leonardo of Vinci. Vinci yes. And he was I guess Vinci. I'm just a little stupider than you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, what's the score so far? It is 900 to 1400. All right, so Nick has the lead right now. Uh, so where do we want to go in Those About to Rock? Uh, for Those About to Rock, for four. All right, four. We're going to the bottom of the category. Ryan gets to choose. If you're just tuning in, Jeopardy champion Ryan Long facing off against Nick for his birthday. Here is the answer. At the concert for Bangladesh... George Harrison got this guitarist to chime in on While My Guitar Gently Weeps. We go to Nick. Who is Eric Clapton? That is correct. 400 points for Nick. Uh, Nick, you have control of the board. For those about to rock for 300, please. All right. Next answer is This arena rock trio hit it big in the 70s with the Iron Rand-inspired album 2112. Hey! (laughs) Nick? Who is Rush? Better get that right. (laughs) And for 200, please. All right, final category, and here we go, final answer. This 90s band named themselves after the Seattle art installation. Hey! Nick. Who is Soundgarden? That is correct! Wow. All right, at the end of round one... Kathy, what's the score? Nick is leading with 1,800. Ryan with 1,400. All right. right. Okay. Narrowed it down a little bit, but uh, we're close. So we move on to Double Jeopardy now. Where the scores can really change. That is correct. In fact, <laughs> they double. Uh, and I got to make sure Nick Murphy, I move this into the proper location. Yes. Um, is that good? All right. He says it looks good. He right. also says to wet your lips and seduce the camera. Now, normally, we go over and we, we interview the contestants oh, at this point. Okay. Actually, yes. it's during do the it. break. Uh, do it. Stay in the break of first. So, uh, Nick McElwain, uh, you have a very large head. Yes, I do. Tell us about that. Was that well, painful for your mother? Yeah. 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 In fact, Steve, uh, she ended up having three straight C-sections as a result. And uh, uh, We share that kind of comment. Uh, yeah. my, my mother was in a, a, a very long birth because apparently my head got stuck. So. You know what? I will, uh, I'll say a happy, you know, say hi to my mom. It's her half birthday today. Um, but she, she is the reason I started watching Jeopardy in the first place. So, Ryan, in a, in a 
weird uh, twist of fate. Maybe part of the reason why you're here today is because of my mom, and, and uh, I love Betsy dearly, and she's a huge Jeopardy fan and a huge fan of yours, Ryan. So shout out to Betsy. That's pretty cool. Shout out to Betsy. <laughs> All right, uh, Ryan Long, you're from Bucks County, Pennsylvania? No, well, I grew up there part of the way, but uh, yeah, pretty much. What? All right, where, where do you call home now? I live in Mount Airy. In Mount Airy. All right, and you're uh, my neighbor. Yeah, I yeah. sure am. You should come over. <laughs> <laughs> See how I hesitated, but politely, though? Yeah, no, I would, too. I would never go near my house. Uh, real quick, tell, tell us about uh, your, um, uh, you know, Nick went and uh, an audition uh, for Jeopardy. Tell us about the, the steps that, that you went through to eventually make it on the show. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I auditioned, and uh, this is, I guess, are they doing them in person now? Uh, you start online, the online process, and it used to be uh, different than it is now. Yeah, no, you. Uh, well, I took the online, and then I did a Zoom interview, and then I just, you know, sat on my ass for a year and a half. <laughs> a year and a half? A year and a half? So uh, they, about 14 months. Yeah. It was wild wow. for a bit, Ryan, because they, the only pool of contestants they were pulling from were in the Los Angeles area. Were, were right there. Be, during COVID, they weren't bringing people or making people travel, and now it's opened up yeah. again. And you very often now find... People from Philadelphia in this area on Jeopardy. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess we are very good at hiding our smarts. So. <laughs> I think there's a lady on Monday that's from Philly as well. Yes. I think I saw something on Action News last night or the day before. Uh, so we're going to have another Philly contestant representing Philly on Jeopardy next week. Nice. All right, well, let's... By the way, Preston, you're doing a great job. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, you're doing an excellent job. And Kathy, as scorekeeper, is doing a phenomenal job as well. Thank you. She is. And Casey, as fact checker to the scorekeeper, yes. is doing a great job. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think we stayed away from any uh, pronunciations where I might need to use a dialect, which is right. always was always oh, one right. of uh, Alex's great skills. When he would pronounce something, no matter what yeah. language it, or what dialect it was, he would make sure that he rolled his R's yeah, yeah, when right. it was necessary and so on. You'll just sound like Borat. I will. <laughs> Let's begin <laughs> to watch the ladies make water. All right, so let's get started. Right, Casey, give me some music here as we head into round number two. Give me like the Jeopardy theme. Oh, so a little more Je- upbeat. Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah, we're going to. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the categories for round two are. Thank you. Thank you. I know. Worked really hard on that. Uh, Cinespeak, do a 180. All in our heads and textbooks and fuzzy friends. Fuzzy friends. Those are the categories. All right, so the way it usually works is uh, whoever leads has control of the board, I believe. No, the, whoever's, the, whoever's losing player, yeah, has yeah. control of yeah. the board, I believe. <laughs> Ryan, you get to, he be gets to spin the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, Ryan, where are we going to go? Jesus. Four, fuzzy friends for 400. <laughs> fuzzy friends for 400. All right, now we're taking a different approach. We're going to bounce around the, uh, the board a a little bit here. All right. So the answer is when faced with danger, certain ducks, snakes, and mammals do this, also called thanatosis. <laughs> Ryan, what's the answer? What is playing dead? That is correct. So 400 points for Ryan. Uh, next, please. Uh, all in our heads and textbooks for two, please. All right. And that answer is. An infant might exhibit this type of anxiety when they are taken when uh, taken away from someone to whom they have a strong attachment. <clears throat> An infant might exhibit this type of anxiety <clears throat> when taken away from someone hey! to whom. Yes, Nick. What is separation anxiety? That is correct. Nice. Two hundred points for Nick. All right, Nick, you have control of the board. Let's do uh, fuzzy friends for two, please. All right, and that answer is. The two-toed one of these can live. Hey! Nick? What is the sloth? That is correct. 
All right, next category. Uh, Fuzzy Friends, four six, please. All right, and our answer for that one is... It's the world's largest burrowing animal and can make a destructive tunnel compl- complex 650 feet long. So farmers don't find it as hey. cute. All right, Nick. What is a prairie dog? That is incorrect. So farmers don't find it as cute as zoo goers might uh, find it. It's the world's largest burrowing animal and can make a destructive tunnel complex 650 feet long. Ryan, any answer? Uh, I'm sorry I made you wait for me not to answer. Okay. <laughs> uh, the answer is, and they, yeah, a wombat. They a usually wombat. Give the answers, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A wombat. All right. Yeah, he does give the answer. Nick, next uh, next category. Well, or, uh, yeah, finish out the category, Fuzzy Friends for Eat. All right, and that answer is. You're so excited. <laughs> <laughs> It's a birthday wish come true. (laughs) The arrival of foxes in Western Australia in the 1920s was bad news for the quokka, a type of this kangaroo relative. (laughs) Ryan. What is a wallaby? That is correct. 800 points. By the way, the points are doubled here. All right, uh, Ryan, you have control of the board. Where are we going to go? Doing 180 for four, please. All right, and that answer is... This position is the last line of defense in rugby. In the NFL, it's the offensive role of Larry... Oh, my God, I can't pronounce his name. Larry uh, Sonka and Moose Johnson. Larry Zonka. 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 Spell with a C? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know what I did. Guy's stupid. This position in the, is the last line of defense in rugby, but in the NFL, it's the offensive role of Larry Zonka and Moose Johnson. <laughs> Ryan. Uh, what is a tackle? That is incorrect. I, mm. Nick, do you want to take a shot at it? No. Okay. No, it's, it's a fullback. The fullback. Uh, uh, which was that, by the way? 400. 400. All right, so no answer. Or wait. Yes, incorrect right, answer, right? Answer. Right, yeah. All right, uh, Nick, where are we going to go? Uh, do I go or did, didn't Ryan get the last one right? He did. I, no, I got it wrong. Well, no, you got the last one right, but well, you also got the last one wrong. Yes. He had control of the board last? Yes. Uh, okay, Ryan, where would you like to go? Uh, doing 180 for six. All right. And that answer is... I'm so ashamed I got that wrong. <laughs> like a score in U.S. football, a goal kick, a reminder of rugby's, soccer's or, uh, rugby's soccer origins is worth this many points. <laughs> Ryan. A goal kick? Yes. Like a field goal? Or just a point after time. I'll read it for you again. A, like a score in U.S. football, a goal kick, a reminder of rugby's soccer origins, is worth this many points. So it's in rugby. Three? What is that? Is correct. Yeah. 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 Yep. What is three? Yes. Lucky Even when he sheepishly gives the answer, he's right. A funky word one. Kathy, what's the score so far? Ryan is leading with three thousand points. Nick has only fourteen hundred. Uh, what happens in double jeopardy? All right, Ryan. Where the price, where the points can really change. Hold on, Casey. I, I, thought, I thought Nick had sixteen hundred. Like nope. my math is, he lost, that, he my lost, math is bad, but not that bad. He lost six hundred points when he had twenty two hundred. No, he only had twenty one hundred. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, let's go, Ryan. You feel twenty one hundred minus fifteen? That's fourteen. Yeah, that's fifteen, not fourteen. Let's oh. just meet in the middle. We'll give him I believe you scored three. Uh, listen, I, be- I'm, I think I'm correct. If we, if we well, want I think you scored three touchdowns and I had seven home runs. Is that, <laughs> is that the math we're working with here? That's it. Absolutely. Well, you can be confident in the results of this match. <laughs> All right. We're sticking with Kathy's numbers. Yes, we yeah. are. All right. Ryan, what's next? Uh, do a 180 for eight. All right. And that answer is... 
The Timbers represent this city in Major League Soccer. Nick. What is Portland? That is correct for 800 points. If you're just tuning in, we have Nick on his birthday facing off in jeopardy against 16-time champion Ryan Long. All right, Nick. Let's do uh, Cinespeak for eight. All right, Cinespeak for eight. 2008. I know who I am. I'm a dude playing a dude. <laughs> Ryan? Tra- what is Tropic Thunder? Yes, well done. 800 points. Great right. scene. Ryan, where would you like to go I next? I was saving the movie category. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's finish off doing 180 for two, please. All right, doing 180 for two. And the answer is, this five-letter word means an extended exchange of strokes before a point in tennis. Nick. What is a serve? That is incorrect. This five-letter word means an extended exchange of strokes before a point in tennis. No. No answer? No. Uh, It is... uh, Nick, Steve, do you want to answer that? A rally? A rally is correct. Well done, yes. So, 200 points for Steve. Thank you. By the way, Steve has like 600 points by now. (laughs) If I lose to Steve in this game... You know what the problem is? It's like I'm watching Jeopardy, and I want to say it out loud, right? That would be awesome if like two people are playing, and you somehow come in third place. (laughs) You know what? I I want to ask you guys who do the same thing. When you're watching Jeopardy on TV, and you're saying the answers out loud, if you confidently know it... You just say the answer. But if I have to take a split yeah. second, I add the what is a, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You it out. Or, or, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. or you go like this, Argentina. Mm-hmm. Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Who's up? Who has control of the board here? Uh, I guess that would be me. All right, Ryan, where do we want to go? Hey, you know what? Uh, this would be my birthday gift to you. Go ahead. You take, you choose one. Oh, <laughs> all right, Nick. Well, thanks, Ryan. Uh, let's do Cinespeak for six, please. All right. Cinespeak for six. And that answer is... 1993, if the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the Pirates... <laughs> Ryan? What is Jurassic Park? That is correct. Yes. The Pirates don't eat the tourists. Yes. Is the oh, finish God. of that line. All right, where to next, Ryan? Uh, I have one. I'm going to deny myself. All in our heads and textbooks for four. Ah. All right. All in our heads and textbooks. The answer is submissive and pugnacious synonyms for the two words in this type of behavior. Fine, whatever. (laughs) Ryan. What is passive aggressive? That is correct. Yes, 400 points. All right, where next, Ryan? Uh, Textbooks for six, please. All right, and that answer is the DSM-5 psychiatry text defines it as, quote, Persistent difficulty discarding or parting with possessions. <laughs> Ryan, the answer? What is hoarding? Yes. 600 points for Ryan. You got to see Kathy's adding skills over here. They're amazing. Yeah, really good. All right, next, Ryan. I think I saw an abacus. <laughs> Why the sundial, though? What All is right. an abacus? <laughs> What is it? <laughs> what do you don't know? It is a what is? Yeah, an abacus. It is like gingivitis. We'll go with that. All right, Ryan. Where would you like to go? Uh, textbooks for eight, please. All right, closing out the category with the answer. In the operant kind of this learning process, desired behavior is rewarded. <laughs> Ryan. What is conditioning? Yes, that is correct for 800 points. Killing in double. We have two clues left. Where are we going to go? Cinespeak, what would you like? Uh, Cinespeak for two, please. For two. All right. And 
The answer is 1986. I feel the need. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ryan. Uh, What is Top Gun? That is correct. The need for speed. And the final category, 400 points in Cinespeak, is 2013. Look at me. Look at me. Nick? What is Captain Phillips? Yes, Nick got one! 400 points. Kathy, and we have no... Wait, do we have Final Final Jeopardy? Jeopardy? Oh, come on. Yes, we do have Final Jeopardy. All right, what's the total so far? All right, Ryan is leading 6,400 points. Nick with 2,400. All right. Uh, If you would, please, we have our own Vanna White, uh, Bill Weston, bringing over over the Final Jeopardy category. And normally... Stop talking. (laughs) We give you the category. Right. And then they have a moment to make the wagers. Right. So the category, then the... Yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, Nick will like this. Final Jeopardy... Category is National Historic Landmarks. National Historic Landmarks, and you both have to make your wager. Okay, so you make your wager now. Now, it's at this point, me and Casey and uh, Nick have this little game that we do sometimes. When the category will pop up, if we happen to be watching Jeopardy at the same time, we will Mm -hmm. text each other. And before we even hear the clue, we'll try to guess what the answer is. Just wildly, just on the base category so write down write down an answer yeah you guys do it now yep we would write it down now and on occasion we've actually gotten them right because and again sometimes and and the uh obviously the uh the pros know this um well the clue will give you an answer sometimes yeah yeah, yeah. but just the category alone I it's, wrote a, my answer it's a wild guess all right casey wrote down one one just mm-hmm. for fun so right. wait real quick how much how many points do i have Kath? you have 2400 okay uh, and so ryan has how many <laughs> ryan has 6400 6400 right got it yeah, it depends on how, how greedy ryan is feeling you yeah. know i mean we'll remember see. cliff clavin on cheers at <laughs> yeah. one time yeah. two or three people who have never been in my kitchen and he bet the whole shebang <laughs> all right have uh you guys made your wagers yeah. Yep. All right, so let me now reveal this. All right, Casey, uh, different music, please. Yes. Uh, let's change it. Inagata DeVita. Yeah, please play uh, Iron Butterflies, Inagata DeVita. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Final Jeopardy, and then uh, and then you can hit the Jeopardy theme because right. that's uh, how long it takes for them to fill this out. In National Historic Landmarks, landmarks in two states include the... What is this? <laughs> oh, we're dead. Uh-huh. Landmarks in two states include the 155-year-old bridge connecting Covington, Kentucky to this city. Larry Zonka. Landmarks landmarks in two states include the 155-year-old bridge connecting Covington, Kentucky to this city. All right, write down your answers now. Let the... And this is when the this is when the uh, the camera pans across uh, the contestants. And right now we're zooming in very close to it, and a little fade, a little dissolve to both of our contestants. All right, all right, pens down. Time is up. All right, all right. So uh, we go to uh, we start on the low end first, right. I believe, uh, to see what Nick's answer is. Nick, landmarks in two states include the 155 year old bridge connecting Covington, Kentucky, to this city. Your answer is. What is Cincinnati, Ohio? Which is correct. Ah. And how did you wager? I bet it all, Alex. You bet it all, Alex. Right. 2,400. So, Kathy, 4,800. 4,800. All right. Well done. <laughs> She's so good. All right. Now on to Jeopardy champion Ryan Long. Ryan, your answer. Happy birthday, Nick. Did he bet it? Oh. Oh. That 
Damon. He did not know the answer, and so he loses a thousand, Kathy. And he is still our winner. And we still are Jeopardy champion. Now 17 times, Ryan Long. This is official. Yes, 17. Yes. 17 times. All right, now, we had a feeling something like this might happen. So double-double Jeopardy? No. No. But we whipped up a category, Nick, that you might do better than he All right. has done in. So we're going to try you guys out on this final Jeopardy category. And Ryan, you said you are you're a fan of the show, and you've oh, been yeah, listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. this it, this might favor Nick a little bit more, but you could have a shot at this. All right. So Casey, if you would bring the music down, our final fun category is. Two Nicks and yeah, a cup. <laughs> Milestone moments from the broadcast life of Nick McElwain. So buzz in if you know the answer. Okay. All right, here we go. It's it's actually, if you don't realize, it's actually skewed towards you, Nick. Okay. All right. So, it'll favor you. Gotcha. It's the meteorological condition that caused Nick to exclaim, we guess what I get to do. Nick McElwain. What is snow? That is correct. Yes. So we'll do two hundred points for Nick yeah. there. We'll do and we'll and we'll double it each time. All right. Next uh, answer. Nick's. It's Nick's incorrect explanation of why birds seem to tilt their heads towards the ground. Hey, Nick. What is they're listening for? Uh, bird uh, worms. Yes, that's correct. Yes. For four hundred. Four hundred for that. Okay. All right. Six hundred for this one. Uh, it's Nick's deep dive that led to his belief that the, this Oscar-winning song was actually titled Shiloh. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan? What is shallow? Yes! <laughs> My man. Ryan got 600 points. Wait, I hold on, because I gave those points to Nick already. What, uh. Casey, what was Nick at, 5,400? I don't know. I think it was oh, no. 12,000. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. we're just starting fresh. Right, yeah. okay. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah starting all over again. Uh, just make it yen. <laughs> all right, I'm going to stop keeping count. <laughs> all right. Uh, now, this is a tough one. Okay. okay. It is the core training contraption that made Nick an early pre-meme video star. All right, Nick. What is a, a balancing roll? Yes, a balance board. Yeah. A balancing roll. That's correct. That was at uh, Black, Black Diamond, Diamond Sports. Nick got up on it, and it's. Uh, I wouldn't even ever have tried this, but got up and you face, not face, but hit the ground hard. Close to it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is a tough one. This is the final question. It is the nom de plume that Nick is listed as in Steve Morrison's iPhone contact list. <laughs> hey! Nick? This is a good one, Ryan. Uh, what is Nick McWhatTheF? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. I did not want to spell his name as I was putting it in, and yes. then I went with that. All right, and uh, we don't need to total up the score. Yeah. Nick's winning by about a thousand. About a thousand. All right. Well, uh, Nick, we thought this would be a nice birthday, and it was Marissa's idea Thank well you, Marissa. uh, to do a Jeopardy yeah. run. And thanks so much to Ryan for coming in. I mean, this, honestly, like if you're going to lose, might as well lose lose to a champion like Ryan. And uh, this is so much fun. Thank you guys. I really, really appreciate it. So, Ryan, what is uh, what's the story on uh, on uh, the tournament of champions? When you guys are expected to film? When that will air? Right? All that yeah, stuff. Yeah, we're going back in. September and uh, airs in November, and uh, that'll be the first time I, well, outside of this, <laughs> thought about Jeopardy for for any amount of time. Wait, I, have a, I have a question. When, so when when they're going to do that with you? I mean, like, how many days does the Tournament of Champions last? Do you know if you're guaranteed to stay? Hey! Certain- what is ten? <laughs> <laughs> and, and are you? You know, do they? 
do they they have you night by night, or do they, are you set for like a ten day stay? Or do you have any idea yet? I I have no idea. Okay, I have no idea. I haven't thought about it. I've been doing well, that, like life stuff. That would suck if you lose and, and go backstage and your luggage is there. Like yeah, like beat it. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's, like, dude, I brought all these shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're so laissez-faire about about this stuff, and I, I remember, you know, like when when you were uh, when you were competing, uh, and I, I remember we spoke to you, and you said you didn't really kind of train for it or anything like that. No, I mean, I, I put as much prep into it as I did into this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so tirelessly working, uh, do you, dude. Do you, I was studying Nick all <laughs> night, all night. Do you think that if you if you were to 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 do that, that it might kind of throw your throw you off a little bit? I mean, I don't want to tinker with the process too much. I, you know, if I go out there, whatever I do. Be be fine. Yeah, I'm going to come away with some money. So well, you, you've said that you're you're a, 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 a voracious reader, right? Yeah. So and you you have a good pop. Left my copy of Lord of the Rings in the other studio. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, well. So so all of that works in your favor. I, I think there some people have said that they will go and review old episodes of Jeopardy, uh, but that's not your style, and, and and it worked for you. But I think a lot of people mistook your sort of quiet, methodical way. Uh, you know, for for being like a deer in headlights, but that's just your nature, you know. Yeah, it takes me a minute to react to things. I don't just jump right like ah, you know. And were you were you ever nervous? Because you didn't come across as no. Nervous. Uh, I was sweaty but not nervous. <laughs> <laughs> that was- I mean, Winning, listen, getting on Jeopardy is really, really difficult. And then winning a match is really difficult. To, to win as many in a row as you did is, is super impressive. Uh, but this season has featured a lot of multiple champions. I mean, Matt Amodio and yeah. uh, the, the last winner, I think, won for like 10 or 11 in a row. So it's just, you, I'm, I'm sure at some point, maybe you get into a little bit of a groove. Did you find like you found a, a comfort zone? Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess. I Well, I you know, once I found out how the, uh, like, you know, the... Timing of the buzzer and right. like all that kind of stuff, and uh, you know they run you through. They do a pretty good job, and then once you got that, it's, it's just what you what you know. It's yeah. a great it's a great game. It's it's just it's yeah. it's mandatory watching, and then it's democratic. Yeah, yeah. You know and it's mean? it's funny because it as you say, it can be based on all sorts of attributes. So, <laughs> some can be who's ever quickest to the buzzer, whoever gets that down. The methodology is great to watch you c- come alive in our little pretend game here in the second round because that's kind of your methodology when you were uh playing and having all those wins yeah it's more about uh well to me like everybody has a different strategy but to me it's more about uh being cool under pressure yeah yeah so and, I, mean, and I don't get too worked up right it's, it's when it's, i win if i lose i lose see i wow i would cave yeah, so yeah, quickly yeah. i know i, I know a disaster he is so chill f word ryan is so chill I, yeah. it's awesome man all right, well, listen, we, we obviously we're going to follow along. We're very proud of you in this area, and we wish you the best, and we thank you so much for coming by this morning, Ryan. Uh, thank you guys for having me, and happy birthday, Nick. And I'd still like to say that I'd love to have some Eagles, Eagles tickets. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who's not on that? How can I'm a champion so, not yeah, be given I'm Eagles kidding, I'm kidding. It's, it's great. I, yeah, I appreciate being here. Thanks, you guys. All right, our pleasure. All right, with that, we have to take a break. So we're going to do that very thing. We'll re- moment, re- return in a moment, but let's give some love to yeah. Ryan now again. And our hosts. Yeah. Our hosts did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back in a second on MMR. Stay with us. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. 
Everyone loves a smart investment, and there is no better place to put your money right now than in your home. And Window Nation has the perfect offer for anyone with a home at least 20 years old. Protect and increase the value of your home and energy efficiency by installing new windows from Window Nation. Window Nation is making it insanely easy to do so with 0% interest for five years. Plus, Window Nation will give you two windows free with every two you purchase. 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com and tell them Preston and Steve sent you. You've been making better decisions for your busy family for years. And now, little by little, you're making decisions for yourself. Like snacking a little better, going a little further, sleeping a little deeper. Acme's here to make that journey easier and even more rewarding with their new Sincerely Health platform featuring nutrition plans, prescription reminders, and more. Sign up in the Acme mobile app to earn up to $25 in grocery rewards. Visit acmemarkets.com slash health for more details. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. In the Entertainment Report, uh, at this story from uh, David Beckham, who is saying his, his wife, Victor Beckham, uh, Posh Spice, yes. for the last 25 years has eaten nothing but the same thing, with, with, uh, for the most part. So she, a few exceptions. Yeah, she eats, uh, she eats grilled fish and steamed vegetables for dinner every, every day, night, no matter what. Uh, and I'm sure that there are people that have a re- regular eating habit. I want to know if anyone listening has eaten the same thing day after day for years, with except maybe for the rarest of occasion of breaking that. Yep. Just a rare occasion. We're not talking, oh, I, for like three weeks I was having hamburgers. No, 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 we're talking years. Yeah, I had for at least five years, maybe even longer, I ate the same thing on the way into work every single day. Uh, I, I get into I get into a habit. I get into a routine. I'm like I like the taste of this. I it it, it suits my dietary needs. It's a and, ritual, and I'll get it done. Yes, so I would have every morning. Uh, I would stop by Wawa, and I would get a cup of coffee. I would get a uh, a non fat milk. And one of those blueberry breakfast bars. Right. I, think, I don't know if Kellogg's makes them. I forgot who makes them. But I would eat that every single day. And I ate that for at least five years. I realized it one day. I'm like, oh, my God, you never deviate from this so ever. That's like an on-the-go I'm grabbing. Did you ever have a situation where you ate the same thing you prepared or had it prepared the Not same for way? years. For years. No. Okay. No, never did. So when we were talking about this a little bit ago, um, you remember our friend uh, Teacher Face? Um, yes. My yeah, Teacher yeah, Face? Yeah, yeah. She's, she's great. Won, she won Teacher, um, uh, best uh, high school teacher, yes. and then came to, um, to the MM Barbecue. Anyway, she sent me a message. She says, I eat the same thing for lunch every single day, and I have my entire teaching career. When I keep my calories consistent up until dinner, then I can go eat like a Viking at dinner time. Yeah. So for her, every day at lunch has been the same meal her entire teaching career. Wow. So I think maybe the habit of it, you get in that habit, and then you like the benefits of it. I, I agree. I've had, I told you my, my super weird lunch for many years was an iced tea, an ST iced tea, and a pickle. Okay. That was it. <laughs> that was it. That was it. For throughout junior high and the first... Year, year, two years of high school. Wow. That was it. Okay. I just, eating lunch was never a main, it was more, okay, I'll, here's something. But uh, now that I think back on that, I'm like, what in the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I know somebody who's a very plain eater um, and, and doesn't like to experiment or taste other things. And I don't know if he eats the same thing every day, but like it, pretty much. Like, you know, he'll have like 
chicken. Uh, he'll go as far as wings, and then that's it. Um, and no, like you know, uh, mashed potatoes are fancy. Um, you know, so so nothing. <laughs> yeah, there's there's people like that, that. that have limited, uh, you know, intake. Uh, yeah, 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 limited yeah. menu. Uh, but but that, I'm curious about the exact same meal at the same time every day. I have for the past few years now on, and, and it's breakfast that I really the same thing. I just, I have a, a banana and coffee. Right. Uh, uh, every day on my way to work, like for years now. But, um, it's I, been I, a, a quest protein bar and or quest protein cookie for about three or four years now. I have pretty much the same lunch every day. You guys always see me eating my lunch. Yeah. And salad and cottage cheese and grapes. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. And, yeah. And that's, that's what I've been and eating today for years. Philly pretzels. Uh, yes, we are. Thank you very much to uh, Philly Pretzel Factory for stopping in this morning. All right, let me get uh, some calls here. I'm going to go to uh, Todd. Hey, Todd, good morning. Good morning. Sorry to bother you guys at work. Nah, it's all good, buddy. So what, what, uh, what do you eat for... So... Is it one meal or the same things all day long? What, what's your regular routine? So when I was in grad school and my first couple of jobs out of out of college before I got married, I would have I was on Weight Watchers and I just found the sweet spot of what worked for me. And every morning for breakfast, I'd have two eggs over easy with a quarter cup of cottage cheese and a quarter cup of blueberries and a glass of skim milk. And for lunch, I'd have tuna fish on the like the thin bread. Yes. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Like fruit. All right. And it and, just works. And how, how long? How, how long did you have that every single day? Uh, so, it was, to be fair, it was usually like Monday through Friday. All right. During work days. But yep. it, was, it was probably for three years, four okay. years. Okay. All right. That's not bad. That, and that's very healthy, by the way. What he was eating was very, you know, was pretty damn healthy. Yep. I, I, yeah, it, it worked. Yeah, well, All listen. Right, you, thanks, man. If you have something like that that's foundational, I, I get it. The The funny thing is if you have a food of preference and you never veer from that food over right. the course of years. All right, here we go. Here's one. Let me go to Sean. Hey, Sean, good morning. Morning, you Good <laughs> Morning, you buddy. I am good, man. All right, so yours has been a long run, right? Yeah, 17 years since I've been doing this job. Uh, I've been bringing for lunch peanut butter and jelly every day for 17 years. 17 years. Without deviating from that. That's wild. And let me ask you, Sean, have you ever gotten tired of it? No, I still, no, I have it right behind me right now. How about that? Yeah. You And do you get excited? It's lunchtime. No, I love it. I, uh, matter of fact, once a month, the company here buys pizza for everybody, and <laughs> I, I don't get it. I stick with my peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> How many sandwiches do you eat? Just one? Uh, mostly two. Okay, good. Time, sometimes one, but I bring other stuff. But most of the time, it's two peanut butter and jelly. It's got to be certain. I only eat strawberry preserves. That's the only jelly I have. <laughs> okay, it. so you don't even deviate from the jelly, or, no. or do you use the same brand peanut butter every single time? Skippy peanut butter? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, strawberry preserves, yeah, yep. Every all right, single. all right. White or whole wheat? Uh, white bread. Well, okay. Matter of fact, it's like a Wonder Bread. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have you ever gone crazy and toasted it one day? Uh, no, no, because I have it in my lunch uh, case. Day. No, I can't. So it's always uh, white bread. Peanut butter and jelly. Everything. It's as right. basic a sandwich. If you were to set off a bomb Thanks, in a Sean. kitchen, you'd probably have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich somewhere after the <laughs> yeah. in, in the debris. All right, let me go to here. We have I bet we have a bunch of people that do peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day. We have Clayton. Hi, Clayton. Good morning. Good morning, you guys rock. Thank you, Clayton. All right, what's your what's your regular and how long's it been going on? Well, it's been going on since I was in the tenth grade, and I've been eating peanut butter and jelly, of course. And it's been on potato bread. 
and it's been conquered grape jelly, and it's been skippy peanut butter. And the funniest thing about it is that since I started working in the industry of trees, everybody I know that's a big kid eats peanut butter and jelly. Really? That's it. I mean, every single person I've met and run into in the industry eats peanut butter and jelly. So you're and now are we talking the the uh, three squares a day, or how many how many meals are peanut butter and jelly based? Eating personally, breakfast, lunch, and sometimes dinner. We make it home by nine o'clock. We're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> These guys. How many? How many people in your crew, Clayton? Uh, we got five guys in the crew. So wow, man. Yeah, it's pretty funny. We all, uh, you should contact, con contact Skippy and let them know your story. <laughs> I want to see a picture on social media of all five of you guys <laughs> eating your peanut butter <laughs> jam jelly sandwiches at the same it. time. And then just we'll tag us on that. We'll, we'll tag you. We'll get Jason up in the tree holding the peanut butter. <laughs> 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 you think there's... Thanks, in the, Clayton. In the realm of comfort yeah. sandwiches, is there really... Uh, peanut that's, butter that's jelly is such a yeah. basic... Yeah, there's something really good yeah. about it. You know, I the guy's like, I had, I had grilled cheese for yeah. dinner last night, but yeah. that's um, that's, that's a one. different thing. Yeah, it's, it's a different thing. You got It's uh, it's more preparation. It's too it's much more, work. It's more of a meal. <laughs> yeah, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is just something really, really great about. Yeah, it. Yep. I love peanut butter, and it's the one thing that still tastes weird to me. Oh. Oh. After COVID, yeah. really? What yeah. is it? What, what do you get? I don't know. It's not. It's mm. just not the same. It's not. Um, I don't know what it is. I can taste it, but it's like. It almost doesn't taste, like, great. So what's the point, you know? Yeah. Destroyed your peanut butter receptor. I, it's weird. And you know what? Um, it happened to one of my friends, too. She said the same thing about peanut butter. Sorry, I'm um, digressing. No, it's all right. I'll, I'll continue down <laughs> peanut butter lane here for a moment. Uh, Nick, I finally went to the uh, Cape May peanut butter. Oh. oh. Yeah. And, uh, yep. And, and, been, yeah. And I brought back uh, the, uh, the honey peanut butter. Oh, my God. It, it's what's that? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to live on peanut butter lane. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Uh and I I feel bad eating. Yes, you should. <laughs> you should feel bad. You do. We need to take a sojourn to peanut butter lane. It's so good. Uh and uh, in I, the I haven't tried their other ones yet. So have you uh, tried it on like toast? You know, warm it up yeah. a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, that's the only way I have yeah. it. The butterscotch yeah. peanut butter is not an animal. Butterscotch peanut butter? Yeah. Or, I, I feel like I brought it in for you. I'm going before. to shoot. That sounds pretty good. Okay, you're going to shoot. <laughs> no, we don't want that, Gandalf. Uh, all right, let me go to, I have uh, Austin next. Hey, Austin, good morning. Hey, good morning. Can't hey. we made it on. Hi, Mom. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. So, so for about 10 years since school, uh, since college, I would have uh, a bagel and cream cheese every single morning before class, and that has continued for about 10 years now. In the working uh, world. In the working world now, yep. I make a bagel and cream cheese every morning mm. before work. I eat it at work. It's a standard. It's a standard one, and it's a standard for a lot of people. That's why you'll go into places and they'll have pre-cream cheesed bagels at the ready because it's such a standard. And and here's the thing yeah. I want to point out, Austin, is it's still just as satisfying to have that today oh, as it was back. Toasting it, nice warm bagel <laughs> with some soft cream cheese is the best thing ever. All right. You know what? There is, and the, oh, you, right. we've talked about how. Thanks. Deeply mired in ritual, you and I are, and, right. and if there's a deviation, it'll throw us off. And I think that becomes a um, that becomes a thing with your eating patterns. You sure. know, sure. Like, well, this is those. This is not. I can't have this on. Uh, it has to be a bagel. Yeah, yeah. for a, a long time there. I mean, well, Manja's not here anymore, but I I would get a. Um and everything bagel, toasted, and buttered. And that's what I had every single day. I wonder why I'm okay having the same breakfast every day 
And and a lot of times the same lunch, but dinner? No, no, no. you got to change no it. Up, I got to right? change it. Yeah. You know, it can't be. It's it's a it's a whole different animal. And with the leftovers, I can only do like one day after. After that, it's like it's too much. Yeah. Oh, one, I, I can't go back to it. Kathy, one it was excruciating. Uh, one time I went to um, what what is the the, the family style Italian? Bugatti Beppo. Bugatti Beppo. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't realize I had ordered family stuff yeah. for myself. Like and I ate the it. same thing for like eight days in a row. Yeah. And it, it, it does become like annoying. Yeah. It's so annoying quickly. But you know what, like, uh, Press, with the, that whole breakfast and lunch thing, it's kind of like what my teacher face was saying. Like, I, I kind of, at, at this point, I like kind of like... Uh, Eating the same thing for breakfast and, and lunchish, and then rock the dinner. Rock the dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. Uh, we'll go to Lou next. Hey, Lou. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you guys? Good, buddy. All right, Lou. What have you been eating? Uh, <laughs> yeah, from, yeah, Lou from Delco. Go ahead, Lou. <laughs> so I worked a private ambulance, and a friend of mine owns Zach's Hamburgers, and. Uh, Every night for dinner, uh, we ate there for about three years. Uh, burgers, fries, and shakes uh, on our way between uh, calls. It was, every uh, every yeah. night for three years, the wow. same dinner. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah it was, and I, I'll, I still, it's like it's like mental. If I go near a Zach's, i got to pull in. <laughs> hey, does Zach still just have the one location at no, Five no. Points? No? No, 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 there, no there's, there's three or four. The original location was down on Chester Pike. That was perfect for us because we used to drive between two places and go right by it. Okay. But they have one in, they have one in uh, Balsam and then that one in Five Points. Yeah, okay. my, old, right. my old Arby's is Thanks now a, uh, a Zach's. No kidding. Yeah. I see, I remember when it was just very uh, small. and That little spot at Five Points, yeah. Yeah. And remember, I saw the cup on Mayor of Easttown. They were they that's were right. The Zach's hamburgers cup. All right, anyway, I digress. We digress. Let's go to uh, Eleanor. Hi, Eleanor. Good morning. Good morning. I like turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? So, Eleanor, we're talking about. We, we, for those of you just tuning in, we got started with this, uh, David Beckham's wife Victoria eats the exact same thing it has for twenty five years for dinner. What is your what's your regular thing, and how long has it been going on? So it was my parents. And my mom took wheat toasted bread with tuna fish and an apple for 22 years when she was working. Wow. My dad, my dad took white bread with butter and cheese with an orange every day. And he worked for another 10 years after her. A butter and cheese sandwich? Butter and cheese sandwich, which which I've never really heard of before. And an orange, but that's it. Every day for decades. Decades. Wow. They were from the old. They were from the old country. They were from Scotland, and they came here with nothing but a bag of oranges mm. and a car and two kids. Wow! So they were they were so cheap. It was unreal. <laughs> I mean, it was just ridiculous. Well, that's the old Scottish thing, right? You know, when you come to my house, yes. ring the doorbell with your elbow because you're going to be bringing something, right? Yeah. Wow. Now, when they put a Wendy's up across the street from her work. She splurged one time in 22 years, and we went to lunch because they had the salad bar. <laughs> the super bar at Wendy's. God, man. It's funny. It was disgusting. It was just like, oh, my God, how can you eat this every freaking day? How? Right. I, I, just, oh. I think it becomes psychological. Eleanor, after, after work ended, did she switch it up a little bit? Um, Not really. They were pretty stringent because okay. she went on Weight Watchers. Like when it first started out, and she ate liver, you know, on Wednesdays. She had, you know, 
fish on Fridays. Blah, blah. It was like this. It was like the same schedule all the time. Okay. I hated eating at home. <laughs> <laughs> I used to always call my friend, like, "What's your? Does your mom have stove top stuffing? I'm coming." You know, oh, yeah. That's that's when you're you're, you're like, I'm right. gonna live in the, on, uh, high on the hog. I'm gonna have stove top stuffing. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like Larry's mom had liver, too. I'm out of here. Yeah, uh, it was gross. All right. Thanks, Eleanor. Oh, my God. That's funny. All right. Let's go to Tina, who had a ritual. Hi, Tina. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm such a fan. Oh, like, thank oh, you, hi. Tina. Is this your first time on with us? This is my first time on, and this is crazy because my husband was on um, last week. He was oh. he was a GM for Wawa, and he called. Oh, oh yeah. I remember about the batteries. He gave us right. very usable information. Yeah. And that's so funny. So it's like two for one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's your what what have you been what have you been eating, and and how long have you been eating it? So for about fifteen years, I've been eating Quaker oatmeal, the instant cups. Um, and it does, I think, go to I'm an elementary school teacher, and for years I was a cereal eater. And I, we have four kids, so there's not enough time in the morning to eat a bowl of cereal. So it was like, oh, this is quick and easy. I'll throw the little oatmeal cup in, and that's what I've been doing now. Um, every day my students love it. They laugh. Sometimes they'll come in and be like, oh, my gosh, it smells like syrup. Were you having, you know, maple and brown sugar? Or they'll try to guess, like, based on the sense of the room. But, it, I mean, it's totally a teacher. I think it's a teacher I, I, thing. Um, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I, the, I love oatmeal in the morning, and I used to do instant oatmeal for the first six or seven years in radio that do the same thing and I, I had my same bowl that i'd use clean it out and uh yeah that another ritual 14 yeah. years without deviation though that's for 15 years you said yes well our oldest is 14 so okay. yes i would say about 15 okay. about 15 years wow. yeah. all right yeah. nice oh God, love you guys. <laughs> uh, thank you tina thanks for coming on we're so happy you called in uh i wonder you know if if you have any a regular eating habit like that, and it's just for for decades that, right. that that's going on. That if you were to change it up, if it would mess with your system at all. I, um, yes, I remember. Well, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, Steve, yeah. but when when Casey, when you you went vegetarian for a while, maybe this is a different animal. Yeah, and then you had a hamburger, and didn't you throw up right after that? Uh, no, well, so. <laughs> There was probably uh, a little bit of hangover involved in the oh, throw up as well. <laughs> it wasn't just the meat. It wasn't, no. So I, it was, what um, the hell is in that it was, uh, it was graduation weekend, oh. and my friend had worked at, uh, at a uh, convenience store, but a uh, fast food chain brought a whole bag of stuff, and I went to town. And I it, I mean, I was really, really hungover that day, and I ate it, and I ended up throwing up out the window of my uh, my wow. room. If, if you do consistently take in a, a type of food at, at a certain time, uh, you can jar your system. And I, I, I used so, to yeah. do it when I was like doing a lot of, I was doing a lot of, a lot more like powerlifting and stuff right. like that. Uh, and uh, it, you could, I could, I'm going to have this now and it's going to rock my system. Yeah. It's just to flush your system sort of and your body goes, what the hell is this? Right. And it does happen. I will go to Jeremy. There's a term here I've never heard before that he wants to use. Hi, Jeremy, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, it. Good morning, it, buddy. All right, so this is this is your wife who has a regular everyday thing. To oh yeah. Eat. Okay, what is it? For for easily over five years, she she wakes up has a bowl of cereal, which has to be Cheerios. Okay. And then at lunch, yeah, uh, she has road tuna. That's what she calls it. She road it tuna. Okay. What? She keeps it in her car. It's just like a package of five crackers and tuna. Yeah. It doesn't matter what time of year she keeps that in her car. 
which is gross. Yes, summertime? <laughs> tuna in the car? Yeah. yeah. So just use the cans or the packs of tuna? So it comes in one big... In a little pack, it has right. five crackers in a package, and then a little tiny can of tuna. Oh, a little can of tuna. Okay, all right. Road so, tuna. I dig. I dig this. The uh, the uh, the packs, and yeah. they have they have buffalo. Yeah, they have a bunch of different flavors. You I get love like, those. You get like Italian yeah. or lemon and, lemon and pepper. Man, they're good. Uh, interesting, uh, Jeremy. Road Tuna, I love that. I, I'm not familiar. That's That could be a band name, Road, Road Tuna. tuna. <laughs> no, I'll that. Thank you. Uh, let's go to uh, Joe. Hi, uh, Joe. Good morning, sir. Gadzooks. Gadzooks, my man. All right, so there's something that you've ritualistically eaten for years, right? So, I wasn't completely honest on the phone. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because I was trying to embarrass by but hearing other people, I, I guess I'll admit it. Uh, I've been eating cheese pizza for 30 years. 30 years. Uh, so, I'm 36. It started when I was in kindergarten. Uh, that's all I would eat for lunch. And the kids knew me as Pizza Joe. <laughs> so, uh, oh, my God. If pizza anybody's Joe. listening, yeah, Pizza Joe still eats pizza. Pizza Joe's still oh, around. Pizza Joe. And he's still eating pizza. So this is every day without fail. Uh, yeah, so I, I obviously I work now. Uh, yeah, I, I just eat pizza in my cart. I, there's probably nobody has seen me not eat pizza. I'm a large man. You're a large man. <laughs> so, all right, uh, Joe, are, are I, you? I know I need to stop. I tried to stop. And uh, literally had like panic attacks from I need my pizza. Like, oh my god! I, I, wow. It's been your friend since kindergarten. Okay. All right, couple a couple of questions here, Joe. Um, <laughs> d- does it matter where you get the pizza from? What uh, uh, who makes it? No, just as long as it's cheese, no top. <laughs> okay. Does it bother you uh, that that you're that you have this kind of um, this uh, compulsion, this chain to eat only cheese pizza? It did, and then, you know, everything else in the world, I just went, you know what, I'm eating pizza and living life. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. Do you still like it? Yeah. Uh, but, uh... Wait, Joe, Joe, do you do you still do you still like it as much as you always have? Yeah, sometimes I'm eating it, though, and I'm just looking like, what, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> okay, all right. Interesting. But, uh, Pizza's the one thing I can see, like, it's always good, and even when it's not that good, it's still pretty good, as they yep. say. So, pizza, and also the different types of pizza, but you're... You said 30-some-odd years, Joe? 36 years. 36 years. I guess that wouldn't be right, because I started at 6, and I'm 36. Okay, so about, yeah. Listen, and and I'm really going to recommend this. If this really bothers you... You need to touch out. You need to reach reach out to uh, Doctor Rosenpenis, Doctor yes. Doctor um, uh, Rosenberg. Berg, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Rosenbaum. I was. We're so used to uh, penis. The uh, our, our, we are um, used to penis. <laughs> our uh, um, uh, hypnotist, and maybe he can help you out. Uh, maybe uh, if I could do a quick story. When I was in school, uh, the cafeteria you know, would have pizza. So on the card one day it said pizza was for lunch. So I didn't bring my pizza in. And it wasn't pizza that day. It was like hot dogs. Oh, no. Oh, what this happened? Was like, this was sixth grade, so yeah. I broke down crying. And you'd <laughs> oh. think like kids would make fun of me, but they were like super supportive kids. They were like, well, yeah, it's Pizza Joe. You didn't get pizza for Pizza Joe? They, <laughs> they knew you as Pizza Joe, and they rallied. Kids who can be very cool rallied to your support. So, so I literally just ate the hot dog buns. Oh, <laughs> my God. The closest thing to pizza you can get. With ketchup on them. Joe, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I feel oh, terrible oh. for you, man. That must have been, that's actually a little bit traumatizing. Yeah, I just talked to a hypnotist. Hey, <laughs> yeah. no, hang on, though. Wouldn't it be wild if Dr. Rose and Penis, though, yeah. 
trans changes it to calzones every day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like a different version of pizza. <laughs> Joe, do you only eat pizza? That's all you eat? Uh, pretty much, yeah. That's all. I okay, eat. so besides the lunch meal, your 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 dinner uh, is pizza too. If I go out to like somebody like offers me out to dinner or something, I will stomach something else. But like, I'll get the smallest portion because I just I don't want to eat it. Okay, oh my all right. This is like going back to uh, like being a parent and not letting your kid have pizza and chicken nuggets and like making them eat their vegetables. I mean, I, I love my parents, but that's literally what it was. Was I was a picky eater, and they said, "Well, here's eat pizza and cheese," you know, and. It's just been that for wow. years. I know the parents will sometimes, and you're advised to sort of acquiesce. And maybe, guys, you you have kids. I don't. Uh, but but like I said, my my uh, my neighbor um, over in Maniunk, her daughter ate gogurt. And chicken nuggets. Yeah, you can't really force stuff on kids. I mean, listen, if it tastes bad, it tastes bad to them, you know. Uh, By the way, uh, Joe, uh, Marissa wrote down this question. Are pizza Lunchables acceptable? That's disgusting. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's an adoration. Uh, I love the story uh, of I Pizza like Joe. I feel a little bad for you, bud. Yeah. I, 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 hang on a second here, Joe. Nick. Joe, I mean, like, do you feel like you're missing out? Because there are pizza is wonderful. There's yeah, no yeah. doubt about it. But, like, there's a lot of other great foods out there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I guess I am missing uh, out. Let me, let me, for you, Joe, there are so many different types of pizza and ways to prepare pizza that you could kind of exist in that realm. If you were to perhaps throw some chicken on it now and then, just for a, a little bit more protein and, and stuff like that. So Transition you, that way? Ha, yeah, have you ever, have you, you've never vary, uh, varied the menu and uh, toppings are a no-go for you, right? No, I don't, I, I don't like the toppings. Okay. It. It, it honestly will make me gag. Like, wow. Okay. I assume does 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 tomatoes have vitamin C in it? Because otherwise he's gonna have scurvy, man. I mean, like I, you know, like surprisingly, pizza is actually fairly good nutrition wise. It's actually fairly good. Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, Joe. That's a really interesting story. Thanks for sharing with us. All right. All right. And from here on out, we'll know you as Pizza, pizza Joe. Joe. There's no yeah. other. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to see from, like, Touchstone, Pizza Joe? Pizza Joe. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, a heartwarming story that starts off kind of tragic. I can see that, yeah. Eat your pizza or they all laugh at you. Oh, no. Tomatoes have vitamin C and potassium. Oh, there you go. go. So he's getting his his nutrients. I mean. He would... Take him over to Lorenzo's. Protein from cheese. Oh, I'm sure, dude. Yeah. Joe's yeah. probably, he's, right. he knows Lorenzo's. If he's eating nothing but cheese pizza, I would imagine. All right, well, listen, thank you for your calls. Thank you for those of you who are on hold. I apologize. I didn't get a chance to get to you, but quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, the calls that we got. Be back in uh, Bizarre Power. 93.3 WMMR welcomes Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band for two huge outdoor shows, August 16th and August 18th at Citizens Bank Park. And MMR lets you beat the box office each weekday with free tickets. All this week, listen for the Daily Springsteen Grand Slam. Big Bruce hits played at 9 a.m., 2 p.m., 5 p.m., and 8 p.m. If you know all four song titles and are the correct number caller the next morning with Preston and Steve, you'll win two free tickets for Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Hit up the contest page at WMMR.com for the VIP cheat sheet and an additional chance to win. Tickets on sale Tuesday the 28th at 10 a.m. via phillies.com slash springsteen. 
Springsteen's Grand Slam with 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. I saw this article. I thought it was very interesting. And it was a uh, essentially a forum. People had uh, their stories of rules that were put in place because of them. Oh, okay. I like so this. You did something, and whatever you did, from there on, there was a rule. This is, you can't do that anymore. Uh, and I was try- I was picking my brain, to- and I know it's had to have happened to me. I know I've done something before. With You've caused a rule to be implemented. I'm sure. What, somewhere in school, but I can't remember what. Hmm. But I, 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 uh, I kind of think you probably did, but maybe something will come to me. But uh, but I have some examples, and I would love to hear your stories if you had had a similar incident <laughs> take place. So I'll start with this one, uh, where a person wrote in and said, My brother and I got into a cattle prod sword fight at a farm store. We shocked the hell out of each other a few times, and now they have the cattle prods locked up. We were in our 30s when this happened. <gasps> oh, my God. So they made a rule at the store that you could no longer take out the cattle prods. Another one says, uh, I put a croissant in one of those hotel conveyor toasters, and it soon became engulfed in flames and had to be extinguished. The next day at breakfast, there was a sign that said, if you'd like your croissant toasted, please ask a staff member. <laughs> so they put up a rule after that. Uh, here's one definitely that, that had some lasting power to it, I'm sure. This says, as a kindergartner, I once fell asleep in the bus. I was on the bus. And when I woke up, the bus was in the garage. Uh-huh. And it happened. I had to yell to get to someone to get me out. So to this day, every bus driver in my school district needs to walk to the back of the bus and check every seat before they park the bus. This has been um, uh, uh, in the news a few times where they've had oh, yeah. kids and, and uh, the, the bus driver failed to do that. And there was yep. a kid sleeping in the back seat. Yeah, I think that's pretty standard, though. Yeah. Yeah. Bus so this, they're supposed to anyway. This probably happened a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, right, right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they, they made that rule. Uh, here's another one. It says, uh, in my high school history class, there were about 10 of us who were really close friends. And we take every opportunity to make your mom jokes. And a couple of months in class, the teacher made us sign a made us sign a treaty, <laughs> promising to stop making fun of each other's moms. We signed it, and then we started making fun of each other's dads right after. <laughs> right. Uh, I like this one a lot too. It says a friend of mine in a military school found out the regulations never stated what color the bed sheets for a bed made for inspection had to be in. So this uh, man went and bought. Power Ranger sheets and made the perfect regulation bed. And I've never seen so many sergeants lose their cool uh, but be unable to actually do anything since the regs were perfectly followed. That's great. Needless to say, the next year's regulations were updated to state that sheets must be plain white. So they absolutely changed the rule altogether at a military school. Uh, let me go to uh, Kenny. Hey, Kenny, good morning. Rocky Road. <laughs> Rocky Road. Well done. Uh, Kenny, what's going on, man? Hey, good morning, guys. So um, I used to work at uh, Tower Records, open until midnight. And uh, we were basically allowed to play any tunes we wanted on the on the stereo. Um, and I was a practical joker, and I decided that animals, 
by Wasp was a great idea. <laughs> All right. The entire story. If you know the, the song, it's not a good idea. Um, so the manager was right there, came out screaming, and uh, he said, now here's a short stack of CDs you guys can only listen to. And no, nothing good there. Nothing. So he, he, he took this broad policy and you caused it to be refined down to a selection of sort of neutral music. Yeah, uh. yeah, a lot of... Uh, a lot of steely Dan in there. <laughs> yeah, it's good, but it's it's not Wasp. Yeah, no. Yeah. All right. <laughs> thanks, Kenny. Yep. Rule changed because of you. Uh, let me go. To, you guys will know this one. Let me go to Stony. Hi, Stony. Good morning. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Wow. You sound like you hurt yourself yeah, on that one, Stony. What's up, bud? Yeah. Well, what's up, man? You guys know me. I'm the sled build. I'm the one that almost killed Pierre. Uh, yes, from uh, the Cardboard Classic. Ah, yes. Yes. And because of that, you guys don't allow us to use fireworks. <laughs> Not allowed to ride on the second floor. Right. Yeah, I also built the, the big wheel, or a buddy of mine built it. We're not allowed to roll down a hill anymore. That's right. <laughs> you are the reason Dude, that was for great. a lot of rolls. I had to do a lot of refinements. And if you ask, is it a good idea, just ask Mr. Peanut. Uh, yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so Stoney was the cause of rules being changed at the Cardboard Classic. Multiple rules Multiple being changed. Rules. Yeah. Multiple nice job, Stoney. Yeah. All right, thanks, bud. I will see you next year. You. Have a good one, guys. I have one that's uh, slightly embarrassing, and Steve, you'll have a field day with it. I uh, had a job when I was pretty poor when I was 21 years old. My job was to drive around Enterprise cars, and uh, I didn't have any money. And, and so um, <laughs> there was a Mercedes dealership uh, where I would uh, drop off cars and pick up cars. And at that Mercedes Mercedes dealership, uh, they would offer up um, free breakfast for their customers. Um, but I oh, no. was also hungry in the morning, oh. and so I would uh, avail myself <laughs> to, uh, oh, that's to the so... bagels and the coffee that they yeah. had out for uh, their paying customers. And uh, Where did the food go? Well, it, I didn't take all of the food. I just took enough for me. No, not a lot. Shut up. Uh, just a little bit every morning. But uh, they eventually had to put up a sign that said, bagels and coffee for Mercedes customers only. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's, it's, oh, yeah. say, dear Nick. That was, yeah. uh, that's for me. All right. Well, here's, here's a, a similar story to that. It says, uh, I worked concessions at a ballpark that had an all-you-can-eat promo day where tickets were more expensive than usual, but concessions excluding alcohol around the stadium were free. So I worked that day, and, of course, it was chaos. And when the line started dying down later in the game, they started setting home uh, some of the hourly employees, myself included. But I didn't go home. After I clocked out, I stayed in the stadium, got some cheeseburgers, cheesesteaks, and a soda, then found an empty seat in the crowd for the last few innings. The next year, they had the same promo, new rule for staff, if you get sent home early, you actually have to leave the stadium. So it's similar to uh, to yeah, you, Nick. But I understand his point. Uh, let me go to Steven. Hi, Steven. Good morning. Chicken pot, chicken pot, chicken, chicken pot pie. Mm, thank you for the serenade. What's up, man? So uh, when I was a kid, me and uh, my family used to belong to the Warminster Swim Club, and uh, all the township folks used to cut through the swim club to get to their maintenance building quicker. So uh, when I was 14, I was riding my bike through the swim club, and uh, I got nailed by a, by a van. Oh, uh, wow. Township supervisor was driving through. And uh, so then after that, what happened? No more cutting through the parking lot. <laughs> no more cutting through the <laughs> well, parking lot. Well, you can lot. understand that, clearly, yes. since you almost died. Yeah, you yeah. took one for the team, uh, for, the, for the walkers Damn and the bike riders. Thank yeah. you, Stephen. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Will. Hey, Will, good morning. Uh, good morning. Sorry to bother you guys at work. Nah, what's up, man? 
<laughs> so, so back in the ancient times of the mid 1990s, <laughs> um, teachers had teachers had. Uh, copy cards for their copiers at school, and they would sometimes send a couple students to go make copies for them. Well, I was one of the responsible ones, and they sent um, myself and one of my friends to go make copies. Well, one of my friends takes the copy card and decides to copy um, a, ma a magazine from his father's collection and uh. send pictures around the entire school. Uh. And so after that, teachers were never allowed to give copy cards again to their students. Wow. Of course. They killed because it. Because you were working now in the porn industry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah, you can understand. Yeah. Thanks, Will. I love those last second scrambles because I didn't realize there was that we had that that we had not a common like like the Power Ranger bed sheets. Right. We should have specified. Here's another uh, example. It says in middle school, I would use Sharpie permanent markers to quote tattoo myself. Uh, other kids thought that it was cool, so I started charging a dollar per drawing. Wherever they wanted, the principal found out, and after I refused to stop, she put a ban on Sharpies for the entire school. Even the Whoa. teachers could not bring them in. And then this person writes, I'm a tattoo artist now. Oh, my God. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Ended up funny. making a career out of it. I will go to Holly. Good morning to you, Holly. Good morning. What's up, Holly? How do you work? Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I was in middle school. I think I was like... 12 or 13, and um, I decided I wanted Domino's pizza, so I ordered one, had it delivered to the cafeteria. <laughs> Apparently, they never had a rule about that, but there was one after that. You like Spicoli. You got pizza delivered to school. Yeah. I did, Domino's, but I had to share it. And and so, uh, did, they, did they talk to you about it, or did they just issue a statement that said, no more of this? Well, they did. I, I had a principal that actually I loved. We got along great. And he had to pull, vice principal, excuse me, and he had to pull me aside and talk to me. And he said, this is not like you. Holly, I can't believe you did this, but good one. Yeah, <laughs> all right. was that bad. You ordered a pizza. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. But they made a rule yeah. after that. So, all right, thanks. Here's a text that says, according, buy our crappy pizza. Says, according to my husband, a two-beer at a time limit was installed and stated at the uh, Fest House in Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, because of him and his buddies uh, building uh, beer cup pyramids on the table, <laughs> dancing every dance with the Fest House dancers, and generally acting like drunken maniacs. Uh, don't know if this is really true, he said, but apparently that, that happened. Two beer limit. Here's, here's a similar one. Uh, this one says, in college, some friends and I used to go to a Mexican restaurant every Thursday and often on Saturdays for their dollar margaritas. As a group, we would go there a lot. <laughs> and eventually, they put a new rule in. It was now $2 margaritas and no more than four margaritas per person. Oh, so a lot. Well, so I, I wasn't responsible for it, but there used to be the thing at the Roy Rogers where the, the, the fixings bar... Yeah. And people would go and just make sandwiches. So there was one right near my college. And uh, I think this I think this is probably corporate-wide, but people would go do that and not really buy anything. Right. And so they had to, they put up a sign at that salad bar, you know, for patrons only, for paying customers only because it was getting. Right. Like like Nick, like the Mercedes. <laughs> yeah. Right, we'll, go, we'll go to uh, Christine. Hi, Christine. Good morning. Hey, bitches. Hey, what? All right, Christine, what rule did they change because of you? Well, you said porn industry, so this goes a little towards that. So when my friend and I were 17 years old, friend of the family was the penalty box official for the Flyers back in the old uh, spectrum. 
And we were waiting for him after the game. We were outside in the corridor, outside the locker room. You could get really close to the players at that point. So the door swings open, and Brad McCrimmon and Kathy, let's just say they call him the beast for a reason. <laughs> wow. um, Brad McCrimmon was standing there totally naked. So, of course, 17, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> So ever since then, they changed the rule was that nobody could get down in that corridor by the locker room unless you were affiliated with the Flyers organization. And or now, a 17-year-old girl. At 17. And yeah. now I'm in human resources. So there you go. <laughs> oh, there you go. So you're handling stories like that. <laughs> That's funny. And yeah. that was the moment they made the rule. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Christine. Hope you're proud. Uh, we'll go to We'll go to Frank next. Hi there, Frank. Beating your head in with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I was hammering in the morning. <laughs> All right, what's up, Frank? Uh, I was a bartender, and a, a customer ordered a flaming shot. And I didn't tell the customer, hey, you need to blow fire out because we can't consume that. And um, so he goes... We, as shot. human beings, cannot <laughs> consume <laughs> fire, no, okay? Science yes. has taught us that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so um, he goes to drink the shot, gets scared, cause fire, drops the shot, it breaks on the bar, and my bar engulfs in flames <sighs> for a moment. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, I had to take, like, a soda gun to spray it off. Oh, that's and, funny. Um, yeah, so no more flaming shots at Texas Roadhouse, guys. <laughs> oh, there you really? go. Nice. There you go. Nice. A flaming mo. I don't know if it was you or the customer, but, yeah, you know, yeah. But, uh, yep, absolutely. All right, some other examples. Uh, this one says, I got our human resources drop box taken away uh, at work because HR threatened to not pay us if we missed a clock in or clock out. I printed out. The law stating that what they were threatening was illegal highlighted it and put it in the HR box when no one was around. Our HR rep threw an unholy fit and tried to figure out who put the paper in her box. And from then on, everything had to be handed in personally uh-huh. instead yes, of the box. I can see that. And uh, they went on to say, in our defense, the phones didn't always work and the clock in system was really unreliable. So that's why they had uh, made that complaint. Now it says, I work in... Oh, I already did that one. My uh, younger brother was always late to school and tardy every day. He eventually figured out that if you just skipped first period altogether and showed up to his second period, uh, he was counted as being at school with no late penalty (laughs) since he was at school, since he was at second period on time. And they had to change that the following year. So the rule would accommodate just going to second period, and he would be listed as as, as present for the as day. present for the day, but with no tardy for the first right, class. Right, right. Ah, okay, <laughs> that's that's gaming the system, right? Yep. <laughs> Need to adjust that. Uh, let's go next to him. We're we're taking calls on a rule that was made because of something you did, and I will go to Kenny next. Hey, Kenny. Good morning. Hey, Kathy, it's Jay. I heard your mixtape, and I want to take you back. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Wait, wow. Do you know Jay, or did I say his name on the air? You said his name on the air. Right, okay. <laughs> That's great. Very astute, Kenny. What's up, man? What'd you do? Um, so, in middle school, you know, like, uh, like you get changed in the locker rooms for, like, gym class. It's the first time you get it. You're all excited to... Use deodorant and right. be like a man. Right. We were what did you the, do? We were, we were in the back of the bus, and we decided, some some kid, I'm not going to say his name, but he brought a lighter, and we were making fireballs <laughs> in our hands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shooting flamethrowers. <laughs> and the next year, 
our bus driver would not allow those deodorants in his bus. So I had to use stick. Okay. So he had to use a um, stick from there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Our, and it was only our bus driver. It wasn't the whole school. It was just our bus driver. Uh. Was just an old grouchy fool. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah, didn't like fault. you making fireballs on the bus. Come on, dude. Yeah. We're just making ah. fireballs yeah, on a fault. moving vehicle that is uh, powered God. by gasoline. That's funny. Wow. All right. I thanks, Kenny. Appreciate it. Uh, here, Here's a follow-up to our call earlier from Christine, who saw the uh, Flyers players naked. She, uh, this text says, I was dating Christine, and I was with her when that happened. I saw Brad McCrimmon's junk. <laughs> uh, that's so hilarious. They were a part oh, of the whole great. thing. So, yep, uh, legitimizing. So that, that was a well-known legend with him? Uh, I, I don't know. I yeah, yeah. His name yeah. the Beast. Now it so. is. Yeah. All right, here's another text that says, uh, I made a fake penis out of clay <laughs> in middle school, and I waved it around on the back of the bus oh, and got caught. They had no more clay in art class because of my wiener. Well, we are in the broadcast industry, and we have tons of fake penises around here. Oh, yeah. Here, so, yeah, we yeah. got loads. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's go next to uh, Justin. Hey, Justin, good morning. Good morning. You guys are <laughs> What's going on, Justin? So, uh, back in high school, one summer, me and a buddy, a uh, hot day, went to a 7-Eleven. Then they have the big 100-ounce mugs. Yes. For soda. Um. Well, the little deal was buy the mug, get a free soda. Well, we decided to fill it full of the slushy instead. So we fill it full of Slurpee, go to the register. She can't charge us because she doesn't have it because it's not listed as an actual drink as for the soda because we weren't supposed to fill it up. So we got the free 100-ounce Slurpee, went back the next day with the same mugs. And they plastered paper all over saying we couldn't fill it up with Slurpee anymore. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yep. You gained the system for one day, though. One day. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. There was a big thing. Where you, remember the moment you could bring in your own receptacle? They do that like once a year. Right. Yeah, where you can bring in your own. Uh, yeah, Whatever you, you want. Know, but they sold him that one. Yeah. One, but it was just made for sodas. Uh, here's another one that says, when I used to walk home from school, I had to walk next to the road to get to my house. And one day, I decided to see if I could walk with my eyes closed. Oh, my God. Oh, that's. And as I walked. <laughs> I didn't feel the transition from gravel to road, so unknowingly was walking on the road. And I heard a noise and looked behind me. A line of cars had formed, but none of the cars had honked. And I immediately ran off into an orchard, but later learned why nobody honked. Because two weeks later, they put up signs that said, Deaf Child Area on both sides of the road. They thought I was deaf, so they didn't honk. Oh, my God. And so they put it on. <laughs> Wait, that's another thing, though. Do you ever what? try? I, like, I try to get around my house sometimes with my eyes closed. Do you really? Yeah, like, I've tried it to see if I, if I know how many steps never to, to the door. I've <laughs> done it a few times just to see because, it, I, I mean, I wake up in relative darkness and I try not to turn the lights on to wake anybody else up. And I'm like, I wonder if I can, if I can do walk that. from here yeah. to there without bumping into something. Yeah. yeah. I'm usually not that successful. I'm good with the light switches. I know where they are. It okay. seems kind of goofy for you to do that. <laughs> I know. Uh, let me go to next to Carl. Hey, Carl, good morning. Yahoo! Yeah. Yahoo! All right, Carl, so they made a rule because of what? Um, so in high school, we were allowed to leave for lunch and um, get in our vehicles, go uptown, get whatever we wanted. My health teacher was betting that I couldn't make it to Delaware <laughs> because that's where Taco Bell was. To Taco Bell and back before the period ended. <laughs> so I jumped in my Mustang, 
Hold ass cross Dover Bridge. It's like smoking in the band. That's basically it. Yeah. You're encouraging excessive driving. Excessive speed. That's where it comes into play because when I got back into town, <laughs> I was worried about time. So I'm going 75 down Broadway <laughs> and the cops who went to the high school behind me as I'm carrying Taco Bell in. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I was the last one yeah. to be able to leave. Oh, so they made a rule you couldn't leave campus anymore. Yes, sir. Oh, you ruined it for everybody. I blame the teacher. So do I. I blame, I blame the, the teacher, teacher, Carl. What's that? I said, I blame the teacher on that one. Oh, he was awesome. I can't, uh, I'm not going <laughs> to. All right. All right. All right. All right. I bet you can't get there and back. I wonder when they, because when I was I was in high school, they allowed us to uh, to leave campus at lunch right. as well. If you, if you had a car. Right. Um, at some point that stopped. Uh, but we we took advantage of that every day. It was huge in my high school. Yep. I think and then there was one part where, uh, of the year where a kid got hurt, and yep. I think that's where I put the kibosh on it. All right. Well, awesome examples. Thanks for your call. Think about that today. Talk amongst your friends. They made a rule because I did this. We got to take a break. Stay with us. We'll return shortly. If you like what you hear, you can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. This is Virginia Lottery Recording Session. We are rolling whenever you're ready, Sam. Coming this Tuesday, the Virginia Lottery is... Try option three. The Virginia Lottery has newly brewed and fun to do... Try four. We have a rotating selection of scratchers, online games, print and play... Actually, just read option one. Virginia Lottery, new games every Tuesday? Perfect. For more information, visit valottery.com slash Tuesday. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Off air, we were having a short discussion. Sometimes uh, things to talk about on air happen at the last second. All of a sudden, we're, we're chatting, and we go, hey, this is kind of nice. Let's, let's throw this out there and see what everybody's about it. Uh, and Casey was telling us a childhood story. How hmm. old were you at the time? I couldn't have been more than... 10 or 11 years old. Okay. Okay, so this has been going on for a while. And this will be this will lead to a uh, a topic that I think people can uh, share their stories with. So, if you would tell uh tell this uh, what happened on this occasion. Yeah, because I think every family has not only one of these scenarios, but probably many of these scenarios. So, um, you know, long story short, at the dinner table, I spilled milk. Happens all the time. Dad was really pissed off because the milk went all over the table. And my dad started yelling at me. And in his rage, you know, wanted to tell me that I had ruined everything on the table. And that I ruined. And what he was attempting to say was that I ruined a perfectly good piece of meat. Okay. And as he's yelling at the top of his lungs, he didn't say a perfectly good piece of meat. He yelled, you ruined a perfectly good peed of meat. Okay. Peed or peed of meat. And, I mean, immediately, everybody at the table, my mom, my brothers, my sister, we just started laughing at him because he had misspoke. 
My dad wasn't pissed <laughs> off that we were all laughing at See, him. See, I thought maybe he might freak out that you guys were laughing in his moment of rage. No, I think it, what it did... <laughs> yeah. It is that immediately lightened the mood, and we all just started laughing. But more importantly, from that point on, it was always uh, it was always called a peed of meat. Okay. okay. So you... everything was always a peed of meat. Okay. Can you hand me a peed of meat over there? <laughs> yeah. A peed of meat over here. Oh, that that looks like a good peed of meat. Okay. I mean, for decades after that, and, and you know, even though my father's not around, we still you call. St- it a, I was just gonna say, we probably right. still do it. Still call it a peed yeah. of meat. So therein lies the, the, the topic, which is someone misspoke or made a statement, and it has become family lore. One and, time. And, and they said it one time, and it's the best if while somebody's really pissed off. Oh, yeah. And they're stammering over their words, and they misspeak, and all of a sudden it becomes a refrain within your family. So we want to hear what yours is. 215-263-WMMR. As we progress, and I want to hear these stories from these various, and I know, Nick, you have and Kathy have one as well. Uh, the show itself has generated things that have become part of our lexicon <laughs> oh, yeah, that were misspoken right. yeah, we do. every day. It's yeah. what we've become yeah. to know as, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's why we cry over not getting awards sometimes. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, right. That's right. All of the material. Yeah. My brothers started a uh, landscaping company when we, when we were kids, right? My brothers were named Adam and Josh, and uh, it was just lawn cutting and, and yeah. uh, raking leaves and, and uh, sh- um, shoveling of the snow. And so, I kind of, get all of these things. I knew it. I knew it as soon as I said it. I felt myself coming into it. And then I felt you doing it. I knew it was coming. I had a mouthful of hot chocolate when you said that. And I almost I sprayed so scalding hot liquid all over Casey I'm when so, you said that. I'm so you. glad you did this. Yeah. Very, very, very and the shoveling of the leaves. This kind of soul. Breaking of the leaves. The soul of the Cutting of the grass. All right. The cutting and the trimming and the edging and this kind of thing. Right. So, uh, so they're going around the neighborhood, and, and we're kids. And there's a, a guy, an elderly gentleman, and he's sitting outside. And my brothers, uh, just kindly, and they're like looking from you know from a bunch of different neighbors to see who needs some yard work done. And they they say to this gentleman, uh, "Excuse me, sir, would you like any yard work done?" And he, his response is, and this is where the family lore thing comes <laughs> in, Casey. He just goes. Right, bread. <laughs> what? And my brothers are like, what? And he says it again. Right, bread. <laughs> my brothers are like, his answer to that query was rye bread. He thought that they were offering rye bread. <laughs> so my brothers then say, no, 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 sir, yard work. And he says, oh, no, I'm good. But then, anytime <laughs> we needed any yard work done around the house, it was it's time to do the rye bread. Right, right, right. So if you needed yard work done, it became rye right, bread. It was like the peed of meat. Rye bread. <laughs> Why? Stop and think of, of what mindset would lead you to believe that some young men in your um, neighborhood were going door to door offering rye bread. But Steve, man, they came home, they were laughing their asses off, and it was so funny. And then they told that story. And then, yeah, Casey, it just became family lore. And from there on out... Yard work was known as rye, rye bread. bread. Yeah. Rye bread. <laughs> so, 
Mine wasn't wasn't even just my immediate family. Like it was my cousins. There was a lot of us, um, and we were <laughs> away on vacation. And all the cousins were around the same age, so we would always, you know, play and goof around. Right, right, we yeah. were young. I can't even remember how old we were. Maybe I don't know, ten, eleven, something like that. Uh, and we were being loud, and we were jumping on the bed. And my mom was completely fine with it. We were away uh, on vacation, and she was fine with it. She was letting us do it. And my dad came in. And he's like, "I'm trying to sleep. You know, you guys need to quiet down. You have to stop." He leaves. He goes, you know, back into his room to try to go to sleep. My mom does nothing. And we're still yelling, whatever. Comes in a second time. So the third time, he finally comes in. And he looks at us and he goes, now let me preface this by telling you, um, we always watched Back to School with my dad. He loved right. Rodney Dangerfield. So he comes in. Um, and, and both of my parents liked Rodney Dangerfield. So we, as kids, were familiar with him. Right, and, right, right. And, you know, things that he said. So my dad comes in and he goes, I get no respect. And we were like, oh, my God. And my mom just looked at him. She went, okay, Rodney Dangerfield, just go to bed now. Oh, that's great. That's oh great. I want to go to some calls. We're getting all of our lines filled up, so let's go to Angela. Hi, Angela. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Great. Okay, so you have, like, a uh, someone who misstated something, and it is since... My, hus- my husband does it all the time, actually. I do it all the time as well, yeah. <laughs> but my... Our favorite one is is I walked into the kitchen and he wanted to say what is wrong and and you know why is your face like you know why is your face like that right and we yeah. have that like sour look on your face yep and he just looked at me and goes what's your face like <laughs> <laughs> what's your face like <laughs> so anytime we're upset or like we get mad at each other we just go. What's your face like? <laughs> That's the best, man. And so he was basically saying something like, why the long face? And, 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 and said, yeah. what's your face like? So can that, Angela, can that lighten the mood when you throw that out there? My 14-year-old daughter even does it when she's in trouble. That's great. Yep. So then sometimes so, they're good for things like that. Yeah, especially if it's like if it's born of an accident. Thanks, I mean, there are things that are similar that my wife and I do all the time, but they're they're more born of things that I just blurt out or whatever. Right, right, right. Uh, but when it comes from a gem, genuine accident and then becomes part of the lexicon, that's beautiful. Yeah, this is not quite the same as this, yeah. but my friend Steve and I uh, were uh, at my house, and this is when we were, you know, probably 20 years old or something like that, and my, my dad had... Made some nachos, okay? And uh, he was offering Steve some. Now, let me preface this. Yeah, there's always a preface. Like, we were really high when this happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so he goes, Steve goes to take a, a nacho, and my dad, I think I may have told this you story did. already. He just goes, Well, get some with some, get one with some cheese on it, goddammit. <laughs> and we died laughing. I mean, crying laughing. And he didn't know what was so funny. That we're really. We're sorry. We're so we're so high. But to this day, to this day, Steve and I throw that line out all the time with each other. If we're out having lunch or whatever, right, right, yeah. fry, you know, grab a French fry. He's like, "Well, get one with some cheese on it." God damn it! Do you remember we had a caller call in and, and said that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's still, it just sticks. It's just one of those that has stood the test. And of then time. it sets your dad off a little bit. You oh, know, yeah, like, yeah. It's nachos. Yeah. Let me go to John. Hey, John. Good morning. No, she was a dancer. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. call me. Yes. She was a dancer. Thanks, oh, my God. <laughs> What's up, John? Oh, my goodness. So, mine is pretty funny. It's my mother-in-law. She had a way of just, you know, changing words up a little bit. Like, she didn't shop at the Acme. She shopped at the Acme. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's a standard, standard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
but her her reaction thing was one day is um, she uh, had a little beach house, little cottage, you know, and mice would get in there from time to time. And uh, one day she found a little bit of trail of mice poop going along, but she, instead of calling it moose poop, she called it, or instead of calling it mouse poop, she called it moose poop. She called it moose poop. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so... Every time after that, you you know, you would think you'd get them, and they'd come back. Oh, there's some moose poop. Yeah. <laughs> you got to point it out. You would have to actually use that phrase every time. I love yeah, that. Every yeah. time, and we literally still do. I love it. I love it. It becomes Thanks. part of that. I'm sure you have... You have a language with Rochelle. I have a language with Claire that uh, I think we are yeah. the only people that really speak it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to Obi next. Yo, Obi, good morning. Hey, sorry to bother you guys at work. Ah, it's all good. We're taking calls. What's up, brother? So a couple years ago, my wife, and she was in her 30s. She, we, were, we were watching the sunset, and she says, oh, is that the night clouds rolling in? And she was firmly convinced that clouds obscured the sun at night. Oh. <laughs> we say, oh, here come the night clouds, and she gets so angry. So essentially her belief was that the the, uh, the sun was still there uh, up in the sky, but at night clouds rolled in, and it's like, like a shade being drawn. Correct. Yep. Okay. okay. All right. Instead of misspeaking, that's just stupidity. <laughs> uh, but we love her anyway. Nice. All right. Thanks, Thanks Obi. Appreciate it, man. All right. We'll go next to uh, Christy. Hi, Christy. Good morning. Good morning, it. Good morning, it, Christy. So that's one that stuck around too. Yeah. Yeah, good morning. It. <laughs> uh, what is it? What is your little misspoken phrase that has stood well. the test of time? It's from my uncle from when we were little. He was mad about something, and he wanted to say that's the straw that broke the camel's back. But instead, he said that's the blow that blew the camel. <laughs> the blow that blew the camel. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's I what love he that. Said my entire life, I'm almost fifty, and I've said it my whole life, and I have to think about the real way to say it. So yeah, especially yeah. when you're saying in mixed company, that's the blow that blew the camel. Oh. God, yep. that's hilarious. I say it on a daily basis. I love it. Thank <laughs> you, Christy. So that's I, excellent. I, I, listen, with the amount of speaking that you do during the course of a day, whenever reading anything or whatever, the, the likelihood of something <laughs> slipping out, like, like, good morning, it, mm-hmm. uh, is, is every day. I it, it happens regularly, not on this show, but like, uh, Casey, when we were playing in the, in the golf outing uh, the other day, I was, you know, I'm meeting people that are, you know, on boards and so on like yeah. that. And, and when, I, when I meet somebody who is... Um, uh, sometimes when they have like a, a position, yeah, when they have a high position, right, right, right. I get a little nervous and I get my words mixed up together, and I don't know what I said, but it's usually a mix between like uh, "nice to meet you" and "how you yeah. doing," yeah. Yeah. you know, like a, like a greeting, yeah. and, I, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll say something like "nice to doing," you know, or something like that. And I'm like, what I meant to say was "nice to meet you" yeah. or "how you doing." House to meet you. House to meet you. Yeah. Casey, what was the thing? I do it all the time. What was the thing you said to? There were people, and it's something. Like, oh, I said uh, instead, of, like, hey, instead uh, of "hey guys," I said "hi gays." Hi gays. Oh my god. Hi gays. Hi gays. All right, I'm gonna go to. Hi. I'm going to go to Ryan. Hey, Ryan, good morning. Hey, what's up, P-Bud? Yo, bud, how you doing, man? I'm all right. All right uh, so your... My dad had two infamous ones. He, uh, While ordering food both times, he, he went to Burger King and tried to order a double beef Whopper. Yeah. And it came, it came out a double beef Whopper. Wait, it, double... Came, it came out of what? 
It came out as double beep waffer. <laughs> double, double beep, double beep waffer. <laughs> yeah. Okay, double beep. Double beep. And then the, the other one was better. He was trying to order ice cream when they were younger, and he tried to order a double dip of butter brickle. Oh, and stop and it. It, <laughs> it came out a double D word. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they just started laughing and couldn't stop. Uh, and do you carry these on? Do you still say them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you have my to. My mom hears that she just hysterically starts laughing. I love it. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. Thank well, you. F- food scrubs are are, are are legendary with that. Uh, let me go next to Jason. Hi, Jason. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, What's up, Jason? Jason? I remember when I was younger, me and my sister, um, my dad used to do this all the time where he gets so mad and so frustrated he, he, he couldn't get his words out. <laughs> and we, we, were, we were talking loud about something, and he just goes, stop, stop talking about stuff and things. <laughs> and ever since then, everything, it's always, stop talking about stuff and things. Stop talking about stuff and things. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> what was he trying to say? Do you have any idea? I think he was just trying to tell us to just stop talking. Just stop okay. talking. Stop, stop talking, talking about stuffing things. Stuff and things. Stuff and things. Oh, stuff and things. Okay. Stop talking about stuff and things. I love that. Thank That's you, great. Jason. That's All great. right. Uh, let's go over to Steve now. Hi, Steve. You're on the air. Good morning, guys. How are you? Great, buddy. What's up, man? So thank you very much for the shout out yesterday. My wife's surgery went very well, as a matter of fact. Oh, oh yeah. Very good. good. Very good. good. Happy to yeah, hear that. I appreciate that. So years ago, uh, we were playing a board game. I forget what board game it was, man. But uh, my word on the on the card, um, how do you pronounce F-E-C-U-S, guys? F-E-C-U-S? Correct. Or F-E-C-E-S. Feces. I guess. Yeah. F-E-C-E-S is feces. Fecus is the other one. I pronounced it Fecus. Fecus. (laughs) Okay. So now every time we talk about food, we say the word Fecus. Yeah. I love it. It's almost like O-Range. Yes, O-Range. Yeah. Yeah, You have to. Yes. I love it. Fecus. I was in front of my family instead of everybody else. Now my whole family is just, you know, it's all about Fecus now. Well, uh, uh, with an Irish... The Irish will say we. I don't want to say it because it's too close to the original word, but oh, it, yeah. it kind of sounds like that for the F word. Yeah, the F U F U C is actually F E. Uh, yeah, how yeah, they yeah, pronounce yeah. it. Yep. Uh, I will go to. Uh, let's go to Eric. Hi there, Eric. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, uh, yeah. So when I turned a teenager, I'm 14 years old. I always wanted to lift weights. My dad started treating me to lift weights. And uh, he wasn't home one day. I was in the basement. I was with bench pressing. And my mom came down and she said, Eric, I told you to stop breast pinching without, my, without your father. Breast pinching. Breast pinching. <laughs> Eric, stop <laughs> breast pinching. <laughs> He's down there squeezing his own nose. Oh, no. Look at these beautiful, manly limbs. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I love that, Eric. And have you have you used that many times? Oh, we are saying I still say it today. I love it. That's yeah. the best you got. You got to carry that on. Thank you. We appreciate it. All right, Marissa has contacted her uncle George. Uncle George. And apparently, oh, uncle George, George has some examples that Marissa has said uh-huh. throughout the years, and you still uses these. Hi, Uncle George. Hey guys, how are you? Great. How you doing? 
been a long time. I'm fine. Excellent. Uh, are you uh, are you Conra's uh, brother? No, I'm Jim's. Jim's uh, brother. Okay. okay. All right. Cool. And you were listening. You heard us talking about these things that yeah. family members will mispronounce, and we use it in in regular family conversation. What what has you know? What, when Marissa was little. She never shut up. <laughs> what? No. Never shut up. And in that little shrilly voice <laughs> in the back of my car, you know, she would sit in her car seat. And with Jimmy, you know Jimmy, little Jimmy too, right? Yeah. Um, and she would just talk and talk and talk. And she always spoke about her jamamis and her barella. <laughs> and until this day, <laughs> I talk to my wife and I'll say, you know, Put on your jammies. Yeah. Jammies? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And a barella would be an umbrella. Probably. Okay. All right. Barella. Yeah. That's and, cute. Um, was this when she was home from college? <laughs> <laughs> she actually just moved from out of the um, little kid car seat to the, oh, yes. the booster. Oh, yeah. She's facing forward now. Yeah, she's huh? facing wow. forward now. Yeah, yeah we're very proud. Very proud of her. All right. Thanks, George. Good to talk to you, bud. We'll see you later. Oh, those are cute. Let me get some other uh, calls, and I will go to, let's uh, try Mike out. Hey, Mike, good morning. Hey, guys, bother for starring you at work. <laughs> yes, well done. Yes. Okay, it is. What's up, buddy? Uh, so when I was a kid, anytime my dad would get mad enough, which, I'm being honest, was a lot, uh, um, he would start fumbling his words when he was yelling, so you always knew it was coming. Yep. But he would combine mine and my sister's name. Cause he, he was reaching for mine, but he, for some reason, would think of my sister. My sister's name is Molly, so... I heard a lot of Mockle! Mockle, Mockle. Calvin. Calvin was no. a big one in my house. That was between Casey and Kevin. With oh, the- Calvin. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody that so, doesn't exist. So now, Calvin. anytime like my mom or we want to make fun of him, uh, we can't think of the name. We'll just run through every family member. Oh, I love it. That's like, <clears throat> Preston, you do that here. Kathy. Thanks, Mike. Kathy. 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 The show itself has generated so many. One of my favorites, and we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll bring it up was when it was Preston, Marilyn, and Steve, <laughs> and she was reading a story. It was an Olympic competition, and it was the down, <laughs> downhill shalom. Yeah, instead mm-hmm. of slow. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, we'll call my son Cheese sometimes because one time I was trying to yell to Seamus, and to ask him if he wanted cheese on his hamburger, and I just yelled cheese instead of Seamus. Cheese! Cheese! You were thinking Seamus. Wait, you were thinking... You meant to say Seamus, but you were thinking cheese. cheese. I just yelled cheese. Wait, you know what I forget? You know, this, this happens around here. Sometimes my dad just gets angry and says the word cheese. <laughs> when he does that, run. What, um... Cheese! Casey, I forget the origins of roast beef. What, oh, I, I, called, I called him Broski. I put, called Preston I Broski. Him. Okay. And he goes, did you just call me Roast Beef? <laughs> All right. Yep. It was, at the, it was at the Subaru broadcast. And you were just saying, what's up, Broski? What's up, Broski? It was the first time ever. And I remember that Subaru broadcast, and he just said, did you just call me Roast Beef? No, but I. But now no, I, I call people yeah. Roast Beef all he the does time. It all the time. I love it. What's up, Roast Beef? He'll say that in the morning. And it was used, actually, in Stranger Things Season 3. Yes. Dustin was wearing a shirt that said, 
roast beef on it, and and Steve, uh, the character, goes, "Hey, hold it there, roast beef." Yeah, and like everybody who listens to this show picked up on that oh, and texted us the next day saying, "You need to see this." <laughs> in fact, we should isolate that. My buddy Brian just texted me. He says, "My my friend ended an interview, uh, and as he was getting on the elevator, and the elevator was closing, he said to the person that he interviewed, "Thank you, meeting you." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, meeting. And the door shut, and the person just started laughing, uh, and now they say. Thank, Thank you, you meeting you, you all the time. Uh, let me see here. All right, now we're getting some, <laughs> we're getting some local uh, streets uh, right. names. So let's go to Mike. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey. Sorry to bother you at work. Nah. Okay. What's up, bud? Hey, so when I was uh, younger, my dad used to work for Napa Auto Parts, and uh, he was like a regional sales manager. So he would cover Delaware, New Jersey, and most of Pennsylvania. And uh, as a kid, there would be some days I would be able to go out with him on, like, a Friday and skip work and uh, go up to upstate Pennsylvania for the weekend while he would work and just stay in a hotel room and do all that stuff. But uh, as we were going up one day, um, I was probably about 9 or 10 years old. I had pointed out a sign, and I said, Dad, what is what, what is that street? I was like, is that the Mac Daddy Boulevard? <laughs> Mac Daddy Boulevard. <laughs> Yeah, just turned around and he looked at me. He said, "No, no, Mike." It's that McDade Boulevard. McDade. <laughs> well, Mac no. Daddy. At that time, it would have made sense. Yeah. 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 So I'm 36 years old now. So for the better part of like 20 some odd years, every time I see McDade Boulevard, it's always Mac Daddy. Mac Daddy Boulevard, and so it should be. That's great. That's, that's, that's a standard street that you've and then you just go with it because yep. you love the mispronounced. Mis- so there's um. Uh, my wife, there, there was a, a, a curio store in New York called Premio. So when she first saw Primo's, she thought it said Premio. So we never oh. say I'm going, I never say I'm going to Primo's, and I go a lot. It's always I'm going to Premio. Uh, hang on, let's go to Katie. Hi, Katie. Good morning. Gadzooks, good morning. Gadzooks to you, Katie. What's up? I, I had a weird thing. Uh, my son, um, you know, boys, whatever, um, <laughs> he, was trying to, he, he wanted the toenail clippers. And he kept coming up to me. He goes, Mom, where's the toe carnage? I said, the what? He said, toe carnage. And I'm like, I have no idea what you mean. He's like, the thing that does this, and it just comes off. He's like explaining it to me. I said, the toenail clippers? <laughs> he said, yeah. So from, he's 30, he's going to be 32 soon. So since he was seven years old, we've called the toenail clippers. They're now the toe carnage. The toe what is it? What is this? I'm missing the word. Yeah, he made it up. It was oh, 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 he, oh, he made it up. Okay. Toe carnage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was All right. carnage together, and it came up toe carnage. All right, <laughs> That's what it is. That's exactly it in the family. I love it. Uh, let's go over to Kara. Hey, Kara, good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, Kara? I just wanted to tell you guys, um, when I was about 10 years old, me and my mom, the family, were playing Monopoly, and I ended up landing on my mom's property. And it's worth mentioning she was drinking at the time. (laughs) Um, But what she was trying to say to me is, it's a pleasure doing business with you. What she ended up saying is it's a business doing pleasure with you. And we're all laughing at her hysterically and she's not understanding why. So she eventually had to tell her that's something that you would tell a, a, a prostitute. Not even that's great. Uh, that is funny. So ever since that's what it's been. Uh, so yes, you, you now refer to pleasure doing business with you as business doing pleasure with you. What Correct. Yes, we do. I love it. Thank One of my you, favorite Kim. things with you, Preston, was the uh, was the Jersey Black 
Jersey, oh, Jersey Black, rock. <laughs> <laughs> It was just you being nice. Yeah. You were like, oh, just being kind to a listener. Yeah. And, <laughs> but that's how it came out. They, they were black listeners. Yeah. They were saying, hey, from New Jersey. I'm like, ah, oh, Jersey Black. Rock. <laughs> it was just like three random words uh-huh. just thrown together. <laughs> sure. What was the one that's that was adorable. that predates that that was one of the earliest here? And I'm trying to think. I think we even had it made into a shirt. Um, was, I don't know. What's the context? God, it was just a casual conversation like that. Person just taking a call. Something I said? Yeah. But well, casually. I mean, totally office calendar was yeah. it. Totally office. That was, that was yeah. Yeah. Yes. I was trying office. to say awesome. Office. Like, yeah. I mean, the guy's dad worked at a BMW dealership yeah. Yeah. and he said, Oh, totally office. office. And office came out yeah. <laughs> like good morning it did. Yeah. I mean, it just, like, there was, it came from somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> it came from somewhere else in my body. I don't know what it is. And we got an entire run of calendars. Oh, here it is. Uh, this is, the, if you guys want to hear <laughs> yeah, yeah. it in context. Sure, why not? I love it. All right. You ready? Yeah. Right. Anybody you want to say hi to, Ryan, while you're here? Uh, my family, you know, my dad who works over at BMW The Main Line. His dad McDonald. showed up. Yeah. yeah, he showed up, service manager at BMW The Main Line. Awesome. Our office. Our office. Our office. Our office. office. I'm sorry, I was looking. I was looking at a piece of paper. You know, dude, so fucking office. office. <laughs> For Micah, man, and I mean it. For Micah. Everyone, right now, we're actually. Oh my God. Why? End table, right? End table. And everyone, that, you know what I'm saying? Hey, me. Here I am trying to just shut you guys move up. Let's, let's move on. And distract you. Okay. All right. Yes. Let's office. not dwell on this. Office. Oh, office. Office. Awesome. <laughs> Fifteen years later, we got the calendars and what you what you need to understand too is just it happens a lot when you're reading copy uh, uh, or when you're just in general where you are. Preston, there's a ton of things written up around you, yeah. and so you'll make a mental note of that thing that I have to say, and then you conduct a conversation. It invariably stitches those things together. Oh yeah, and also if you if you're reading out loud, yes. uh-huh. yeah, 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 and and, and a, a rule of thumb is is you let your eyes gaze ahead of, of the actual right words that you're speaking at the time, so you can. Uh, prep yourself, you can prep your mouth in advance. So I'm usually like two or three words ahead of where I'm actually speaking at the time, and sometimes I'll combine words together. <laughs> Honestly, God's truth is, you're you're probably literally reading like three or four things at once. You're, you yeah. and I read the text board, yeah. you copy written in front of you, and you're steering the conversation in the room and the listeners, so you're looking at the, the call screener, so of course that's going to happen, yep. but here we are to make sure that we capture the audio uh-huh. and play yeah. it forever. Yep. Office is just delivered so... so t- office. Yeah. Office. Oh. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, anyhow, we could go on and on. Our phone lines, our text messages, Messages are going crazy, but uh, we do need to take a break because I got to stop and get some rab brands. No, thank you for your calls and uh, you know talk amongst your family today. Of yes. that moment and that word and that phrase. You know what? Thank- whatever it is that you keep uh, that you keep alive. And thank you for sharing your stories with us because like those are all like you know. It- I don't want to say intimate, but you know, intimate family moments. They are. Yeah, they are. That's and and uh, and you know what? And a lot of times, uh, it's it's you won't explain it to other people uh, that maybe you work with because it. it's too much to yeah. to stop and and explain the story behind it. So this is a chance to get it out there in the open. So thank you, we appreciate it. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. After two years, the strangest spectacle on snow is back. Preston and Steve's Cardboard Classic, Friday, March 3rd, at Scranton's Montage Mountain, with thousands up for grabs and cash prizes. Select registration and complete details at WMMR.com. Come
home for the cardboard and stay for the Mountain Fest. Two days of live music, Mountainside. Friday night, it's that clear. Saturday starts with some pond skimming, then ramps up with an explosive double bell. Lit. And fuel. Cap off the day with a fireworks show on the snow. Join us for a kickin' weekend at Montage, Preston and Steve's Cardboard Classic, and Mountain Fest. Details at WMMR.com from 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. We're going to get to the Bizarre File in a moment, but we do have a guest standing by, and we have something in common. I stubbed my toe yet last night. It was excruciatingly painful. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was uh, caught in an avalanche on Mount Everest. Both traumatic events. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, yeah. This guy's story, this is unbelievable. It's called, the, the subtitle of the book, it's called The Next Everest, Surviving the Mountain's Deadliest Day and Finding the Resilience to Climb Again. It's available now. It's an incredible story. Please welcome Jim Davidson. Jim Davidson. <laughs> For the show, Jim. Good morning, sir. Good morning, everybody. Great to be with you. Hey, it, it is. Uh, it's unbelievable this uh, this story, and it uh, it all starts in 2015 when this six seven point eight magnitude earthquake uh, released avalanches. You were on you were on Everest. How how uh, had you been on it? Was this your first time on the King of All Mountains, uh, Everest? Yes, it was my first trip to Everest. I'd been climbing in Nepal three other times earlier, so I knew the area. Wow. This was my first time going up the big one. Oh, my goodness. And where were you when the earthquake hit and the avalanches, if you can put it into layman's terms, because, you know, the only thing I know is base camp and summit, so right, right. I don't know anything else. Where were you when this took place? Sure, happy to fill in the blanks. Um, we had left base camp at 17,000 feet, had just gotten to Camp 1, the first of four camps, at about 20,000 feet, we were resting in our tents, and at 11.56 a.m., Nepal time, we heard this huge rumble coming off a peak right next to us, and it was a 4,000-foot-tall avalanche coming down at us. Whoa. Then a second avalanche started on the other slope next to us that came down 6,000 vertical feet. Something really wrong's going on, and a few seconds later, the glacier we were camped on it, it lifted the tent into the air about 8 inches and then dropped us and then lifted us again, and being in the tent... It was like being on a on a life raft on the ocean as the waves went underneath, and that's when I knew it was a massive earthquake. Wow! So, so an earthquake obviously is is an anomaly for that to happen. Is, is are avalanches a common occurrence on Everest, and were you prepared for something like that? Great question. Yes, we have avalanches literally every day somewhere wow. nearby us, not where we're standing, but within a few miles. You hear them all the time. Okay. Well, the first avalanche noise didn't scare us, and one of the things we do is we wear avalanche beacons that transmit an electronic signal. So if person A gets buried, person B can find them with the electronic signal and hopefully dig them out in time. So we had uh, some preparation for the avalanches, but the earthquake, no. I mean, earthquakes do happen, but nobody can predict when. So the earthquakes happen. You have these two mountains adjacent to you that are shaking, and the avalanches are propelling down them. You said to 4,000 and 6,000 feet. and but But miraculously... They bypass you and wreak havoc at base camp, correct? Almost, yeah. They did bypass us. They kind of ran out of speed, and they stopped a couple hundred yards before they reached us. Base camp got hit by an avalanche, like you say, but it was a different and worse avalanche. We only had powder, snow, and wind that hit us down in base camp because they were camped below a different mountain. Their avalanche was full of rocks, oh. lots and lots of rocks. 
and those rocks came through base camp like cannon fire, anywhere from the size of your fist up to the size of a microwave with rocks flying through the air. And sadly, it injured 70 people and killed 18 people, making it the deadliest day ever on Mount Everest. So, so down in Nepal itself, like 9,000 people died because of all this activity, correct? Correct. It was a disaster all across the country from Nepal and neighboring countries, for that matter, too. Somewhere around 50,000 schoolrooms completely caved in or, or mostly caved in. But fortunately, it was a Saturday morning and the kids weren't in school. Otherwise, it could have been even worse. So you describe that you're, you know, okay, so you, you, you say, okay, oh, my God, okay, I've survived this. And then there's sort of like a, um, a ripple effect out. Okay, well, what about the people over here? And then pass them to the people over here. And, and, and it starts to... You, you've got to be consumed with a number of different things. Oh, my God, I can't believe I survived. You're trying to process, process that while you're looking around saying, oh, my God, look at the carnage. Yes, you described well. It's kind of like a, a, a slowly increasing awareness as your awareness and your concern for your fellow humans kind of ripples out. Once you realize you're okay, I turned to my partner, Bart, and made sure he was okay. And as I described in the book, The Next Everest, we were pinned down at Camp 1. We couldn't get back down the mountain. So we sort of took care of each other at Camp 1. Two days later, we were able to fly on some rescue helicopters down to base camp, and within the, you know minutes of landing down there, we realized we need to try and help out in base camp. And so as we descend over the course of the next week or so, then we started helping out in the villages. So you're right. You begin to realize how much worse it is and how many people need your help. And that's what I found is during a bad situation, whether it's an earthquake or this pandemic, the best thing you can do is try to do it yourself and reach out to help those who need more help. Right. You lift them up. And that actually helps lift you up. And that's how we support each other to get through these tough situations. Yeah, it's a good message. Uh, Jim, uh, compared to you, I, I've not done much mountain climbing, but I've done a little bit here and there. But other than the because, because it's their answer, what is the appeal of making it to the summit of Everest? Yeah, we would think that reaching the summit's the big goal. And frankly, reaching the summit's just the cherry on top of the Sunday. The real thing is to seek something that fires your passion. And some people find it in music or meditation or marathons. For me, it's mountains. But go after your passion and set a goal big enough that it makes you nervous. And then grow yourself into someone who can reach that goal. Because that's how you become a better version of you, and hopefully a better person, a better community member. That's the real secret of taking on these challenges. Whether I actually stand on top or whether you play Carnegie Hall as a musician, that's not important. What's important is you try and improve yourself and lift others up along the way. So, uh, okay, so you go through all this. Uh, you're, you're sort of asked around that time, are, are, you know, or you make the declaration, this is, I'm done, I'm not coming back. And then you decide a way sort of to honor those who, who, who passed during this and, and to, to stay true to who you are. You go back and you eventually summit. Yes. All right. It was not an easy decision, but I did go back. So let me ask you something. And there's a multitude of questions. I'm, I'm just fascinated by Everest and fascinated by what it is and what it has become. And we, as of late, um, Jim, have seen pictures of people basically, it looks like Macy's at Christmas waiting to get to the summit. I mean, a line of people. Does that sully the experience? Or as you were saying before, it's that's not what you're there for it's the it's the every it's the everything but does that in a way still does that diminish the experience of the Everest summit when you see that kind of basically people you know waiting in line in a movie yeah i i saw that picture too a lot of us did and it is an unattractive picture for sure but we need to understand is that picture was the most crowded section 
on one of the most crowded days of the crowded years. It's kind of like going to the beach. If, if we all go to the beach on the same day, there's going to be a heck of a line of traffic. It doesn't make the beach miserable, and it doesn't mean it's like that every day. But on that one day, there was a heck of a line of traffic because we all went at the same time. Right. That's what you see in that picture. Okay. Um, you no, know, most of the time on Everest, there's plenty of room, and you try and work with your neighbors, and they go at this time, and you go at that time, and we spread out, just like when we go to the beach. I, I move over and give you guys a little bit of room. <laughs> okay. So well, not, yeah, if I see you when I'm scaling going. Everest, I'll get out of your way. Uh, <laughs> I promise. That. I'll jump on your back because yeah. <laughs> you're pretty good at what you do. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, yeah, it's, so it is a little crowded, but we try and give each other room and we try to manage it a little bit better as the years go on. Uh, well, this this story is unbelievably compelling. And like Steve was saying, we're just we're fascinated yeah. and want to know more and more about it, because to, to be honest, it's something that we will never experience right. ourselves. We just don't have the physical capabilities to do that type of thing. So it's great to see and hear stories such as yourself. So uh, the next Everest is double gym. I wish we had more time, but we know you got to move along. So maybe we'll talk to you sometime down the road. Thanks for coming on. You bet. It was fun. Take care. All right. Jim Davidson, guys. Hey. Hell of a story. Yeah, they had to, they were there for a couple of days, stuck at that camp, and then they had to they had to fly them out of there. And you never know how the weather's going to be there. They could have been there for weeks if they, you know, if, if Mother Nature deemed it that way. I wanted to ask about it because you, you think, okay, oh, I'm going to go on this. I'm going to fly, and then in about two weeks, we're going to get it done. You got You have to go months. You have to acclimate. You have to climatize. It's, it's, it's a process. It can run thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars but there was something that i saw him talking about he talked about the money at, at cost and the physical cost so he climbs up he comes back down and he's lost 22 pounds and he says oh my god i i, I lost 22 pounds on this he goes and does you know a, a body chemistry check with his doctor he didn't lose fat he lost muscle wow uh, and so what happened was is that his body fat doctor. index after that incredible physical feet increased so it's just the way it's the way because the the higher you ascend the faster technically you're dying yes yeah Yeah. as you go up your body is is dying and it's an interesting analogy that where he brought up you know going to the beach and and you're you're not going to die sitting in traffic on the ac expressway you know but you could die waiting in traffic atop of everest And, and that line it, it, you know, more people die coming down than going up. Because, By far. Because they, they push themselves and they, they get within a few hundred yards of it and they think, I can do it. But mm-hmm. what, what they don't realize or what they fight through is that they then have to come down afterwards. I, I just uh, I noticed this while <clears throat> talking about this story that it would never be a good idea to go mountain climbing with Bill Weston because <laughs> okay. his speaking voice alone might cause avalanche. an avalanche yeah. while you're there as he's out on the mountain. Especially if he decided to yodel or something. Everyone like wait your turn. Yodel-hee-hoo. And then, yeah. and next thing you know. The hills are alive with the sound of music. <laughs> Here comes an avalanche. Uh, Santa's got to go. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, we need to do the Bizarre File. Now, <laughs> WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre File. Let's handle a couple of stories here for you folks. We're going to begin with a couple of cat stories. Yeah! Firefighter said a large African cat bit a firefighter helping to extinguish a blaze Sunday at a home. Officials said a fire broke out at the back of a single-story home on Sunday and then spread to the home's attic. The homeowner was trying to douse the flames as firefighters arrived. Uh, they got to the fire under control within 25 minutes, but at least one encounter with a serval, which is Savannah wildcat native to sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, He's a cat. 
Yeah, and he got bit by the cat and suffered a minor injury uh, with a bite to the fingers. I've seen these things. They have these. Look, look at the neck on these things, Preston. Yeah. They're 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 very regal looking, but yeah. it's um it, it's. A weird neck. Officials, yeah, it's a long one. Officials uh, estimated the cat weighing uh, 60 to 70 pounds. Uh, they typically only weigh about 40 pounds in the wild. With the fire out, the firefighters decided to close up the house with the cat inside until the homeowner and animal control officers could contain it. It was later captured safely. Fire district officials said the uh, that uh, several, no, that the serval, I'm sorry, was unharmed, just a little bit freaked out. Now, a... Um, no, that's the wrong story. Yeah. I had another cat story. Oh, yeah, here we go. Eric and Nicole Woodard said that their five-year-old daughter, Rianne, came inside of their Castle Rock, Colorado home after playing outside and told them she had just seen a giant cat in the yard. He's a cat. Because Rianne was so cl- uh, calm, her parents assumed that she had seen a large house cat. But they checked their security camera footage and found that Rianne was riding her big wheel and came face-to-face with a bobcat. Oh, my God. And they said the child and the big cat stared at each other for 22 seconds before the wild animal turned and left. She stared it down. She stared it down. She stared it down. Uh, the parents added that Rianne didn't seem at all shaken up by the encounter at all, but it could have been bad. And we and we all have seen the video of that one guy getting attacked by the yeah. bobcat yeah. and throwing it across the, the lawn. Uh, they can be pretty damn ornery. And, and, and a bobcat could take her out. Oh, yeah. yeah. A little yeah. kid oh. like that? Absolutely. What's it going to be? All right, this is uh, this is a, a messed up base of a story, but okay. So no a, in this one, a juror and a horif- horrific dismemberment death of a Florida woman, Nicole Montalabo, was kicked off a trial on Tuesday morning because they fell asleep. This is a this is a, oh, a murder trial. Trial, oh, and the God. juror passed out. I'd have popcorn. Prosecutor, I know, right? <laughs> this is the best trial ever. Are they allowed to have um, like? Snacks? <laughs> I don't well, think maybe so. Maybe not snacks, but how about at least water or something? <laughs> yes, I think you can have water. Okay. Usually, if you ever see in the jury box, there is a uh, chocolate fondue. Oh, okay. Well, good. Yes. Excuse good. me. Yeah. Yeah. Chocolate fondue. <laughs> Prosecutors <laughs> voice jury box ever. Prosecutors voice concerned that the juror missed testimony against the defendants, the victim's estranged <laughs> husband, Christopher uh, Otero Rivera, and his father, uh, Angel Luis Rivera. After that, the judge uh, claimed to see the juror fall asleep Monday afternoon. Uh, I'm alternate. sorry, is this butchering boring you? An alternate will replace him. Deputies had found the victim's dismembered remains on the Rivera property, and the medical examiner who performed the autopsy testified that some bone fragments seemed likely they had gone through a wood chipper. Oh, man. That doesn't keep you awake yeah. when you're in the jury pool? <laughs> wow. I'd be like, I got to go to the bathroom. Don't say anything. Right. <laughs> right. Come back to I miss Andy. <laughs> what I miss? Future pranksters might want to take note. Faking your own kidnapping for laughs is never a good idea. <laughs> Vincent Aguero of College Station, Texas, learned this lesson the hard way after being charged with filing false police report late last week. Uh. The incident occurred when Aguero reportedly tried to pull a prank on his friends as they were leaving a restaurant. So the joke was he had a terrifying message written on their receipt alleging that he was the victim of a kidnapping. After he and his party left, the restaurant staff found Aguero's uh, Aguero's note, which read, I need help, I got kidnapped. 
in addition to a phone number. Presumably, the 19-year-old did not imagine this prank would lead to such serious repercussions. However, staff members who found the note immediately called authorities to the scene. Officers collected the names of those involved and the other relevant information, including that group that had left only about 10 minutes prior. So investigators were also able to access surveillance footage of the table, which revealed that everyone appeared fine throughout the meal. Officers were soon able to locate the address of one of the group members who lives in a townhome complex, the same where Aguero also lives. What ensued was a bit of a game of cat and mouse. They went to the address. The people there told the officers that Aguero and his friend had just left. Authorities then left, visiting Aguero's home, where others told him that he was at yet another unit in the complex. So they were bopping around place to place. Yeah. At this point, they're getting pretty tired of it. Right. And they tracked him down, and he's been arrested and uh, charged with, with a crime. Routinely, do you get a chance to write a note when you're being kidnapped? Yeah. Hey, guys, getting kidnapped. Hey I guys. got kidnapped. Yeah. Hey, guys, got kidnapped. Won't yeah. be able to uh, finish off the meal tonight. All right, we'll do one more, and we'll end with this. You know, we have audio of this one. A British Columbia Canadian singer broke a Guinness World Record when she managed to sing a C1 note, which is the lowest C note on a standard piano, and captured the title of the lowest Vocal note by a female. Yeah. Uh, all right. When did this? Uh, audio this was come uh, about last two days week. ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was two days. Two days ago. Uh, so Joy Chapman said that she had always had a wide vocal range, leading to her often being tapped to sing the male portions of songs. Uh, she said because I could sing so low, I was the resident male, but I could only sing. I could also sing very high. Uh, she said her niece encouraged her to go for the world record after discovering the previous low, lowest note. Sang by a female was a D2, which is the second lowest D note on a piano. So you want to hear the audio yes, of this? Yeah, it's pretty this, wild. This is her singing it. I am Joy Chapman. I'm 52 years old from Surrey, B.C., Canada, and I'm about to attempt the Guinness World Record for lowest female note. La, 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 la. Sounds like Teen Wolf. Uh, if you guys remember Teen Wolf, where he's growling. Yes. No, no, she doesn't. She sounds like me and my friend Ben. And we got really high one yeah. time, and we we're sitting in a car, and we did that for like ten minutes straight. Okay, we oh, was just that sounds fun. Yeah. What about the male? We're really high. Um, really high. <laughs> you know, th- th- it was Gino Vanelli, president from Canada, who got the lowest male. No, I yeah. did not know, know that. that. I just want to stop <laughs> and tell you what I feel about you. What were you going to say, Case? Uh, my ex-girlfriend and I, uh, when we were talking on the phone, sometimes when the phone conversation would get you really, know. really dull, we would try to do one vocal fry You've uh, we've done this before. Yeah, yeah. You had it's, brought that up as you know how you go. Uh, uh, you can hear in that it's it's, uh-huh. it's like several little bumpy right. notes and trying to do just one of them. You can't. You can. I've tried it. You can many times. Well, no, I mean it's it would. All right, I'll you got to get lucky. That's, that was that was one. It's two. No, it's I think that, it was, was that two. two? Was that two? It sounds like two little Tell clicks. Me, can you do single vocal fry notes? You will. Uh, 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 
You're not even. This uh, is, this is I heard a couple. I, did you say I'm not trying? No, I. I'm trying so I hard. You're not close. I'm trying so hard, Father. I'm trying so hard, I'm Kathy. Trying. I will not send you to vocal fry school <laughs> if you don't display a natural inclination. I didn't want to do it because it's not good radio. Yeah, we shouldn't. Yeah. Stop doing vocal fry. People don't want to hear that. <laughs> Bill could probably do it. No, he doesn't. I don't think he, you think he can get in there, register? Oh. No. Here's <laughs> it's him doing vocal fry. I'm Buffalo Bill. Stop. I can't even do it at all right now. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> oh, oh, oh! We did it. The dam has been broken. He's fired up. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting in the other room. It's like really we're doing low seas and it's about, we're traveling to the Himalayas and it's like we're talking about. Delco accents or was it? It's like really the yes. whole day, Steve. Yeah, yeah. you you since you don't listen to the show in the morning, you missed the part where an an actual listener reminded us that it is talk like Bill Weston, talk like Bill Weston day, Katie uh-huh. Tucci. Yeah, yeah. Katie yeah. Tucci. Blame they, Katie. Did they yeah. get that out of Chase's book of annual events or something? <laughs> so no. she got. She said she got an alert uh, and on her email. On her she, email, she doesn't know why. So we must have done it at one point. Oh, I uh, hope MMR sends out a VIP email about it. A oh year or two ago. I don't know when. And I guess we did for fun talk like Bill Wessenday. So she wrote here. Here's the alert that I got this morning. So happy to let you guys know. I'm still trying to remember what made me put it into my phone. But I'm sure it was something that Steve Morrison said on April 21st. <laughs> no, it was not me. It was apparently Kathy who. Oh, don't done- blame me. You <laughs> said you had done it. Did she not say she had done an impression of Bill Weston? Me? Yes. I don't know. And that's exactly the story you said. Don't blame me. I'm... Bill's had it, though. Yeah. I'm going to get blamed anyway. Don't look at me. It's had enough. Why? And it's and not honestly, me. I understand why you're mad at Kathy. It's Ted Knight. <laughs> it's it's like, it's <laughs> it's a little you. I, it's it's a you. You've done it. I even explained you. earlier this morning that you don't speak like that all the time. No. It's, but you've called yourself on it. I, sometimes when I first come into a room, I do give a little extra good morning, right? Yeah. And there it was. Yeah. yeah. That was a good morning. Good morning. Oh, Nick, mm. I'm not really taking that hat you're wearing. <laughs> right? I don't talk like that. Yeah, yes, you do. Bit. You do it all the time. I don't even think you realize you're doing it. And you especially do it in group settings. Yeah. Individually, it's not that at no, all. No, no. When we're in your no. office nope. having a conversation, yep. that's not you. But when you come into a room. We don't think you're in the confessional. You know, Forgive me, Father. <laughs> I think it's just your public speaking nature. It I is. think that's what it is. It's I think it's your public speaking nature. Yeah. yeah, and and you you and I, I spent three weeks. That's my last confession. Oh I, my god! I, had, I came to your defense earlier this morning. I said you don't talk like that all the time. He did. Sometimes you speak like. And this. he was fighting with Kathy about bringing it up. Yeah. Thank you for <laughs> defending me. I you know I read in church right occasionally. You project right. Yes. You're like yeah. whatever. It's an important thing. Whatever. But Can you give us a little reading right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. Just a little. Oh, like, like from the your, Corinthians. Your, your church reading from the first uh, letter of Saint Paul to the Corinthians. Yes, it's a popular one. I'm aware that I shouldn't be the center of attention. It's the words that yes. you're trying to communicate. So it's not about me. It's the word right? of the Lord. It's the... <laughs> Wait, please say that. Just say that. Like you. It's the word of the Lord. I told you what I did a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah. And I conflicted or conflated God and Lord, and I said the word of the Lord. And I was like, oh, my God, it was so embarrassed. Lord. And the people are like going, oh, my gosh, is there another one? Yeah. <laughs> Lord. Lord was Jesus' brother. Word of he Lonnie. was not as successful. 
Oh, my God. I was so embarrassed. He remained a carpenter. Oh, my God. Uh, I have one other thing I want to defend myself. Lod was Lod's slower brother. I was never the low-hanging fruit guy. Yes, you were. I was not. You say it. I I cop to the three-legged stool. I'll never get past that. The barn door. When you're trying to make... You know, people listen to you and understand things. You put <laughs> right. it in threes. Right, yeah. People learn in threes. And so, okay, that was my thing. <laughs> right. Right? The barn door, it was, it was trying to be humorous or, like, funny or colloquial one day. Sure. And they said, talk about the cows ready for vacation. Yeah. Okay, that's mine, too. It was John Fulham that did John the low-hanging fruit low hanging thing. That was not me. So I've did? heard you say the phrase low-hanging fruit yeah. and hold your hand up like this. Yes, like a urologist. Like, like a... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and by the way, can we backtrack a little bit to, like, underball and sideball? That was one of your great moments from last week. That was a couple of weeks ago. Oh, we talked about lasering balls today. I know. I got that, too, and Steve's bloody testicle. It was great. Anyway, I've had enough of this, and I've had enough of your dead night impersonation. Bill's done. I'm done. Santa's got to go. Santa is definitely on the move. All right. Thank you, Bill Weston. Man about town. It's coming to an end. You don't have to. It can end it at, at the end of our show. Yeah. It doesn't have to get it's it. the Talk Like Bill Weston show yeah. instead of Talk Like Bill Weston day. I don't know. I think if you run into Bill, whether you work here I or not, you should, you yes. should absolutely say yeah. hello in that voice to him. That's right. Kathy, you're going to be in so much trouble so at much our trouble. meeting later on. Steve. <laughs> Kathy, man, the way you tore into him, I was I was pretty shocked. <laughs> you brought it up, yeah. though. You, you were the one who said earlier... You did the impression, and then I suggested the day. So, Mr. Westerner, are you doing the full release today? <laughs> full release. All right, we got a break because we haven't even gotten to the trash and music news yet. So let's do that. We'll return and get the lesson question along with those two things. And uh, we will we'll, we'll get ready to wrap it up. we be back in a moment. Stay with us. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok, and probably other places. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Teacher slang words. So people who work in the teaching industry, it says 30 words uh, for educators only. And I thought that this was legitimate slang that was used. uh, But upon further reading, it's actually things that should be used in slang or should be slang terms. Well, its very existence might cause that to happen. Maybe. Because, you know, we were kind of talking about this. And... I think a lot of occupations have code speak yes. for uh, when they are in general yeah. public situations. Yes. So you may not know what you're hearing. It seems rather benign, but they're actually communicating in a way you don't understand. I think that's a standard. So mm-hmm. if I had a good list for teachers, I'm sure they might use it. Yeah. So work terms are, are definitely, it's it's another language. Like if you went into uh, somewhere that is not your field and you're sitting, you could be lost in conversation. You don't right. know what the hell they're talking about. I mean, we use our yeah. own terms here for 
you know, certain things like, you know, commercials are called spots. Yeah. And, and um, you know, there's the, the faders, we call those pots sometimes. Or a yeah. puker. A puker, yeah, right. which well, is a well, uh, somebody who talks like this right. on the radio. That's a puker. <laughs> you can imagine what a prize pig is. Yep, somebody yeah. who's... Constantly winning everything <laughs> yeah. all the time. Right. Those are prize pigs. It has been, we didn't make that up. No, That's what it's been forever. for a long time in yeah. the industry. Yeah. Uh, so there's all kinds of, of terms that are used. And feel free to share yours, those we may not be familiar with from whatever industry you work in. So um, here's a couple of examples. And at first I was like, okay, I didn't know they used these words. Uh, but apparently these are <laughs> ones that they would hope they would use. So uh, Crayola, it's a riff on Cray Cray. Crazy off the walls. Okay. So using a sentence was, my class was Crayola today. I (laughs) almost lost a shiitake, my shiitake mushrooms. Okay. I like that. So here's another one, which is, I like this one too. Shebae. Which is uh, it's a, a is an acronym where you take the initials and yes. sp- okay so uh, should have been an email s h b a e okay that staff meeting was totally shabay this oh, afternoon I, I like that. I think there's a big that. application yeah. for that we've used yes. variations on that already yeah when you're talking you know that's again yeah. I love code speak because. A lot of times you don't want to, you know, hurt someone's feelings, yeah. or, or but you need to communicate and get mm-hmm. the message across. So you have a shabe and and probably a chubbe, so it should have and could have, right? Could have been, yeah. could have been an, an email, yeah, kabe, a chubbe, chubbe, chubbe. Uh, all right, how about this one? A chopper, uh, which equals helicopter, meaning helicopter parents. parents. Yes. Right. So using it in a sense, Josh's parents are total choppers, and it all makes so much sense now. <laughs> Uh, and helicopter parents is a that's a slang term. Yes, absolutely. So constantly hovering. All right. So for teachers, here's another potential slang term: gray, gray. Definition is spending all night or all weekend grading papers. My weekend was totally gray, gray. <laughs> There's a big nod to Snoop Dogg with this. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, another slang term might be IBH. Inappropriate but hilarious. <laughs> One of my students said something so IBH today, okay. I couldn't stop myself from laughing out loud in class. That's got as a teacher, that's got to be tough, man. When when a kid says something that's <sighs> technically not supposed to be, you know, is is off board, and you find it hilarious. I used to get that all the time. I, I mean, uh, I, I would I would be the deliverer of the stuff that would <laughs> would fall into that realm, and if you could get the teacher to laugh. It was always a good good sign. I didn't know what the word douche was when I was in school, right. um, but I was using it like a because uh, I had heard it before, right? And so I didn't get in trouble for it. But the teacher was like, "Dude," and I was like, "What?" I'm like, "I didn't know what I was saying." But I was. It was almost like um like Batman, bam, pow. I was going like douche, douche, and I had <laughs> no. Yeah. Douche, douche. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. That's like a, that's like a punch sound. It actually yeah. is douche. Yeah, that would work. I, I I would believe you if you told me you had no idea. But you, I was purposely yeah. saying the word douche. I wasn't making a Menstrual sound. Menstrual cup. Menstrual cup. <laughs> bad, bad, bad. Yeah, Cotex, Cotex, Cotex. Diaphragm, diaphragm. Oh my god. Uh, here's some text coming in. Uh, somebody who this says someone who is always in the ER is known as a frequent flyer. Uh-huh. A frequent flyer. Uh-huh. Okay. Funny. I I'd heard the term gomer. Back in the day, which was short for "get out of my ER," Gomer. There's Interesting, gomer out there. Um, or he could literally be Jim Neighbors, a carpenter or framer. <laughs> All right, I can't say the word, but you can. You can I'll see you next Tuesday. Yeah, I see uh-huh. you next Tuesday. Hair is one thirty second of an inch. 
<laughs> if you're a carpenter. I love that. No, it's yeah. just it's uh, an so actual. So a C hair is one thirty second of an inch. It's yes. an actual measurement. Wow. I love that. What's a D hair then? Uh, what's the other one you were going to uh, highlight, uh, Nick? HVAC? Yeah, yeah. All right. Rotten cotton means insulation. Yeah. Okay. I, can I like see that. that. Right. Uh, a pookie is a duct sealant. And that's from uh, Tom uh, from Sheridan P and H. Uh, I like so that. HVAC. That's the, those are some of the terms that they use. Okay, <laughs> like I, said, I like the sea hair thing. Well, you know where you find a lot of these too. Uh, you'll find them in restaurants, Preston. Or you, people who are working yeah. in the counter at restaurants. They'll build up a second language, yeah. so they can assess pain in the ass customers. Well, here's kind one, of in front of them. Here's yeah. one for you, Steve. Campers. This is exactly right. from a restaurant thing. Campers are people who will not leave the restaurant. They take up the table for hours and hours. Ah. So, g- g- on this issue, I. I say go in, do your talking, do your whole thing, do your socializing. But when the meal is done yeah. and you're surrounded by the refuse of your, your meal, I want to leave. I don't want to sit there for another hour and a half. I know. Am I a lunatic? No, you're, you're not. But also, like, <laughs> what people also need to understand is, like, you know, a lot of people are not um, aware of their surroundings. If you're at a restaurant and you notice that there's, like, a wait, yeah. you know, for, for people to get in and sit down, and then you finish your meal and then you just hang out. And you don't have to be slamming everything. Finish it. Uh, no, you know, we're not trying. I'm not trying to rush yeah. you or anything like that. But, like. If you know that there's a half hour, hour, for, like this happens down the shore all the time, right? So a lot of campers, as they would say. Yeah, and yeah. and but but also they don't accept reservations at a lot of places down the shore, right? And so there's a lot of waiting, a yeah. lot of waiting. So you know, for me personally, I'm like, okay, let's let's get out of here. We, you know, we can go sit on the front porch, somewhere. right? All right, here's some other ones coming in. Uh, so somebody who's uh, I guess works in a liquor store says uh, people who go into the liquor store right when they open are called the breakfast club. <laughs> That's great. You know what? What's another one? One of our favorite phrases forever has been a uh, an occupational phrase: the lot lizard. Yep, yep. Uh, I got a couple of texts about the lot lizard. Yeah. Uh, somebody said in the auto industry, a BFH is short for, for big F and hammer. <laughs> uh, this is a uh, police officer says, okay, um, a badge bunny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sleeps with officers? Yeah, there's uh, uh, women. I'm sure men, too, that dig a uniform. Right? Oh, yeah. But a badge bunny, I haven't heard that one before. Okay. I mean, women who are turned on by uh, uh, police, police uniforms. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, I might have been a badge bunny in my day. <laughs> oh, yeah? Really now. Oh, yeah, yeah, you've admitted that. You like that. Yeah, yeah. All right, let me go to some calls. 215-263-WMMR if you want to uh, call in with uh, your work speak, something uh-huh. we may not know. All right, so Nick has this one. Uh, and this is, uh, these are guys working on a construction site, and they call out, and I've mentioned something like this before, they'll yell out, call gun, when a sexy woman walks by. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's just a freight, that's just code. a code. Oh, yeah. yeah. So right. my uncle was a chef, and uh, it was like table 23. Okay. Was the code when a hot girl would come in. Table 23, because they didn't have a table 23. Oh, okay. So table 23. And and they would they would say that, and, so if you're, and they would look out well, into the restaurant. This is another one along those lines. This is for restaurant industry. Uh, soup table four, which means uh, hot chick table four. Soup okay. table. So you do these soup things. Table. This is replaced, of course, the much and rightfully maligned wolf whistle. 
Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and well, and it's not for them to know. The wolf whistle right. would be whistling at right, exactly. the person and get a reaction. This is just amongst the workers just, here, yeah. mm-hmm. just to take note. A discreet assessment. Uh, so what, 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 what is the, uh, what was your... Uh, like table 23. Table 23. There, there was whatever table didn't number didn't exist. It was right. like one, one number above the, the actual amount of gotcha. tables they had there. And uh, that would cause the cooking staff to all look up and uh, see an attractive woman walking in. All right, let me go to uh, let me go to Dan. Hey, Dan. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Good, buddy. What's up, man? Hey, so I worked on uh, golf courses my whole life, uh, and it used to be a summertime disease called brown patch um, that would really destroy the grass. So okay. we would have a whenever there was a hot girl playing, uh, we. We'd name it Pink Patch. So we don't have radios. We say Pink Patch. Pink Patch. On on number two fairway, you might want to go check it out. Wow. All right. Well, this seems to be a common topic here. Having a code. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh Pink Patch. All right. Thanks. And I wonder if there, uh, if ladies have that for a hot guy that walks in, if there's a a code phrase that they will use as well. Um, what does this one say? Do they have one at Floral and Hardy, Kathy? <laughs> All right, here's one in the military. Somebody who screws everyone over is known as a blue falcon in the military, which means buddy effer. Oh. So he screws your, he yeah. screws your pal over. Right. Ah. Let's see. I have Dan on the line. Hi, Dan. Good morning. Dan R? Yeah, yes. Dan R. What's up, buddy? Uh, we have a whole list of... Terminology we use at work is if you got to take a notch out of something, I'm a carpenter. You, it, it needs a uh, Ralph Nachio. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Back to the sea hair thing. We had a guy on site that didn't realize it was a sea hair and thought it was a sea hair like the ocean. <laughs> we laughed for like a day every time anything. If somebody needed a sea hair off, we'd all just start talking like pirates. Well, Dan, you have a couple others that are listed up here. Give us some more in the Ralph Nachio vein. Oh, if you got to move it a little little bit, it's a smidge Pinciotti. <laughs> a little shout to that 70s show. All right. You got Slib Tyler, uh, John Travolta, if you got a bolt. Oh, my John God. Travolta. <laughs> John Travolta. That is great. I love it. Pack out. You need a pack out. It's a Manny Packy out. The <laughs> <laughs> so list goes on. It makes I it fun. It. Yeah, yeah. And do they, they come up, uh, you know, just off the cuff a lot of times? Oh, all the time. All the time. It. I love it. All right. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it, man. You guys rock. Have a great day. You too, man. There's a lot of uh, code for hot women walking into certain places. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. All right. So here's one for this This person works at Primo's Hoagies. It says, we used to say, uh, can you check the chicken uh, when a good-looking woman would walk in? <laughs> I wonder how many times people actually check the chicken before they realize what was going on. There is no chicken. Uh, let's see. I will go to... Uh, let's go to Rob next. Hey, Rob, good morning. Good morning, bitches. Good morning, bitch. What's up, man? Hey, uh, so I do tree work. Um, you know, I just rob from Bus County, do tree work. And if, you know, climbing the tree, if, uh, you know, you need to get out on the limb. So you got to walk away from the trunk. So you're, you're, you're tied in. You got to walk all the way out on the limb to prune something. But somebody's too scared yeah. to walk out on the limb or inexperienced. They stay really close to the trunk, and we call them a crotch cricket a crotch, a crotch cricket. cricket so yeah, explain crotch cricket. 
because because the union of the the, the branch that comes off of the tree is called a crotch. So we call it a crotch a lot of times. Okay. So if you can't, if you're too scared, your knees are shaking. I got a little head experience. I can't walk out the limb. Like get out on the limb, you crotch. I would. I'd laugh so much. I think I would just I'd go out just because it was so pleasant. Yeah, that's great. Crotch cricket. I love it. Thanks, Rob. Come on, you crotch cricket. Move it. We need to go to Sharon because here's uh, when a hot guy comes in. We have something uh, at a restaurant. Hi, Sharon. Good morning. Hi. Hi, Sharon. Okay, what type of work do you do? Well, this is when I was working at a deli, and me and my friends, when a hot guy would walk in, we would say, that's a Bob. That's a Bob. And, that's, and okay. then one guy would come in all the time, and my girlfriend would say, that's a Bob. And I would be like, no, no way. Well, she ended up marrying him. Wow. And she always said, I never had to worry about you. Um, you know, like, my husband, because you didn't like him from the beginning. Oh, that, <laughs> yeah. That's a Bob. And it's Bob. Yep, it's fun having that, that second language. I'm sure you share a language with your wife. Pressing, oh yeah, correct? yeah, yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so trying it's to the I, same thing, I, and I, I can't think of any terminology right now. But we definitely have some some things that we will say. That yeah, are, uh, some tor- some sort of code speak. We um back in my uh, pasta monkey days. Um, <laughs> and my kids are listening. Whatever. Uh, I don't smoke pot anymore. Um, we would uh, just to be clear. We just to be clear. Um, but when we were like on the phone, we'd be like, "It was Bob coming over," and Bob was the. Oh uh, yeah, the Bob, that's that, hey, you hanging out with Bob tonight? You know, um, are you bringing Bob with you? Oh yeah. So, uh, but pot, you probably shouldn't smoke, right? Yeah. <laughs> the more you know. The more. I stepped in with that PSA. But, dude, I did have a friend who was, like, totally not even discreet about it. He'd be like, because you would just try and use it. And, and, hey, Bob coming over. Hey, bring Bob with you. Like, hey. But he'd be like, hey, is Bob going to be Yeah, you're making it sound suspicious anyway. And when I say Bob, I mean Bob. If you're young, best to stay away from that stuff. I was an adult. All right, here's a text says, at summer camp, we'd call hot sisters or moms Stanley, and hot brothers or dads were Stacy's. Wow, uh, that's complex. Yeah, it says, yo, did you see that Stanley at Archery as an example? So I think, it, wouldn't it be the other way around? The hot yeah, maybe they meant. moms and sisters well, would be, be Stacy. Maybe they being sneaky. Or maybe they were being sneaky, yeah. Do you know what's funny? And it has an angel. Preston, in the movie Clueless, they refer to hot guys as a Baldwin. A bald one. Right now, that would not really hold up. <laughs> I'm going to go to Matt. We're talking about uh, at-work jargon. Yo, Matt, good morning. Nine times. Nine, <laughs> Nine <laughs> times. Yes, Nine man. times? Nine. Wow. <laughs> Nine times. Nine times. <laughs> Matt, what's up, man? All right, so I'm a union electrician, right? And uh, when we're on a job, if we got a foreman that'll spend, like, every second of every work day just staring at you while we work, <laughs> we call him a bird dog. A bird, bird dog. dog, yeah. That's great. Yeah. And would a bird dog know what that means, or is that just your own, your your group of guys' language? Oh, no, they know what it means. They know what it means. <laughs> All right, they gotcha. absolutely know. It's a standard industry term. Yeah. All right, thanks, Matt. Matter of, matter of fact, a lot of us have stickers on our hard hats. To have like a pointer ham with the uh, circle the, the line through it. With a line no bird dogs. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Uh, let me go over to, uh, I, I don't know who this is. Hi, you're on the air. I have no name for you. You work in a restaurant? Good morning. 
Good morning. Yes, that's you. Hi, what is your... Oh, it's... I'm sorry, I said Amanda, but it's fine. Um, yeah, so I used to work in a restaurant, as most um, young kids did before my big girl job, and we used to track mullets <laughs> that walked in. Okay, and how would you so, indicate that? So if you make like an L with your hand, an upside-down L was a man mullet, you know, because it's got the your fingers pointing down like the back of the mullet. Oh. But a regular L was a lady mullet. Okay. And so we would like, you know, put it up on our chest and say 23. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd walk by and be like, oh, that's, a, you know, like, so whenever we saw a mullet, it was like. Whoa. So, so to, to explain what you're talking about, if you were to do like a hand pistol and point the the, the uh, barrel to the ground, yeah. right. that, that that would be a man mullet. That's a man mullet. Okay, I love it. And then your then the and number like, was the, like a loser symbol. Right. Gotcha. And the, so you would do that and then give a number, and would that coincide with a table? With the table. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I love that. I yeah. love that. Thank you, Amanda. And uh, frankly, I'm always happy not knowing. You know, obviously it's. It's this is being carried on away from your knowledge, and that's probably best. Um, okay, let me go to let me go to Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Good morning. Ed Zooks. Ed Zooks, Michelle. I worked overnight at a CBS, and my supervisor and I, we would, um, I'd be in the front, and he'd be in the back, and um, I would announce a code Q when a hot guy came in, <laughs> and. Uh, we would have a game. He would have to go around the store and find who I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. It. Especially so, in overnight. So you would do that on the intercom in the store? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's great. My supervisor was, uh, you know, gay, and uh, he was always looking for people, and, and I would just announce, you know, code Q, that was like, for cutie. And he would oh. have to walk around and find who I was talking about. Love it. That's excellent. <laughs> I love it. That's great. All right. Thank you, Michelle. All right, Casey, which line? Uh, two, David. All right, let me go to him. Hi, uh, David. Good morning. Good morning, folks. Hey, what's up, buddy? I'm a juvenile probation officer, and I work in the house rest with the devices on the ankles. Okay. <laughs> and we get a lot of recidivists. That's the terminology. But um, yeah. usually they like you, and they're being very friendly because they like that somebody's treating them with respect and talking to them and paying attention right or they really hate you and they're angry at you <laughs> so uh we'll call them your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your son or your daughter like if it's a female probation officer going out there oh your boyfriend's here <laughs> oh, defender that's that's they, they keep coming back okay that's the standard yeah oh. so I, I, I've girlfriend uh, would be a term for a repeat offender i gotcha <laughs> makes sense nice yeah. all right thanks david appreciate it <laughs> Uh, let's go to, uh, let's go to Kenny. Hey, Kenny, good morning. Yeah! <laughs> That's what we do when an attractive person comes yeah. into the office. We're really discreet. Yeah, very discreet about yeah. it. What's up, Kenny? How's everybody? Uh, I used to work at a big, uh, logistics plant warehouse type of deal it was a hundred thousand square foot building. Wow. And uh, a lot of guys work in packing boxes and the bosses were tough. They wanted to make sure you're working a million miles a minute and they would walk around at each department and we had a code. It was 10, like the number 10 when okay. they were coming All right. uh, and they were getting close because the, the head manager was a tall, slender guy. And the owner was a short, fat guy. So next to each other, they look like the number 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. That's excellent, yes. Oh, my God. It's like hot dog and hamburger, right? Totally. 
and you call it out, and they would know they'd be on the way. Nice. All right. Uh, how about uh, military jargon? We're going to go to Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy, good morning. Hey, good morning, Gadzook. Gadzook, buddy. Listener, first time caller. Excellent. Appreciate it, man. All right, you were military, Jeremy? Yeah, so I was in the military for six years, and uh, whenever we did uh, uh, guard duty, we would, uh, you know, somebody who just didn't have any of their stuff together, we'd be like, oh, that's an ID 10 tango right there. ID 10 tango, and what does that mean? So that's idiots in the fanatical. <laughs> oh, yeah, because when you write it out, yeah, I do Yeah, I got it. I think I might use that one. That's great. Uh, yeah. Sounds so official. Yeah. ID ten tango. <laughs> nice. All right, thanks, that's Jeremy. Great. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll go over to Don next. Hey, Don. Good morning. Good morning. What's up, buddy? Hey. So um, I used to work at Victoria's Secret, and around the holiday time. We would have a lot of people trying to steal stuff. So the code word, if someone was trying to steal something, was, I think we got a Susie. A Susie. <laughs> a Susie. Now, what was that based on? Just a random selection of a name, or did it, does it have any meaning beyond it's just that? A, a Susie is just, like, someone that's probably going to steal something. Like, around the holiday time, it's really big. Like, a lot of people like to steal like, perfumes and bras. I don't know. You're right. That's so so in, in, in malls, if you ever had a, a mall job or a store job, like, you know, where there's it's, there's a lot of inventory, a lot of people coming in and out, they, there are a lot of code words for people they believe are shoplifting. So, yeah, that, yep. that makes sense. Yep. I like Susie. Thank you very much. Uh, let me get one more. This is uh, Dave. This should be interesting. Hey, Dave. <laughs> I want to take his out back and touch his. <laughs> All right. his. Right now, I'll take it physically. <laughs> That's very well done. Get away from me. So, um, I used to work at a theme park, uh, Sesame Place, in the area. Right. And uh, I was in the parks department where we would clean up all the spills um, you know, and bathroom accidents. Well, any incident that had a correlation to one of the characters, we used that color. So if there was a blood incident, you have a code Elmo. Oh, my God. If there was a, a pee incident, it would be a code Big Bird. And the greatest one that I still use this day is if there was a brown incident, it would be called a code Snuffy. Snuffy. <laughs> Snuffleupagus. Was this, like, all the employees knew this, or this was just you and the guys you worked with? This was the actual codes that would go over the radio. Oh, my, my God, that's My really aunt funny. Chris, who works at a hospital in the area, actually found them so hilarious that she took the code into her hospital and heard her staff <laughs> now use those throughout the hospital. So, P, so Big Bird. I love you very much. Uh, yeah, yeah. P, P is Big Bird, uh, Blood is Elmo, and uh, Snuffleupagus. Is is poop crap? Yeah, yeah. I love yeah, that, Dave. Throw up, throw up would be uh, Oscar. Oscar, Oscar, I knew yeah. it. Yep, yep. Well done. Excellent. Oh, it's right. so magical <laughs> here. They keep making announcements. Uh, myself, I'll take you physically. I got, I got to go to this one. Okay, so I, I don't know what Ben did, where he works, but this is interesting. Hey, Ben. Good morning. I'm Tim. All right. So, what, what kind of work did you do, Tim? So I, I have a construction company, and it's a small company. It's me and two guys, and we we're working on this uh, house on a park. And there's tons of women walking by. So if a woman walked by and had big breasts, <laughs> we're always we're always playing the radio. So we'll put on the uh, play the John Mellencamp song. Melons. A woman with a large butt will yell out, 
Wayne Gretzky because he's number 99. 99 can look like a nice butt with two legs. <laughs> See, it's, Wayne there is a, there, it's thought out there. Yep. The Mellon Camp and Wayne Gretzky. It I'll makes like sense. It. All right. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate it. All right. So if you're in an establishment and you're a customer and you hear something that doesn't make any sense at all to you, right. they might be talking about you for all you know. You it's never possible. know. There's a secret language. All right. Thank you for sharing, gang. We appreciate that. All the calls all the text, but we got to take a break. Hang in there. Be back shortly. 93.3 WMMR welcomes Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band for two huge outdoor shows, August 16th and August 18th at Citizens Bank Park. And MMR lets you beat the box office each weekday with free tickets. This week, listen for the Daily Springsteen Grand Slam. Big Bruce hits played at 9 a.m., 2 p.m., 5 p.m., and 8 p.m. If you know all four song titles and are the correct number caller the next morning with Preston and Steve, you'll win two free tickets for Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Hit up the contest page at WMMR.com for the VIP cheat sheet and an additional chance to win. Tickets on sale Tuesday the 28th at 10 a.m. via Phillies.com slash Springsteen. Springsteen's Grand Slam with 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. A uh, random text here to read. It says, uh, good morning yet uh, to all. And it says, uh, avid podcaster here. Uh, day for the Phillies, playoffs, baby, and the gorgeous Manthes fall activities <laughs> list. <laughs> Can't wait to hear it. And then they write, Shooby dooby doo wop, Casey boy. <laughs> I think it's uh, the shabba shabba doo wop, doo wop, doo wop. Hi, Grandma. Yeah, Mom. that one. Okay, I think maybe. Ba 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 Hi, Grandma. Uh, so anyhow, yes. Speak, Grandma. Speaking of Manthes, uh, fall activities list. That podcast is now available. You can also watch uh, yesterday's show if you would like to, as it was rolling out via the uh, YouTube stream. That's uh, those are always every day. You can go back and watch anything you've heard about. Maybe that there's a visual element to here in the studio. Go to our YouTube channel and watch there are it. Multiple ways to consume it. This is true. And I think Marissa is the um, link to the YouTube in the uh, page of Fall Activities? Yes, it is. Yeah, so like you can see the whole list and then the link to, to watch it uh, and get, you know, everything that we talked about Thanks. is right there. This is so good. Yeah. It's time for some girl on girl stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Manthe. Okay. All right, so I saw this article uh, and it is a survey of over 1,500 residents in 30 major U.S. cities to determine which cities swear most frequently, cursing, okay? So using swear words, curse words, however you like to refer to it. What, uh, on a personal note, what's your level of cursing? Uh, it's kind of high. It's not, I think Casey is by far the highest of oh. any of us here. <laughs> um, yeah. Just, just in, in, So in passive conversation, <laughs> not, I, I curse a fair amount. I use them as uh, sentence enhancers. Yes, to uh, right to SpongeBob. But uh, um, you know that's I I do. As I was thinking about it, and you had mentioned this topic early on, I do incorporate them a fair amount. It's usually when uh, I'm either really mad about something, right, 
or I'm really happy about something. Yes, uh, it's, it seems yeah. to be on the uh, on the extreme ends of emotion when I when I throw out the curses. But so, in passive conversation, I I do that. I think it's kind of weird. It okay. does always yeah. make the conversation better or make the story better. Right, right. But mine is it depends on who I'm talking to. Mm, yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. But like you guys, I can I will tell a story like yeah. that, no problem. But like I have a friend, and sometimes I'll tell the story and maybe say the f word, and I'm like, oh wait, I forgot. I don't do that. I know. And it makes me feel awkward. Yeah. And so then I stop and my story becomes, you know, something com- completely different because I'm not using those words. I've had that exact, in fact, I've had it recently where I'm like, oh, I'm, uh, I don't know if this person yeah, is comfortable with me talk talking this like way. That. So uh, yeah, yes. uh, well, I have to go. Yeah, it, it, it's an awkward thing. So in this uh, survey, they asked uh, people how often they swear, the situations they swear in the most, and even the age that they uttered. Uh, their first swear word. I think I remember the first time uh, I dropped the f bomb uh, in front of other people, and I was probably um, in like first grade or something like that. I yeah. remember saying it, and then my sister being like, "Oh my god, we uh, pack a bag, we gotta leave." And it was like, "I'm telling," yeah. you know, that was the whole thing. I'm telling. The Christmas story. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. I could not believe. So the average respondent swears twenty one times per day. Please. But like does that include like damn and hell and stuff like that? Uh, uh, that's a good question. Yeah. Yes, it does okay. actually. Okay. okay. So this is this is according to the overall average. So uh the average age Americans start well, you know what? Uh, let me dive into some of the um uh the more specific. So here. Um, younger generations are more likely to use swear words. Uh, Gen Z swears an average of 24 times a day compared by B-Boomer swearing 10 times per day. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. By, you know, 9 a.m. We yeah. already doubled that. We curse more before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. Uh, men uh, swear more than women. Uh, okay. 20, 22 versus 18 times per day. This is per this particular right. survey. So the U.S. cities that swear the most, okay, that, that curse the most, where do you think we in Philadelphia fall? I'm going to put us way up there. I, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, we're yeah way up. Top 10. I feel like um, the Northeast is, is a hotbed for curse. I'm going to put us top five. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're number four. All right. Yeah. Now we're, we're number four. We're tied for number four. So I'll give you the I'll give you the the top five and and all the ties. So uh, number one is Columbus, Ohio. No, I've been kidding. Yeah, right. Is it just because they wake up in Columbus, Ohio? That must be it. You start the day yeah. by dropping an F bomb yeah. as soon as you roll out of bed. Oh Columbus, God. Ohio. Okay, uh-huh. without a call, that one. Uh, number number two. <laughs> oh, F, I'm in Columbus. <laughs> Uh, so Las Vegas is number two. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. Well, there's a lot of people losing their mortgage. Yep, uh, yep. That was uh, one of the first mm-hmm. cities to legalize cursing. Number three is Jacksonville, Florida. So far, none of these in the Northeast case. Wow, okay. Is that? Uh, number four, a place you're familiar with, Casey, Oklahoma City. Wow. wow. Okay. Recently went through town there. These seem to be a bit more, uh, I would not figure these uh, locations for a high level of cursing. Well. But maybe just mental duress is the reason. I had heard that the, the entire middle of the country is like, eh, just, you know, don't curse. Yeah, I, I don't, I just for some reason thought that anything in and around the mighty Mississippi, they were like, no. Did you, Dumas tell you that? Uh, Dumas did not. Okay, no, right. but I did hear it. I thought recently I, I heard right. it. You heard what? 
that the middle of, of America just doesn't curse very as much. Yeah, yeah. So tied for fourth is Philadelphia, yes. Dallas, and Indianapolis. Mm. <laughs> so I don't, I don't like things. being in a tie. No. With yeah, we, we have to have an F off. I think we beat, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'd beat Dallas. I know Dallas, and uh, Dallas ain't, uh, they, they ain't cursing as much as we are. And then what's the other one, Preston? Uh, Indianapolis. Hmm. So there's another, you know. They have a, they have a big race. middle America. I know that. Uh, city. Uh, tied for fifth place, San Francisco, Fort Worth, uh, which is right next to Dallas, and uh, Louisville, uh, Kentucky. So whatever their metric was for determining this, they, they couldn't work out one that would not cause ties? I guess not. Get a little bit more specific, but uh, interesting. Okay. Yep. Uh, so Columbus has an average of 36 squares per day. Las Vegas, 30 times per day. Jacksonville, Florida, uh, an average of 28 times I, per day. I'm so surprised that, like, Boston's not in there. Um, yeah. I don't know, because when I just think of cursing, I just I, I have a couple of people in mind. <laughs> that are from the New England area, and uh, and th- and they are women. Yeah, uh, that they curse and they say the f word and stuff. Okay. And, and like the, like the one that I'm thinking of is, is older. Like yeah. she's like my mom's age, and and I was like, oh, this is this old women like say the f word. I, I because I don't know if my mother has ever said the F word. Oh, my really. mom dropped an F-bomb last week. Did she really? Oh, yeah. It was hilarious. I was cracking up. It was so funny to hear her say it. But she, yeah, my, yeah. It's, uh, it depends on, you know, how you were raised. Yeah. My father obviously spun a, uh, as they say, a tapestry of curses that uh, legendary. My mother, um, not so much. How about your really mom, Kathy? No, no. no? I, Casey, I've heard my mom say the F word one time. Our entire, entire family still talks about it. We were in Montauk, and my parents were arguing about arguing about whether to uh, stay in and eat and cook dinner or go out. And my mom said, "We have effing chicken at home." Okay, <laughs> and so we still remember that. <laughs> That's wow. My mom uh, is like your mom and your mom, Casey. Um, she she'll substitute words, so she'll be like uh, Casey. You joke around every now and then, say cheese and crackers or things like that, but my mom does that uh, on purpose. You know, she'll, uh, uh, G. Willikers, you know, yeah, things like yeah. that. Gosh dang it, you know, yeah. and so she'll she'll drop uh, those types of curse words. Marissa, how about your mom? Because uh, maybe I have the only potty mouth mom here. <laughs> Preston, I think you do. Oh, wow. My mom is like everybody else's. Like, she, they'll slip once in a while, maybe like more than your mom's, but yeah. not regularly at all. My dad, though, it's just free flying. Well, okay. same thing. My dad, that was, that was it. My dad cursed. My mom didn't. Okay. My dad didn't either. I, I remember the first time I heard my dad say the F word. My mom had, had recently had had like either back or neck surgery. And so she was laid up. He had a lot on his plate. And I was being an a hole. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he let me know it. And, uh, and so. I was probably like 13 or 14 years old when I had heard, it. and then and then I didn't hear it for years after that until I was like a full blown adult. Um, but, so you can't blame your parents because I've got a potty mouth, and and it was ne- it, you know maybe the S word was said around my house, but that was it around Thanksgiving. Yeah. By the way, let's I'm gonna, eat this S. I'm going to have those. There, there was a whole section. I'm going to hang on to it All for right. a minute here about uh, the replacements. Okay. Replacement words and phrases for curses, which are great. Yeah, she, my mom does it to this day. Uh, so, where Americans use swear words. So, locations and situations where people feel comfortable using profanity are different. And as it turns out, most are comfortable swearing in public. Yes. 
And two in three Americans think that it is acceptable to so, wear in public. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Would you say so? So, like no. in a restaurant, or I, I wouldn't. I don't do that. No, because I'm always worried right. that there's kids around. Right. Yeah. I said the S word at Jace's baseball game, and I was like, <gasps> Oh, oh no! You're like, like I got to take an S? Well, no, but oh. like I, I felt bad because there's kids. Man, there's we're gonna have around. to ask you to leave. I, did, I was almost thought that I was like, Oh my god, I'm gonna get kicked She's out. She's a broadcaster. That's why <laughs> they're very loose with the curses. Wait, I need to hear the situation. You did you yell it at the umpire? No, no, or? no. no it just, the S. <laughs> yeah. No, the the kid was out at first, and I just went yeah. ah S. Oh. It was like, and not- by the way, Kathy would never take an S. Yeah, yeah. she would give, yeah. not give <laughs> right. one. Uh, you know, yeah. I don't give an S about that, but she would never say, "I got to really take yeah, it." Yeah, totally. <laughs> You're correct about that. <laughs> so uh, apparently, while Americans uh, most likely are to swear at home, which is fifty five percent, right? Twenty four percent of Americans swear uh, the most when out with friends. Only seven percent swear the most when driving. And a similar amount use the most swear words at their workplace. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, fairly correct. I, I, out and about again, I, I I wouldn't start cursing in public for the reasons you say, Kathy, and you know, people might are yeah. sensitive to it. With friends, a little bit more so, and probably during at no, I have to say um, uh, at home, I. <laughs> Uh, you know, when I'm watching TV, it's a standard thing to curse at the set. So, uh, and it's part of a joke that I do all the time with my wife. So that happens fairly liberally at home. Uh, and it says here, certain work cultures uh, find swearing more acceptable than others. Uh, but most professional language does not include swearing. It's used freely here all the time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So mm-hmm. when I was at uh, home on Saturday, I ended up uh, tearing up some carpet on my steps. And uh, I have these uh, blisters on my two fingers there, Preston. And I noticed that I was saying uh, in, a, a word instead of a curse word over and over and over again. So w- what I had meant by the curse word was mother effer. Right? Yeah. But I just kept saying, oh, you mother Oh, you and I kept saying mother over and over again. So I felt like I was getting the uh, the visceral, the visceral like, yeah. feeling. I would of, have of, to of follow cursing. through. Yeah, yeah. I, I I couldn't stop <laughs> short at uh-huh. mother. I'd have to say it all mother. the way through. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> uh, they asked Americans to rank their likeness. Uh, likeliness to swear in certain situations where it's simply considered inappropriate at work, in front of strangers, at the dinner table, in front of elders, in front of kids, or in front of their boss. Of these, Americans are more likely to swear at work, 69%, with residents of Philadelphia, Columbus, and Detroit most likely to swear on the job. We did it! So we're number one. Yeah! We're number one! Cursing at work. number one! A majority of Americans are also likely to swear... In front of strangers at 67%, at the dinner table at 63%, and in front of elders at 53%. Fewer are willing to swear in front of kids, yes, which is 48%, or directly in front of their boss, which is 39%. Casey has no problem with that. We've been sitting there with Joe Bell before, and I've heard Casey like every other word is F. Yeah. Just yeah, using no, it as a filler, not, right. not an anger. A sentence enhancer. Or just like, I can't think of it. It's the the effing guy. That, yeah. That, you know? So. Effing uh, camp out for hunger. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, see, I, w- I would never do that. I can't do that. In no? front of... Can, uh, it's easy. It's yeah, I think maybe in yeah. front of... Bill, I ha- I probably maybe have. You've called him the C word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do his face though. But I no, I don't think I would ever. That word would never come out of my mouth. No, joke. you're a lady. No. Mm. Uh, so, and we're going to go to these calls. Thank you guys for calling in. Uh, let me get a couple, and then we're going to yeah. get into the uh, the curse word replacements because I have a feeling we're going to find some interesting ones. <laughs> I'm going to go to Matt. Hey, Matt. Good morning. 
Hey, morning, everybody. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, uh, so my girlfriend's from New England. Um, her family, small town New England, her family doesn't curse that much. Uh, I brought her around my family and my dad, my sister, my brother, every other word out of their mouth is the F-bomb. All right. And bring her home. When you go back home, she's like, you know, your parents, like, or your family uses the F-word, like, like and um. Yeah, I know what you're saying. As as this, I can't think of it real quick, so I just throw yeah. it in. There. It's yeah. the F and uh, that went down the, the F and what's it called? You know, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Filler words. Yeah, yes. filler words. Yep, absolutely. And so, did she pick up on that habit at all? Did she start doing it? I feel as though she definitely has. She okay. curses. She's got a lot more F now. It's, right. it's seductive. Thanks, man. You know, they've noticed though, uh, or at least some surveys have indicated, Preston, that um, a, a um, uh, an inclination to curse is not what you would think that it's a sign of someone who is um, of a lower intellect or not able to communicate effectively, um, that it's not necessarily a sign that you're, you know, uh, kind of a uh, a dummy. It's it's just the way you choose to illustrate your sentence. Apparently it's needed, Yeah, uh, We as humans, uh, I've yeah. read studies before, we need to do that from time to time. It's actually good for you. It's funny, though, I mean, what, what becomes... <laughs> offensive and what isn't sure. and why is it offensive like why is the s word offensive or more offensive than saying feces or right. poop or something like that that means the exact same thing history of swear world i watched a yeah. little bit of it they, they went from swear word to swear word it was on netflix uh, nick cage was the host of it and uh, they ended i think they ended with the f-bomb but they had a whole bunch of other ones uh in there as well and it was it's interesting to learn the history of them and then why some have more resonance than others why the f-word is the worst of all of them right. also steve you talked earlier about you know stopping short if, if casey's saying mother like yeah I, I agree with you like there's something very visceral uh, about getting the the f sound out and then the ck sound like aggressive consonants it, it, like it feels really yes. good to project that okay. out of your body absolutely yeah. hang on let me go to melanie she wants to point out something her mom did hey melanie good morning hey guys good morning yesterday my mom was picking up my son from school and we normally park in this one parking lot and she sent me a text message at work and she said wtf the parking lot is full and i'm like i was taken back by that because my mom she doesn't say anything bad about anybody she never curses i'm the one who curses all the time so i believe i corrupted my mom you've corrupted her now do you believe that she knows what wtf means yeah she we even asked when she came home. I'm like, do you know what that means? And she's like, yeah, I know what that means. And then I was like, oh, my goodness. And I was like, I'm so sorry I corrupted you. She's like, oh, cool. I just didn't say it. And I'm like, I know. And it just reminded me of the movie of um, The World's End when Tom and Peg's like, what? Right. Well, on uh, Modern Family, Phil Dunphy believes it stands for Why the Face. Why the Face. All right. I'm going to go through, and this is what I'm. Uh, I think is kind of fun. Is uh, apparently people like to replace uh, swear words with other words, so they don't seem quite as offensive. And yet they can still, I guess, get the, you know, satisfaction of saying. So we do that, a little bit of that limbo on the show to get yeah. around. I mean, we'll, you know, we'll we'll use abbreviations or other words when we have to. And in many ways, it'll end up sounding worse when you do yeah. that. So I'll start at, uh, you want to start at number one? There's, yeah. There's 15 of these. I can, I can do either. it. All right. Uh, Read the effing list. Start at the top of the list. All right. The number one yeah. uh, replacement is fudge or fudge sickle. Yeah, all right. I've never fudged. 
Like, no. I didn't no. use the word fudge. No. I think it sounds like a child. Yeah. If you, you want a BB mean? gun for Christmas, yeah. you say fudge. I think right. I said it as a child and not yeah. since. Yeah. 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 Ah, fudge. <laughs> ah, fudge sickle. <laughs> uh, number two is shoot. Shoot. Gosh. Yeah. I used to, I used to no, do I a, a shoot now and then. Yeah. When I was a kid, yeah. Uh, no, I, I'll, I will still say it. if I Because I don't, I try not to curse in front of. As in, are you going to shoot? Uh, no. Oh, my God. Oh. No. I, 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 it sounds like a, a good old boy thing. Ah, shoot. Ah, yeah. shoot. You coming over later on? Shoot. Ah, shoot. <laughs> Uh, number three. Now, this one I will use more is frick or frickin'. <laughs> frickin'. Frickin'. Yeah, I like I just was shooting. Yeah. Well, see, that's a frickin'. I like frickin'. I mean, friggin'. Freak. Friggin'. Friggin'. Now, like some friggin people instead of friggin'. are, are aghast when you say frigging. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that used Some people have issues with that. That's that, a curse in my house. That, what? Really? Yeah. It used to be a term for pleasuring yourself. <laughs> oh. So, so female pleasuring themselves, and so it is. Be, to me, a, and a lot of people read it as one notch off of effing. So frigging is effing, right, right. in perception to a lot of people. Wait, but you're saying that that's what it was, and that it was yeah, like back in the if you, if you would read, uh, you know, like uh, call me madam, exactly, right, right, yeah, yeah. or whatever, you know, uh, frigging. Okay. to frig uh-huh. is to um, freaking <laughs> is to, freak, freaking was the same as well. To female pleasuring yeah. yourself. Yeah, uh, I don't know about freaking, but... Uh, all of those. All of the above are curses in my house, and we don't say those. Uh, <laughs> number four is crap, and that's, um, yeah, yeah, I've said that forever. What yeah. is it about great sex that makes me have to cram? <laughs> yeah, that's what I got right here. What is it about good sex that makes me have to crap? <laughs> crap. 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 So my dad, and, and I'd love to hear those that, that maybe your, your, your elders have said over the years. My dad used to say... Uh, Jiminy Christmas. Yeah. Really? And that's a replacement for Jesus Christ, right? right. Anything I with JC so. yes. would be, or, or Jiminy Crickets, or Jiminy, yeah. Jiminy Christmas, or whatever. John Cena. Uh, John Cena yeah. as well. JC, yeah. Um, yes, that's all. Um, and I guess there are various. You never ones. said that, though, right? No. No. Uh, like, uh, and I guess the term, like, Jesus H. Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You put the H in there, so technically. You're not. You're not saying in Jesus Christ. H-E-double. But crap falls in that. Crap is almost like a uh, like a warm sweater in the world of cursing. Crap. Yes. Crap. Oh. As opposed to the more aggressive other warm curses. Sweater. All right, number five is dang. Uh, uh, again, I'd put that more as a southern. Yep. Oh, you don't know a dang thing, yeah. boy. What you doing? Tell you me dumb what mother. to do there. <laughs> that, was, um, that was like a thing. For what a is it about good sex that makes me have to crap? What's that, Kath? That was a thing for a little while with, um, like, younger kids. Dang. Dang? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Instead of damn, right? Cause yeah. Damn yeah. Is yeah. 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 Uh, number six, oh. most popular curse replacement is heck. Ah, I hadn't heard heck in a long time. I, I might have hecked a few times in elementary school, but then I discovered mother effort. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then you have darn or darn it. Yeah. You know, that's pretty standard. Damn. Well, that, I, always default to I, I think that darn. darn is probably the... Uh, one of the most soft versions it's of very a, benign of a curse word that you can use. Yeah. Uh, then you have uh, number eight is holy cow. <laughs> but holy moly, is that in uh, anywhere? What? You can't say that. Hit the, hit the button. <laughs> hit the dumb button. Sorry. <laughs> holy moly. I say holy s a lot. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Quite a bit. But uh, holy cow. Uh, number nine is dang or dang it. We already had Dang, didn't we? Yeah, Uh, Dang was five. We're just sitting around drinking with the rest of the guys. Six rounds, sport. Yeah. Dang me. Roger Miller. $14.727. So dang me. Dang me. 
Roger Miller, man. Yeah. <laughs> Spokesman of a generation. Uh, all right, then you have uh, number 10 is freaking. Yeah, freaking. Number 11 is poop. Freaking. <laughs> Say that a fair amount. Freaking. Uh, number poop. 12 is fork. Fork. Fork? Oh, yeah. Go uh, fork yourself. Oh, fork yourself. It's a good place uh, that uh, Kristen, whatever name is. Bell. Kristen yeah. Bell, she can't say, she doesn't realize that she's right. in heaven. All the curses yeah. come out sounding very benign, yeah. yeah. What the fork? <laughs> uh, number 13, I always hate this one, Mother Trucker. I hate that as well. Jackie uses that a lot. Yeah, that's they? why I love it. <laughs> okay. Uh, number 14 is sugar. I say sugar. Yeah, you do. Mm. Uh, and then number 15 is holy smokes. Those are all, those all seem so antiquated. I know. Yeah, like For holy- a lot. Toledo, that was another one? Yeah. Oh, yeah Holy Toledo, yeah. Where, I want, what was the origin of Holy Toledo? <laughs> Toledo is an especially I guess pious. Smokes would be, you know, it's an S word, so it's yeah. a replacement for crap, the other word for crap, yeah. S-H-I. Uh, so, anyway. You ever do that, you darn C word? <laughs> no. <laughs> I love that. That's a great idea. But that was um, Robin's thing, right? And uh, he would say, talk. Holy, Holy Moly. But he would just say, holy whatever. Right, holy know? antenna farm. Yeah, okay. I effed the heck, the heck out yeah, of yeah. <laughs> Taking the absolute yeah. worst yeah. and yeah. putting next to the most benign ones. That's a great idea. <laughs> holy shoot. Uh, let me see here. Hang on a second. I want to go to uh, Lily. Hi, Lily. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, Lily? So I don't know why I started this. I, I want to say about a year ago because I'm an F bomber through, you know, through and through. Really? But for some reason, I started saying, "What the Samuel L. Jackson?" <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's great. Well, he's the repository of F words. Yes. Yeah. Well, question. What the Samuel L. Jackson is going on here? I think that works. Yeah. 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 I, I do the whole thing. The whole name. You get- I- I, I like the creative ones, like that, right where people come out, and I can't think of any right now off the top of my head because there. I heard one not that long ago. That's like what the Sam Hill is happening what the here. Sam Hill is a going on. Yeah, we say what the John in my house now because my son's teacher would say that, and they just thought it was like so kind of like nerdy sounding that they now say it. Him and his friends say it as a, as a joke, and I just think it's really funny. Here's the one that we used to jokingly say was either. Uh, uh, for Pete's sake, or for the love of Mike. Where did for the love of Mike come from? Well, you ever heard of that? For no. the love of God. Hi, Mike. Uh, why Mike? Well, I, oh, yeah, I don't God know. God was the patriarch of the Brady family. For the love of Mike. You didn't know Mike? You didn't know God's name was Mike? And we would say for the sake of Pete instead of for Pete's sake, and we would say for uh, Mike's love. What about gosh diggity love? dang it? Gosh diggity dang it. Yeah, that know. was an elaborate one. I don't say it, but I do like when other people say shut the front door. Yeah. I'm always like, yeah, that's if, <laughs> There, it, it 
was overused for a little while. Yeah, yeah. But, but the first few times you heard it, it was like, <gasps> oh, oh yeah. you led me down a path. You are you're such a darn C word. <laughs> <laughs> you little C. <laughs> you are a little CC. All right. Well, anyhow, we in Philadelphia are in fourth place for uh, most cursing city in the entire country. <laughs> you, Larry. <laughs> Larry. <laughs> Listen, we do need to take a break. Stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. If you like what you hear, you can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on PrestonandSteve.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre and it's brought to you by your friends at Pro Team Collision. You shouldn't be good at getting into an accident, but if you do, your friends at Pro Team Collision are there to help with all your auto body repair needs. Visit ProTeamCollision.com. Brought to you by Horizon. With Horizon Services, you can have a brand new system installed as soon as tomorrow for up to $1,800 off. Visit HorizonServices.com. Um, a, oh wow, this is a messed up story. A 54-year-old man is accused of shooting and killing another man who is attempting to steal a catalytic converter from his truck. Oh. And then dragging the man's body behind the truck and dumping it into a field. We just had uh, a big catalytic converter theft in the parking lot here, right? Yes. Yes, that's right. But we didn't find the guy and drag him behind a truck. No, we're, we're better than that. Uh, Michael Scott Campbell told police he was sleeping in his Ford F-150 around 3.45 a.m. Saturday when he was awoken by someone attempting to saw the catalytic converter off of his truck. Uh, Campbell told police that he saw two legs sticking out from underneath the truck when he opened the passenger door. And he fired straight down at the suspected thief. Campbell said he then fired two more shots at the man. The man attempted to get into his vehicle but collapsed. Campbell told police he then tied the man to the ball hitch of the F-150. Yeah. Campbell said he dragged the man into a nearby field and left him. Okay. Campbell told police uh, the suspected thief was still alive and talking when he was tied up and dragged to the field before being abandoned. Uh, While officers were interviewing a witness... A white Ford F-150 drove past the location, was pointed out by the witness. Officers pulled the F-150 over. Campbell's vehicle was impounded and searched. So this guy was, he was going to leave, you know, and, uh, but fortunately a witness saw the whole thing. Investigators discovered a Browning High Point 9mm pistol in the F-150 and green rope that visually matched rope found at the crime scene. Campbell is accused of second-degree murder and kidnapping. He's also a previous felon. He's had convictions before and is prohibited from owning firearms. Police say the grisly homicide is the latest chapter of increased uh, incidents of catalytic converter thefts. Jeez. This guy... That's heavy duty. ...took the law into his own hands. Probably enjoyed doing it. Yeah. what it sounded well, like. Well, yeah, from what he did... You're going to tie the dude to the trailer hitch and drag him. That's messed up. Uh, American middle distance runner Shelby Houlihan says that she's been bl- banned from athletics for four years after testing positive for a prohibited substance, which she blames on a burrito. <laughs> the 28-year-old said that she was told in January the analo- anabolic steroid uh, Nandrolone had been found in a doping sample. Houlihan said it may have come from eating a pork burrito, which she said could lead to a false positive for Nandrolone uh, the night before her test. 
Uh, she's denied ever doping. She says that she was handed the four-year ban by the Court of Arbitration for Sport, or CAS, on Friday. She said, I feel completely devastated, lost, broken, angry, confused, and betrayed by the very sport that I've loved and poured myself into. Like, she's a legitimate champion. She's oh, yeah. not like a fly-by-night. And, no. and did she, didn't she take a polygraph test? She took a polygraph test. She did all this stuff. She said, I want to be very clear. I've never taken any performance-enhancing substances. She's the U.S. record holder in the 1,500-meter and 5,000-meter. Said she had never even heard of Nandrolone, which can help to increase muscle mass. Um, and she said she's since learned that eating pork can lead to a false positive for Nandrolone, since uh, certain types of pigs produce it naturally in high amounts, pig organ meat, known as offal, uh, O-F-F-A-L. Yes, yes. Uh, has the highest level of Nandrolone, she said. There you go. Uh, but yeah, she took polygraph. She did all oh. this stuff. So uh, the four-year ban will right? see her miss both the Tokyo 2020 and the Paris 2024 games. The ban has not been confirmed by CAS or the other uh, governing bodies, so, so we'll have to wait and see. So you hear that story, and on the surface, you're like, ah, she's full of crap. But they realize, oh, there might be something to it. Yeah. So yeah. can they overturn it still? I don't know. Okay. Don't They're know. talking to the Council of Pork. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Authorities in eastern Iowa say a man has died after becoming stuck in a cattle farm manure tank. <sighs> The death occurred at a farm in Stockton, was reported by authorities. Uh, fire chief, the fire chief said oh, that man. his volunteer fire department responded around 10 a.m. to the scene. Uh, the man was doing some work in the tank when he got stuck. Firefighters retrieved the man's body from the tank late Tuesday night. Or There's no way to go. Uh, the man's name has not been released. And yeah, they, they're going to investigate how exactly that happened. I won't even use the other catastrophe joke on that one. All right. Hours after a woman believed her husband had poisoned her chicken wings... She set him on fire while he slept. Now, the man suffered extensive second to third degree burns and told officers his wife's weird behavior was the result of discussions that he planned to end their marriage. Uh, Tahansti Marie Smith was charged with arson of a building and domestic abuse. Her husband, Henry Williams, detailed the events took place before his wife's alleged attack. Williams, who has been in a relationship with Smith for eight years, said he had been walking on eggshells with his wife for several months. When Williams returned from uh, work to their home, Smith would not speak with him. Uh, she was continuously walking in circles, which William said was out of character. Later that night, the two got into an argument when William said he planned to move out of their home without her. Huh. Williams had been discussing getting a divorce from Smith for a couple of weeks, and the husband said his wife's weird behavior increased as he informed her of the decision. Uh, Williams took their three-month-old to her crib before midnight, and he went to bed between 1 and 1.30 a.m. A few hours later, he wakened to the back of his head on fire. Jesus! Yes. Uh, he immediately went into the bedroom of their child who was sleeping at Williams's parents' house, and he tried to put out the fire with his bare hands. He then realized that the bedroom, including a mattress, was on fire. The fire was so fierce, he ran back into his bedroom, grabbed his daughter from her crib in his room, and ran out of the front door and ran to his parents' house behind his. Uh, he didn't realize how badly he was burned until his parents uh, called 911. He suffered burns to his neck and upper chest, ears, back of his head and neck and both hands, as well as blistering to the right side of his face. So she had thought that he had poisoned her chicken, and that wasn't the case. So I think there's a little disconnect, a little mental snap that has taken place. I'm going to investigate this case yeah. well, a little bit further. <laughs> yes. I can judge by the splatter pattern on the backsplash that the chicken was prepared here. Okay, good to I'll know. I'll take yeah. some polygraph tests and some fingerprints, and I'll get back to you. Excellent. We're going to dust the wings for prints. <laughs> dust the wings? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a Kansas song? Exactly. Dust in the wings. Uh, all right. <laughs> dust in the wings? Uh, I like perfect. that. Yeah. I like it. Yep. <laughs> I got, and there it is. I closed my eyes. 
Only for a moment. Yeah. While I dust in the wing. Yeah. One goes down to that guy whose head was on fire. <laughs> okay, all right. All right, and then uh, finally, we'll, we'll end with this one. Uh, <laughs> it's tough to top that. A 12-year-old girl has been arrested on suspicion of setting four fires in the Berkeley Hills area on Friday. Uh, the girl is suspected of setting four separate fires, including a structure. No one was injured in the fires. Uh, at 2 p.m., uh, apparently the first emergency workers responded to a small grass fire uh, to begin. Then later on, another fire was reported in another grassy area. Uh, while handling that fire, emergency workers were notified of a, uh, another fire of dried leaves. And eventually they responded to a structure fire later on that afternoon. That's a lot of fires. This is a 12-year-old girl. Yeah. After additional arsonist. investigation into the fires, emergency personnel were able to identify the suspect as a 12-year-old girl who was later arrested, and I really don't have any other I think details. I found the accelerant of <laughs> oh, a chicken finger dipped in kerosene. Wow. <laughs> All right, there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file for you. <laughs> All right, secret text word. We have a chance for you to win a fifty dollars bonefish grill gift card. So text the word "secret" to three nine three 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 because you just might win a little bit later on. We'll take a break. We'll come back in a moment. Jim Jackson on the show. Mitch Fatel is stopping by. We got more on the way. Stay with us. After two years, the strangest spectacle on snow is back. Preston and Steve's Cardboard Classic, Friday, March 3rd, at Scranton's Montage Mountain, with thousands up for grabs and cash prizes. Sled registration and complete details at WMMR.com. Come for the cardboard and stay for the Mountain Fest. Two days of live music, Mountainside. Friday night, it's up clear. Saturday starts with some pond skimming and ramps up with an explosive double down. Lit. And fuel. Cap off the day with a fireworks show on the snow. Join us for a kickin' weekend at Montage. President Steve's Cardboard Classic and Mountain Fest. Details at WMMR.com from 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. It's the best of Preston and Steve Ray Coop presenting this morning. And this edition of the Hollywood Trash brought to you by 5-Hour Energy. Remember college? 5-Hour Energy got you through. The energized feeling you relied on back then still works today. Rediscover 5-Hour Energy It'll get you through again. Visit 5HourEnergy.com. An American Idol is upping things for their 20th season by introducing the Platinum Ticket. The contestant receives one of the coveted tickets during their audition. They will bypass all the other steps and cut right to anonymity and regret. (laughs) (laughs) Season 3 of the show, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. I've seen an episode. Season 3 of the show, 1,000 Pound Sisters. Featuring a shock when Amy Slayton reveals she is pregnant again. Slayton says her first baby was problematic, noting her C-section had to be performed with dynamite. Oh, my God. God. And finally, former teen mom and porn star Farrah Abraham finally admitting that she wasn't actually accepted into Harvard, but rather enrolled in their online school, which accepts anyone who can pay for it. Abraham is still citing it as an achievement, noting that, quote, not everyone knows how to use the Internet. (laughs) 
And that's your Hollywood trash. I saw this article on BuzzFeed. I thought this might be kind of nice to examine a little bit and maybe open this up to you, since you are most likely on the way into work this morning, to let us know something about what you do that everybody needs to know. And to give you an example, there's a lot of good ones on this list, and I'll lead with this one. This is what... What you and the people that work in your industry understand, but the people who don't work in your in- industry probably need to know. This, I love stuff like this. This first one is for is from emergency room workers. It says emergency rooms are not first come first serve business. We triage you for a reason, and you cannot cut the line in front of somebody with a more serious complaint just because you got here first. And listen, I have been in that situation where you sit in the emergency room for eternity, and you're like, I got here before them. Uh, Just because his head was cut off? Right. Wow. But you may not know what's going right. on with that you person, don't know. and they need to get in there. We went into, uh, it was a, uh, a CHOP emergency room. It wasn't down yeah. in the city. It was, it was actually the one out in King of Prussia, and um, the, it was a three-hour wait. And Jeez. as we were sitting there, it was when Jace, I think we talked about it. You guys remember, um, Jace got poison ivy, and it was, like, spreading on his body. Like, I mean, I was, like, watching it spread. It oh, was yeah. everywhere. So we walked in, and they were like, okay, it's going to be a three-hour wait. And then I went back up, and I'm like, it's his eyes were swollen. I'm like, it's all over, like. Like, how do we not know it's in his throat? And they were like, okay, come on. Like, I think the second I thought, like, I, you know, I mentioned, like, could it the affect the breathing or yeah, whatever? Yeah, right. And we went well, good right for back. You. And, but I remember, like, the poor other kids in the waiting room, like, looking at when I walked out, I'm like, they're probably, like, these freaking people. Like, right. they went right back. But she's like, we have to check them to she make sure. She walked out and said, say it's affecting your breathing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> say it's affecting your breathing. <laughs> uh, so feel free to call and let us know. Here's an, another example. An airport worker. And this says... Yes, your flight is, in fact, delayed due to weather. Yes, I also understand it's a gorgeous day here and at your destination airport. What you don't understand is that the airplane is coming from New York, and they had weather there. So, while it might seem like, why isn't this? Come on, you know, there's a reason for it. I also want the things we're told that aren't necessarily true. The, the way they manage, you know, uh-huh. the, the way they manage and meet her expectations. What about when Marissa and I flew back from Chicago and they were like, oh, right. we don't know where your pilot is. Yes. Oh, Shouldn't you at right. least have a general idea? Is <laughs> he in the States? You know. Yeah. If you need us, we'll be at the bar. <laughs> uh, and that's where you find the pilot. Here's another one uh, from a photographer. It says... Uh, no, I can't grab your iPhone and take a picture to match my best studio works. <laughs> Even if it's the most recent model of an iPhone. Also, yes, I do charge money just to take a picture. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> there was, uh, you know what, oh, here's Nick. This will speak to you and Andrea because she's an artist, a yeah. girlfriend. Uh, this one, and I sent you uh, a chain of, of emails from uh, people who are trying to yep. get free stuff from artists. Yes. Says, this one says, pencils are expensive. (laughs) Prints are expensive. Proper paper is expensive, and it takes a lot of time to do a painting. So, no, I can't give it to you for free for exposure or exposure. Yeah. Because that's thing, people beg artists, look, I'll... I'll post it on social media. I'll plug this yeah. and so on and so on. And artists, they want free stuff from artists all the time. Artists of all types, too. I mean, you know, musicians, yeah. painters, sculptors, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put it out there. We'll give you exposure, and that's enough to pay you. Well, no. I, le- I need to get paid for my time and my work. There's one point. There's one time where that will hold water when they don't pay halftime show, uh, performers at right. the Super Bowl. Yes. Because, yes, you're legitimately getting exposure. If you're Snoop Dogg, yeah. it's cool. All right, let me get some calls here. I'm going to go to Janet, who is an ER nurse. Hi, Janet. Good morning. 
Good morning. How are you? Wonderful, Janet. What is it that people need to know about your line of work? Uh, just because they come in on a stretcher with an ambulance does not mean that they're automatically going to get a bed in the emergency room. They may still go out in the waiting room. Okay. There were a couple of texts that came in saying that, that just because you... Uh, Take an ambulance doesn't mean that you're going to be seen before everyone else. I think I would normally. I think I would assume that that if I came in, right. I, that, that they had they transported me in an ambulance, that they were going to get me right in. Yeah, we've had patients that leave, go across the street, call an ambulance, and come in because <gasps> they think get a bed in the back. Oh, wow, they've been waiting in the waiting oh room. Oh my gosh! And recognize the name and be that no, doesn't happen like that. You go to the bottom of the list, back out in the waiting room. <laughs> Wow. So, so, Janet, if, if, uh, if uh, to Kathy's point, if someone were to say, I think I'm having breathing problems, I mean, not, not that we're trying to have you betray the <laughs> confidences, but would that accelerate their consideration? Uh, it may, but All they right. also are triaged by a qualified nurse that is going to be able to decipher most times whether they're really having breathing problems right. or they're... Faking it. All right, yeah. Janet. Well, if you guys ever need help, I'm pretty good with the trait. Yeah. Uh, and if you guys ever get <laughs> and backed you don't up. Wanna, you don't want to pretend that you have some kind of a symptom that no. you don't really have. It's just going to head you, you down a path. I'm laughing in my face. Surprise. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I know. I, I talked about pregnancy it. pains, person. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hang on a second. Let me go to, uh, I have uh, Mike, who is a police officer. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Yeah, Duke. Yeah, hey, Duke's funny. What's up, man? So, we've all seen... A police officer pull up to a light, a, a traffic light, without his lights on, turn his lights on, go through, turn his lights back off. And everybody assumes they're just abusing their power, <laughs> driving through the light to get through the light. That's absolutely not true. That 100% of the time they're responding to a medium priority call. Okay. Where they don't need their lights for the entire response, but they don't have... You know, the time to wait at the traffic lights. Yeah. And by the way, speaking of that, a police officer is sitting in their car all day long. Yeah. Why would they pull up to a light and go, man, I got to get through this light right now. Come on. Come on. What's medium priority, officer? Um... Things like maybe a domestic that's not in progress, a fight not in progress, or, you know, something like that, a verbal altercation, things like that. What about, like, a security alarm? Um, those are most of the time are, um, are reduced speed calls where we don't use our lights. Um, okay. you, you, we get, you know, hundreds of those a week. Oh yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. How often do you get the question of, uh, do you have a quota for writing speeding tickets? Uh, every day. And <laughs> do you have a quota? <laughs> That's absolutely illegal. Right. All right. Quota. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it, man. Take care. Thanks for the call. Thank That's a good one. I I mean, I, we've all seen it. And I'm like, well, where's that cop going? <laughs> right, right, yeah. What's that? Well, I <sighs> one of those. Probably going someplace to, you know, write up quota tickets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here is a Texas teacher's. Work on average between 45 and 60 hours a week, depending on their position, but do not get paid overtime. We also don't get paid to not work over the summer. Uh, we get paid for 10 months, or we can choose to spread that out over 12 months, resulting in smaller but more frequent paychecks. So how does it work? So, so they get one flat fee, and they can they can opt to take that summer break, or they can just get a continuous check at a lower rate of pay. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. listen, if your salary, let's just say, is uh, $60,000, yeah. you can choose to get that paid over 10 months. Or 12 or months. Or 12 months. Can you choose to get it paid over one week? <laughs> All right, <laughs> no. let me go to some other callers with uh, that... Uh, your industry. This is what people in your industry know. 
what people who are not industry and not in your industry you feel should know. Uh-huh. I'm going to go to Chris, who is a mover. Hey, Chris, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. What's going on? Yo, bud. Want to hear your story. What's bud? Yeah, so being in the moving industry, every customer always assumes that they can see and know what fits through what doors. <laughs> okay. And uh, pretty much every time I'm forced to carry whatever object up and it never fits. So, so every, everyone, and I think you're probably right because I've I I end up being sort of the furniture mule for a lot of friends moving stuff, and and you're exactly right. Everyone's and you over time you build up a knowledge of I can see this, I can see that it's not going to work, but everyone still yeah. thinks, hey, at least give it a try, right? Yeah, 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 I guess. No matter what it does to your back or whatever, just go for it. All right, Chris, thanks, man. Appreciate it. That's a a hard-working gig right there, Absolutely, man. man. Uh, I will go next to uh, Jake. Hey, Jake, good morning. Good morning, guys. Gadzooks. Gadzooks. Jake here says you're a music therapist. Yes. So, I mean, honestly, I feel like a lot of people probably don't even know that that's a career. Yeah. Um, The people that... The people that do sometimes assume that, like, oh, you make a playlist and put it on an iPod? That's pretty cool. <laughs> no, that's not at all what I do. No, I, I go in with my guitar or I got a piano. Uh, I work mainly now with children, and I'm working on communication goals. Um, so it's a very real career that a lot of people probably just don't even know about. Yep. Wanted to give a little plug to it. <laughs> so, so do you – and, and um, so we have a friend of the show. Uh, he and his daughters, Michael and his daughters, uh, Emma, and she is – um, she's using music as therapy, and Absolutely. it seems to be yielding incredible results. Do you find that, Jake? Absolutely. Um, the kids that I work with now just absolutely come alive. Like some of these, some of these kids can't really talk or communicate otherwise, and music provides them with a way to express themselves and just have a great time and socialize with their friends. You know, all that good stuff. Did you? So uh, we've often heard it said, and I, I've seen it in practice where. People who have a stutter, if they sing or if they use music, can get over that. Is there a similar process? Does that work as well with people on the spectrum? Absolutely. Um, It's like a way of kind of um, using meter to, like, regulate speech and all that kind of good stuff. Um, It's it's just, yeah, yeah, it's really, really cool. And my my girlfriend's actually, my my girlfriend's a speech therapist, so we love to trade tricks back and forth. (laughs) Oh, very cool. Well, uh, you, you do good work. You do noble work. All right. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, so guys. these are things you think people should know about your industry. I like this one. This says, I work in biomedical research. The most frustrating thing is that people seem to think that there's one cure for cancer and that the government or big pharma are hiding it. <laughs> yeah. That is such an ignorant statement. Cancer is a collection of hundreds of diseases. Do you really think it is possible to have one cure for hundreds of diseases? I've never... Do you know people who think that? I Yeah, why can't they find a cure for cancer? I mean, that's, that's yeah, a standard yeah, phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So know it goes on to say... Hang on a second, Casey. He says, I work in biomedical... Oh, that's the same thing over and over. All right, go ahead, Casey. No, I was going to say, um, <laughs> you know, obviously we know that big pharma makes big money and that, you know... There's some issues there. there. But... Yeah. My my brother is a chemist, and there is also a lot of wasted money, right? So, my brother is it was um, uh, researching and trying to come up with it, literally a cure for cancer, and they would spend months, if not years, on you know reactions, and 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 then they would get to that like final testing stage, and it turns out it didn't work, and everything that they did is scrapped, and they have to start from square one, and that is happening 
every day, all day, all over the country. And so there's a lot of wasted money. And I don't want to say wasted money, um, but there's a there's a lot of, you know, wasted well, you also have office parties and things that <laughs> yeah. they require a lot, too, like yeah. pizza parties. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. You, a cure for a cancer. Mm-hmm. Right. A yeah. type of cancer. Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, and have they cured cancers along the way? Are the ones that used to exist but don't any longer that they have cures for? Like Dr. Mike says, we're living in amazing times right now. So Wait, they, they the do? Treatment. Well, I mean, like he says, and Michael say, no one need ever die of thyroid cancer. No one right. need ever die of prostate cancer. Right. You know, and a lot of that is also early detection. Uh, I'm going to go next to Jesus, a truck driver. Jesus, good morning. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness, I love that. What's up, man? <laughs> All right. As a truck driver, there's two things. Yeah. These cars, they tend to switch lanes without signaling in front of you and braking. Mm. We haul 80,000 pounds. <laughs> we cannot stop. Yes. On the dot. And there were countless times that I almost hit other cars because of situations like that. Jesus, so, in, in a fully loaded truck, how how long does it take you to come to a full stop if you're traveling at four, like 40 miles an hour? For uh, 45, uh, I'm going to say 55 miles an hour, like on a turnpike, for example, where there's hardly any vehicles. Right. Mm-hmm. Half a football field. Wow. <laughs> Some people don't realize that. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, I they, I feel like I get nervous with, with truck drivers. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Can, excuse me. Can I get over? Like, <laughs> so we all know we all know trucks don't have that acceleration that, that uh, cars do. But what you might not be thinking about is the stopping ability. Right. So that's what Jesus wants people to know. Exactly. They can't. That's one more thing. That's yeah. one more thing. Um, the, the right side of the cab, there's a huge blind spot. Yep. And cars tend to ride on that side, and sometimes I cannot see vehicles on that side in my mirrors, and I have so many mirrors. Right, and and I've always and, I've read uh, signs on trucks that say if you can't see my mirrors, I can't see can't you. see you. Absolutely, so exactly. That's what I always try to keep in mind. If I'm if I'm near a truck and I can't see the mirror, I try to get in a position where if I'm going to stay in that zone, that they can at least. There's a, I can see a mirror, so they can see me. Hey, Sue, have you ever have you ever provided cover for someone trying to elude Smokey, and they will drive <laughs> under the truck and just hide out there, like in Smokey and the Bandit? You ever do that? He's like, I guess not. No. no, no. So that the, the, the movies must have lied to us. Wait, and Jesus, last question. Um, a truck driver once told me, like, if you're going, if we're going to pass the truck, like, do it. Just go past. Yeah. Don't linger yes. anywhere there. Yeah. Just pass yeah, them. Just pass. Yeah. I even have, I even have cars like they linger right on my trailer. Don't do that. <laughs> like, I, I be having my signal on. I be wanting to switch lanes. Yeah, and yeah. all of a sudden, they want to speed up and stay in the middle of my trailer. Yeah. I don't yeah. know yet. Yeah, just clear. Get get out of the just way. Move. Thanks, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, agreed. So so let's say the truck is doing 60 miles an hour. You don't want to go any faster than 60 miles an hour. You're with that truck right next to it. Live a little. Go crazy. Bump it up to 65 for about 30 seconds pull over awesome. into their lane, and then temper back to 60, and you guys will be going the same speed, and that left lane is now clear. Yeah. Go crazy. By the way, that's the <laughs> that's the law in Jersey. You're only supposed to use that left lane for passing, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Most places in yeah. that way, for sure. All right, let me read a couple of others. I know we have a ton of calls on the line. Here's one that says, uh, lifeguard, I am not a babysitter. <laughs> it is your job as a parent to watch your kid when swimming, and if they can't swim... You have to be in the water within five feet of them at all times. If there's an emergency, the lifeguards will help. Another one, librarian. 
Uh, public libraries are not safe places to drop off your kids. It's not the books that are unsafe. It's the other patrons and the fact that libraries are librarians are not babysitters. Uh, here you go. Here's another thing that people in their industry understand, but the general public doesn't grasp. A zoo worker says, yes, the animal is in the exhibit. Sometimes you have to look a little bit longer than eight seconds in order to see it. <laughs> well, a lot of them there. also I mean, have... I'm still there going... The- where is it? There's 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 there. And then you'll you'll see like the cheetah behind a tree. You'll yeah. see a tail popping out. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh no, I came on the wrong day. Uh, here's uh, from a designer. It says, if you want to fit a portrait image into a landscape canvas, you either have to crop it, leave a black or white border, or empty space left or right, or distort it, which is almost always a bad idea. On a regular occurrence, clients are unhappy with either of these options, and they just want me to somehow make it fit. I don't know about all that. What would you say is the biggest misconception about, say, during the day on on radio, mm. that people listening think that uh, that, that, okay. ha- that happens? The There's no secret way to win a contest. Okay? <laughs> like it's at the discretion of whoever is on the air, of what number caller they take, when they ask for you to call in, when they even start answering the calls after they tell you to call in. There's no special line that gets you here quicker. You don't need to wait 10 seconds before you start dialing. You don't need to dial right a little bit beforehand. It is completely arbitrary. It's, there is no way. No, so and I've always, I've had people throughout my career ask me, how do I win a contest? It's like, dude, it is lock of the draw. That's all there is to That's win. exactly true. And yet, bizarrely, there are certain areas that will get in easier, mm. you know, when, when, it, when we have a contest. It's just the luck of the draw. Uh, here's one from a dentist, and they simply say, flossing actually helps. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I, um, you know. yeah, yeah. I've been flossing for a few years now, and ever since I started flossing, I've had... <clears throat> well, I don't oh. want to jinx anything, but... Yeah, no, dude, I used to... I would I would have, like, be brushing my teeth and spit it out, and, like, blood would be in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've, I, I talked... This is years and years and years ago. I asked my dentist, they're like... You're not, are, you, are you flossing? No. Oh. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Gingivitis. <laughs> Floss, and that will stop happening. And it sure enough did. And dentists and dental hygienists can tell when you don't. You know, so like... Yeah, because there's plaque buildup Right, if, there. but if you're trying to hide it, and it, there's just no point in lying to them, saying, yeah, yeah, I floss every day. And if you don't, they'll know. I've By been the way, flossing, my, I think, since I had teeth. Yeah, well, my <laughs> toothbrush is also a water pick simultaneously. Ooh. So as I'm brushing my teeth, it's a water pick. Steve, I got that one for Jace. Awesome. <laughs> All right, let me go. It's loud as hell, though. I'm going to go to Alex. Hey, Alex, good morning. Good morning. Sorry what? for bothering you at work. Nah, we're happy. What is, uh, what's your line of work? So I am a vet technician, and one thing that I really wish people would understand is that vet med is at an all-time low with staffing shortages. Since the pandemic started and we went curbside, everyone wants to get their pets in. Everyone adopted a lot of animals. We are trying to see them, but if Fluffy has a minor ear infection, if it takes three weeks for an appointment... That's the best we can do for you. Okay, so, so you, you guys are just overloaded and overworked. Overloaded and overworked. All right, well, when you're not over, overloaded and overworked, what is something that people need to know about your your industry? An ear infection is not an emergency. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, yeah. I have one. So I have a friend who uh, worked for the Sixers and worked in the sports industry uh, her whole life. And she said, uh, no, I don't just work the games. I work all day. And then I work at night during the games as well. Right. There you go. Uh, I like this one. It says, uh, this is from an audio engineer. It says, not every problem with audio is feedback. Feedback is when the sound goes out of the speakers and back through the microphone and loops around and around. 
Ground hum is not feedback. Noise is not feedback. Echo off the wall is not feedback. And then this one I love. They said, and speak up, people. The microphone isn't magic. You need to be heard, <laughs> which is true. I, you guys yeah. all know. If you're at an event and somebody's holding the microphone down at their, uh, down at their uh, waist yeah, bring it up. or barely speaking into the mic, you still need to project on a microphone. Why do people do that? I don't know. Well, I think they're not used to hearing their just, And you also, people who haven't spoken on microphones a lot don't know the, the technique. That's understandable. Not everyone is hooked up to a PA all day. Let me go to Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Hi, guys. How are you this morning? We're awesome. What do you do, Tracy? I work for unemployment. Unemployment. Okay. And so a lot, a lot of people think that unemployment is like a fun that, oh, if I work two, three years and I don't like my job, I can quit and get paid. And unfortunately, <laughs> unemployment is legit an insurance like your car insurance. Okay. So if you quit your job because you say, oh, I just didn't like my boss. I can pretty much tell you you're going to be denied. <laughs> yeah, you're, you, no, you're not. You're not. You have to be fired, or there has to be something like that. You just simply can't say, "I'm going to take some time off." I'll, and then I'll get the ones who have entered the workforce like two years ago, and they're like, "But I paid all that money into unemployment. <laughs> you have paid two hundred and sixty dollars into unemployment in two years. If you want your two hundred and sixty dollars, we'll give it to you. But well, we weren't really, but." That $10,000 you see that you're claiming maybe, that's because we're charging your employer. So you have to have a actual reason that is under the law that states, okay, we can pay you out of this fund because you deserve it. And that, that is usually, most often, termination, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. All right. Uh, thank you for the heads up, Tracy. Appreciate it. All right. Well, it's really interesting. We have a load of great calls, and we don't have time to go to them. But uh, it's interesting uh, that, uh, you know, we, we all have these things that we do for a living. And especially if you're um, in a job where there, you have regular customers and so on, that maybe they don't quite get exactly well, that little thing that everybody should know but don't understand. But thanks for sharing. We appreciate it. We, we should create a place where people can to at least post perhaps. mention these yeah. things yeah. because there's a, there's a lot out there. So, But anyhow, thank you for your calls. We appreciate it. we got to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. So stay with us. We won't be going long. Preston and Steve. On 93.3 WMMR. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof. Not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA. Get a quote today. Hey, hey. 